Chris, why are you doing this today? Okay, listen. It's been a long holiday, guys. No, like, no, no, no. I don't want to hear an explanation. I want to know why you're doing it. It's a long day. It's a what? That's what she said. Yes, that is what she a said. Long, a long day. But Chris, I, I need to know why you're doing it. Ow. <laughs> don't poke you? I, I need I, to I know how. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Zach. We were just talking about footlong. Wait, feet. how? Yeah, I need to know how you're doing it. How we're doing what? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so we, over the holiday, we have just been tinkering and just like performing a ton of robotic surgery on your robot. That, that, no, 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 to no. To figure no, out how it was built. Cool. And by we, I mean no, no. Peter. Hold Peter hold doesn't hold know it. Let's not explain how you're doing it. I need to know how you're doing it. With a great degree of difficulty. No, that's not how. Yep, that's the best <laughs> I got for you, dude. You can't explain any materials? Okay, you want, okay, well. Not you, Zach. How'd you make the robot in the first place? No, I'm asking Chris how he did it. <laughs> I know, I'm asking you how you made it. Well, that, that doesn't matter. I'm asking Chris how we made it. I don't know, but we want to know how you made it first to help us figure out how to fix it and make it what we want. Need to know how what, what Chris is doing. Like, how do you do it? Okay, this feels like we're gonna go around in circles. Where are we going? A chainsaw. Hey. And it was a massacre, if you will. Popcorn everywhere. It was doing exactly what I intended for it to. Be. I had to. Uh, I had to have uh, our friend Joe ship it to Texas too. I hope he survived. It turns out that it's a, uh, a comeback. It's been mutated. Someone someone got some goo on it, some green goo. Someone on came it. on it and then it came back. Yes. Oh. They liked uh, they liked uh, uh, rhyme schemes and repeated words. So lots of common. Mm. Come on. Come on, come on. Isn't that like uh? <laughs> I could remember that song. That's a that's a Counting Crows song, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, thank you. Come on, come on, do a little faster. Come on, come on. I thought you didn't like them. Do my back, sir. Come on, come on. <laughs> I thought you didn't like them. Uh, I don't like that. Doesn't mean that that song wasn't played all the time at fucking Cub when I worked there. Thanks, Shrek too. That's me played at Target now. Anyway, so we figured it out. It now has uh, two eyes. I don't know why you only built one into it, but uh, now you can see. <laughs> you can see it's crooked view. Chris, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can see it only had one house, but in reality, it had. There's no depth of view. Three eyes. Well, we can't uh, get four, to the third eye because it has pants on. Also, do we four. Where's uh, the fourth eye? Shot Behind its head, it's like your mom. It knows really wrong. How does it have access to Alex's shrooms? Because uh, uh, I gave it access to Alex's shrooms. What? Oh, man. So that's how it got the fourth eye? No. I mean, it had that long before that. Well, it had to get the fourth eye somehow, so you probably already stole the shrooms, which is probably why you're so on edge now. I, I may may you know, have I may have stolen. I mean, without. I may have stolen it from the ghost of. You're I'm hairy enough to be. Wait, you stole you stole shrooms from the ghost of what? No, no, no. I I stole the fourth eye from the ghost of Brian. 
。ああ。Welcome everybody to the Match Movie Podcast. I was hoping you guys would have picked up on that. Sponsored by THX. Um. Or a vacuum. That was a good final callback there, man. We're uh, finally back from a uh, uh, Halloween break. War. Um, Halloween war. break? You mean? Yeah. So, um, it's been a month, at least. We spun the wheel of the series, and we got another darn trilogy. <laughs> you want a long series so badly. It's just a day. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. I don't wow. think there's anything wrong with that. I just find it so interesting you want a long one so badly. Yeah, she's got a lot of hidden trauma. Well, I mean, every summer and every winter we do get long ones. <laughs> I mean, you just kind of the, the wheel just kind of forces them in there without really any consent on our part. Though we are allowing it to do what it wants. Well, we secretly in. we secretly want it. I know, we, like, well, that's the yeah, point. That's is we the don't. point. You got to see it in our eyes. Yeah, and it yeah. does every time. It's it's a king. Yeah, uh, we also have a safe word in case it goes too far. Yeah. Mine's Ow. Okay, that's an obvious one and a really confusing for a lot of people. You say it often. Um, Mine's squishy. Okay, so um, we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, early '90s. Honestly, I don't think I ever caught these movies, but we'll get to them. We'll get, we'll get to it. <laughs> so it's been a while. <laughs> I'm going to use that on the podcast. <laughs> Wait for it, Peter. Bobby's, like, hurting you. <laughs> Switching. <laughs> I think it's a great safe word joke. I've used it often. Because, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, You use yes. it often? <laughs> the joke of squishing. Oh. Uh, 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 welcome to the Maestro with me, Hey, don't steal my bit, you son of a bitch. Wait till Peter does it. Does that work? So, we... We've been we've we've been gone a while. A little bit. About a month. About a month. Um, holidays and whatnot, and so we missed a lot. Uh, of a lot of I didn't. I wouldn't say we missed a lot. I'd say a lot of news happened. I, I say screw the news unless someone really wants to. We missed things. each other. Yeah, yeah, we missed, we missed each, each other. other. Yes. I am okay with missing news because there's a lot that has happened. Uh, so anyway, um, the only thing I will point out is that uh, Peter got his uh, Spider-Verse trailer. Peter got what? Got your- Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse trailer. Oh, I gotcha. Part one. Gotcha. Yeah. It dumped the part one part, didn't it? No. It didn't? Oh, I guess I missed well, it. It's still going to be like the first part. Right. Which Maybe they should. Did. Maybe you're right. Maybe they should have just said number two. I don't know, like, why they... Well, like, we... Would we two, have, part one. Can't it just... That, can't the third one just be the third one? Maybe they, be part three? maybe they learned the same lesson that... Um, maybe they learned the same lesson that Marvel did with, like, the whole Infinity War part one and part two. Is that just calling Endgame just Infinity War part two? They might change the name of the movie. The yeah. Yeah. But then... Yeah, maybe. Into the Spider-Verse part one and part two. The third one... The third movie might just change. Well, this one's across, right? Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, well, yeah, what yeah, would yeah. You, what would you want the third one to be called, then? I don't know. Well, I haven't seen the second one. 
connect the Spider-Verse? Unite the Spider-Verse? Spider, yeah. Sony like should really hire us. Yeah. 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 I yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah. So. I that's a better house than one made of shit. 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 Yeah. Shit. So he already covered his room in shit, is what you're saying. Shit. You know what I did? You, know, you indoctrinated him, didn't you? Know you? The truth of the matter is, I spent all Saturday afternoon and, e- and evening sleeping through the New Year's Eve, and then I woke up on New Year's Day in the middle of the night and rearranged my entire room. <laughs> I legit did that all night. Jeez. So like, I didn't, I didn't, it was in Canada of the show, I covered it in shit, and in real life, I really did rearrange everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, pretty much the only bit of news that I got, so... I mean, I, there's like one thing I'd probably say, it's not really news, but it's just kind of funny, was... James Cameron casually telling Disney, I do what I want <laughs> about the Avatar link. <laughs> I, I would say, honestly, James Cameron's entire media run, his whole interview run has been pretty fucking interesting. He just has no, like, shits to give. At one point, he just, like, walks out in from a place when paparazzi and people are bothering him. He gets in the car and he just gives him the finger. He's in an interesting interview run. I would give him a Yeah, he doesn't have any time. Like, who cares about saving face? You're not going to offend anybody. The paparazzi, they're terrible people. Everybody understands. A lot of people were getting on his case about the movie not making enough money in like, right away, but it's already past the billion mark already. It's actually almost... We need instantly. Come on. It's the gratification. In fairness... Notoriously known for having a bad temper. Yeah. In, in, he's, he's also said in the interviews that his kids and growing up is literally, he said in the interviews that at one point during the process of all of this, all of his kids, he has four of them, by the way, just like in the movie, sat him down and said, Hey, dad, you suck and we don't like you. You're a bad father. Bagel incoming. Bagel incoming. Go ahead, Zach. I was going to say, like, it, he's very. Um, his, just his whole mentality has just kind of been like, y'all just need to shut the fuck up and do what I, just let me do what my thing. And it's been very, very interesting to just kind of see that that path. Like every interview, everyone's in like, well, what what if it doesn't do this? Or what if it doesn't do this? Like, just shut the fuck up and let me do my thing. Like, <laughs> like yeah. The movies, I like I, I was, but I'm quite, sorry. after, huh, what'd you say? I was gonna say the after movie- uh, I uh, <laughs> after I had um, seen uh, like Mr. Sunday movies run on his movies, like he uh, it's it's very clear that uh, that uh, Cameron does not really care. Yeah, he doesn't really he doesn't really care. Like he just he makes the movie and he's highly profitable. There's a lot of noise happening. I um, want to point out that I think James Cameron saying, well, it has to be the four like. The, the like one of the top four highest grossing movies of all time to be profitable is like a way overestimation how much that movie re- really needs to make like the movie's already made 1.5 billion it's or close to it's past top con maverick for the year and it's still running and it's still gonna run for a while like i would be shocked if that movie didn't make two billion before the end of its run let's just go with that like i it will also- 
I think it's gonna make that that threshold that like Cameron needs it wants it to make. But I think like a it's gonna take a bit. But also like I think he also way overestimates it, and I think he's just like, well, it needs to do this because blah blah blah. I'm like, well, the movie was made on like four hundred million dollars plus marketing, but I'm like, they've already made their money back on it. <laughs> Believe me, Disney's already plenty made their money back on it. And I'm sure Disney is very much in... First off, they've already greenlit the, greenlit the third, and it's already shot and ready to go. And they basically have kind of given him free reign to do kind of what he wants for the fourth one. So I would just, like, if it keeps racking in the money like it is, and I would be shocked if it didn't, like, they're going to let him finish it. Like, they're going to say, we're going to make the five movies and we're going to be done. And it and they'll have gotten all their, their toy money and all their their you know theme park money off it and that you know pandora in disney world's gonna make a bajillion dollars tell eternity because cameron's gonna keep this movie in people's minds every every other year for the next like six years and or for the, and longer than that actually it's like the next like 10 years and disney's like just kind of raking in the cash and being like ha 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 we own you know four out of the five highest grossing films of all time. They're like raking in the money and they're like, hell, we own all this shit. We don't give a fuck. Keep making these Avatar movies, James Cameron. You can go tell the paparazzi and the news and everyone to go fuck themselves as many times as you want. I don't think they want to do that anymore. (laughs) I don't think they're happy with his behavior, but also he doesn't care. That's, that's the thing. He's going to do whatever he wants, but he's got a safety blanket. They're not, t- obviously they don't want him to go off and say, fuck you. But like, let's be honest. Are they, is like, he's already, told, he's already told them I'm going to do what I want. And they've already said, fine, keep making us money and we'll, we'll stay out of your business and you stay out of ours. And he's making the money. I'm just saying like James Cameron has, has to this day still not made a bad sequel. And I think Disney knows that. And I think Disney just wants to keep him invested. And he said, if if the if all the ever the rest of the movies I ever make for the rest of my life are Avatar movies, I don't care. <laughs> Alex, I can't hear you. Yeah, you're you're muted, Alex. Nope, still can't hear you. Still can't hear you. I see Dr. Strange versus the person. Anywho, I'll, I'll just leave him here. That's probably going to be the thing to talk about is my acting. And we're back. And we're back. So uh, sorry we ran out of time. Wait, 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 wait. James Cameron has. Maestro Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Peter. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. <laughs> I thought we were all equal hosts. Peter, host, host, host. Peter, Peter, Peter. So is Peter, Peter. Where did we get a soundboard from? And also sidekick Chris. He's black. <laughs> we 
or a progressive podcast? Yes, they wouldn't know that. <laughs> wow, that is uh, incredibly, incredibly descriptive, Peter, new host of the Maestro Movie Podcast. That's going to the highlight room of 2023. <laughs> I guess Peter? I'm Hispanic. Now, I have to clarify. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, for it, Peter, but you got the show canceled. No one likes black people. That's going on the that's going on the highlight rough six <laughs> years. Um, <laughs> so James Cameron hacked uh, Peter's Wi-Fi. We he did not like us talking about him that much. He's a super sensitive guy. I want to point out, Chris, I was talking very good things about him, and then Alex was trying to rebuttal me in some form and pissed him off. I'm sorry for a guy who's had so many marriages. I thought he would be more grounded emotionally. You just well, get sniped. Right, like, just right. Right now. He's, He's right. next to the window. Oh, yes. Alex, I'm, I'm sorry, but you, you have this. <laughs> Alex, I just want to point out, you have this knack with annoying directors. First. First, it was David Lynch, and now it's James Cameron. Who are you going to piss off that? David Lynch is a fetish that I have. It's a sadistic, <laughs> masochistic fetish that I have for annoying my favorite director. James Cameron has a temper, and I don't want to get killed by giant Navi arrows. <laughs> They're blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a color thing. It's literally just a yeah. color thing. Okay. Yeah. Whew. Ugh. So anyway... Um, that would have been a perfect segue into Avatar, mm. I guess, since we all saw it. We did all see it. I all saw it. Uh-huh. So. Wait. Yeah. So, yeah. So, this is, uh, okay. I wanted to sing the theme song to it, but then all I could think of was the theme song from Terminator 2. Boo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. So, did anybody else, after the movie was over, this three-hour, three 15-minute movie, have to piss really bad. Actually, real quick question first. Did you all watch it in IMAX 3D? Because Peter and I did. I did. I watched it in... Okay, so we all saw the same experience. We. I I just want to point out that... I, I think I explained this to you. Uh, Nashville is a very backwards town, and they're the closest IMAX 3D screen was like miles and miles away. I'm not going to go to that. Oh, okay. So I went to the theater down the street and saw it in 2D boarding. Uh, All okay. right, sweet, sweet, sweet. I so, saw 2D. Okay, so did anybody have the overwhelming urge to pass afterwards? Even though I did not drink anything during the movie. Just calm. I actually did no, not. I, I left and went to the bathroom at one point. Mm, but, yeah. I, do, I can't bring myself to do that even for, like, the worst movie ever. Like, I just, like... Yeah, no, I understand. If I can tell where a scene is going, then I'm like, okay, got it. And I didn't. I'll I didn't go. drink water for, like... Like an hour before we even left for the movie, just just to be sure. I I think the thing about that <laughs> yeah. that that my concern is is even if you're going into a point where you feel like you can do it, the movie's so fucking pretty to watch that like you're missing something. Yeah, but it's also a lot of water, so you just gotta give in at a certain. Point. I got what I wanted. Oh, I mean, way. Like, it's a hat, like once you reach an hour point into the movie, they it's all water. They're all in the water uh, yeah. land. So also, like, at some point, you just have to give. At my age, at some point, you just have to give in. Guys, I got what I wanted. Water. 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 Lots of water. 
I wanted water because it was in the title. Teaching so, important. So hold, on, hold on, Chris. I have a question. Okay. So, so the first movie is called Avatar, and the second movie is called Way of Water. Is the third movie called The Earth Kingdom Rise Again, and the last one is called Way of Fire? That's an that's an Avatar joke. <laughs> no, it's an Avatar joke. Yeah, it's an Avatar joke. You piece of crap. Last Airbender joke. Avatar is dead to me. It is the last. Avatar. It is. Well, that's curious, because I actually watched uh, the wrong movie here. I actually watched The Last Airbender, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> way to go, Aang. You got it's it right. Ong. Avatar. Oh. Ong the Avatar. Soka. It's Soka. <laughs> Peter. Oh, my God. It's just a surfer. Peter. Dude, <laughs> dude it's Ong the Avatar. Hey, Ong. <laughs> Don't say it, because Sarge's pregnant, and I think she's going to keep it. Sarge's <laughs> <laughs> oh, pregnant. Actually, hold on, hold on. Funny story about uh, The Last Airbender. Cliff Curtis is in Way of Water and in The Last Airbender. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, We've got to keep connecting things. Like, everything's connected. I hate George Lucas. Okay. Uh, <laughs> totally just making Avatar The Last Airbender in space. Let's be honest. That'd be funny. That's anyway. the last movie, I think. Yeah. So. Genuinely. <laughs> the I, reveal in Avatar 5 is that it was just Avatar The Last Airbender the whole no, Avatar in well, space, wait a second. <laughs> well, I think you're correct. I think Avatar will eventually leave Pandora. Yes. I mean, they basically they confirmed it. <laughs> they literally said, in the fifth movie, Zoe Saldana's this character is going to go to Earth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Have they confirmed that? When did they confirm that? James Cameron literally said, if we get to Avatar 5, we're going to bring Materia to Earth. Hot if. <laughs> That's, he said I, it like I, an interview or something. <laughs> but also, I think he only said that because he's so confident that it's that they're never going to make an Avatar 5 that he doesn't care about spoilers. Well, he's made it pretty clear that he's shown executives what it is and people know about and the, it. That the, are titles, the, the titles of these movies are, are pretty on the nose of what's going to be happening in the movie. Well, you have a big theory. You have a big Good. theory. Good. Yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, like... It, it, it's it's actually you know I joke a lot about the Avatar Last Airbender thing, but it's like literally in this oh, movie, like, we we have our Avatar character like in Sigourney Weaver's character who just like has that attunement with the whole fucking world. There's a lot of avatars. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Like this, I want to emphasize. I actually like this movie. This movie's actually pretty dope, and I think it looks. Yeah. And I think the story wasn't as bad as I had expected it to be. You expected it to be bad? Yeah, I expected it to be medium at best. And it, yeah, I was in the same boat. <laughs> I was in the same boat. I, I was so, like, so, okay. It surprised me. It. It like, story, I'd give it, like, like a B-, minus, but, like, visuals, it's, like, better than, like, anything I've seen in the last, like, six years, visually. I think it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I think there is not a single bad shot in that movie. Also, here's the thing about I, I have to I have to like I have to knock IMAX 3D a bit with the glasses. You have to keep your head perfectly still. You lean like this, and then everything gets like off. Everything just becomes off, and you can start to see layers behind each other. And then you have to keep it still, and then everything's sharp again. So you have to keep your head perfectly still. I never I had that problem. That so I just like cross it. I thought the avatar. Uh, <laughs> okay, for the audience, he crossed his eyes and just said that. So, <laughs> um, I 
liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's good. I like. Okay, so I was going. I, I had the same expectations as uh, Zach. I was like, I'm not expecting anything story wise. Really? No, I think they're. Well, it was not that great story. It was. Like, I know he's capable of telling like a really good story. Like he's one of the obviously one of the best directors of it's our time. Like, how many actual James Cameron stories are genuinely good? Okay. Let, me ask you, let me ask you this, Chris. How many of his movies have you seen? Okay, Terminator 2 was a while ago. Aliens. Avatar. Uh, Avatar. Have you seen Titanic? No, he's never seen it, and I can't wait. The to last half of Titanic. Seen the Abyss? Seen the full thing. Hmm. That's the last half of Titanic. Dude, spoiler alert. At the wrong time. Chris, have you seen uh, the Abyss? Yes, actually, I have seen the Abyss. Okay. Well, the I will say the the abyss <laughs> at times feels very much like a spiritual predecessor in this movie. Well, yeah, water. Well, it's on the water thing. I mean, the he's three, got a thing with water. The man. three movies that he's done with water in particular, this feels they all feel connected now for sure. Yeah. So yeah, and, make, uh, and his documentaries, of course. Yeah, and that's a, that's the thing about James. Cameron. He's very passionate about the ocean. Like I've always. One thing I did discover late in the year is just like after like listening to like a whole lot of like essays and all that, it's just like what you make as like an artist says a lot about you. That's why I like that's why I'm always it's made me more aware of what like the things that I want to make, like what they potentially probably say about me and like the things that James Cameron has made. It's just like, well, the last the big three he's made, it's like he's really he's really uh four, I guess I should say. I, very, like conscious of like ocean life like yeah. that's the thing that he's passionate like passionate about he's got his own submarine for god's sake he's probably he's, he's a he's an oceanographer at heart and you can very much tell that um he uh he very much um i don't know like everything about this movie just was like beautiful well, he remind, I, while i was watching it i was thinking a lot of um the luc Besson movie that you always want to put on there? Oh, 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 oh. O'Reilly. <laughs> we have missed each other. We have so missed each other. What's really funny about that is it's another space epic that has nothing to do with our parts. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm thinking. It's like just imagine that I was like James Cameron, like what's that Luke Besson movie? Oh, 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 right. Oh, like, no, stop it. Valerian. 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 Doesn't even start with an O. <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right, so Valerian. <laughs> what really reminds me of that is Luke Besson reminds me of James Cameron a lot because he also made that free diving movie about the guy who like would go underwater for like 10 minutes or so and yeah. like, would go as like low as possible and then he also made Valerian which is a lot like an Avatar movie but like they re- they were it makes me surprised like I think he, Luke Besson must be the James Cameron James Cameron's Valerian has taken off so I I was like so like I said like I was trying to say um I was in the I was in the same boat as Zach with, in terms of the story uh yeah Pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I was pleasantly, very pleasantly surprised. surprised at this like point. I was, like, the whole like um, Bam. like outcasts and like hey, I'm done. Like <laughs> outcast and uh, expectations. Great expectations. Um, 
Um, I, uh, I was like, wow, I did not expect to relate to these characters as much as I did. I'm pleasantly surprised by this narratively. Mm. Visually, I'm just like, I don't care. No, it's not like, okay. What? Um, so I, like, visually, I was just like, yeah, they, this was, this was very expensive. Um, like, I can't imagine, like, taking the, uh, the, the, the amount of dedication that took for the actors to actually, like, do, go through the whole process of, like, putting on that uh, tracking suit and then just, like, sitting underwater for six minutes and just being like, oh, God, I can't. Well, it's more than six minutes. They would, like, like, holding their breath, yeah, for six minutes, but they'd be in there, like, for hours and hours and hours to the point where they've like a lot of them have admitted to just like you know they just peed in the giant pool because the amount of time that it would take for them to get out get their suit off go to the bathroom get the suit back on and then get back in it's just like just piss just piss in the water right now then no no we're not in a liquid we're not in a liquid wrong volume wrong volume well, that's all over the floor now. Uh, it doesn't smell like anything, though, but I still have mine. So... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, God, why'd yeah, you yeah, lick it? Here, don't do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, he's doing the hang dance. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby. Whoa. Uh, there's the rest of it. So, so, Alex, I... I... So, yeah. Okay, you want to, okay, so here's my thoughts. Yeah. I, I, outside of the Valerian thing, I was thinking, uh, <laughs> what, a, what a just jarring shift in tones. Uh, <laughs> I love it, we're back. Um, so I, I was thinking in my mind, okay, so I'll get back to the story in a second, but I was thinking in my mind as you guys were talking, could this movie have just been expertly animated? Like just... A genuinely like Pixar animated film, as opposed to all of the technology that went to that. That, was, that is a great point. Yeah, would probably. It be any different to me? But then it wouldn't be able to be nominated for an Oscar because for live action. I don't care because, about that. Like I, I even think I ask myself that sometimes about Avatar. <clears throat> but when it came to this, I was like, what's the difference between the two? And the difference is this feels like. It feels like there's a lot and a lot that I liked about the story. Like, this is way more focused on character, while the other film was way more focused on narrative. There's a lot in this film that's narratively the same as the last film, but then the last third act is entirely different than the last film. In fact, it's basically the last third act of Titanic. So I I think that there's a lot of interesting aspects to it. (laughs) Chris, you laugh about that, but Cameron literally said that he's like the third act is just yeah, the third act is basically Titanic. in fact i honestly don't even think they need that last third act but i there's a lot of things in this movie that either don't work and if you take them out that movie looks better or you work on the better and the movie gets better or there's certain things in this that are just too much in general or there's things in this that are just incomplete like i like sigourney weaver's character but she's obviously a placeholder for another movie I you don't need the youngest little girl. I I I just I don't think you need to or whatever her character's name was. I I I I get the idea of Spider. There's a lot that I like about the idea of Spider, but the performance didn't grab me. And there were moments where I was like, 
eh, you, eh, you don't, you don't really need them. And I get again that these are a lot of placeholders for the third movie and po- and probably the fourth and the fifth. But there was a lot of like Marvel placeholders in this for the next film that made this feel a little bit fat for me. But hopefully with the next movie we'll feel a little bit more whole. The other film I felt was like narratively tight, and this film felt like. He was experimenting in a way that he never has before. He's made sequels, but he's never made a movie with the intention of having sequels before. Even Avatar doesn't feel like it's a movie that's intended to have a sequel. It's a movie that feels like, ooh, if a sequel happened, that'd be great. But they weren't even sure they were going to have a sequel until a year after the first Avatar happened. They weren't even sure if they could pull it off. So this, this this is the first time he's ever made a movie with the intention of making two or three more. So I'll give him that credit. Outside of that... I kind of felt like they were too many characters. You know what? I kind of felt like they were too many characters. Yeah, I can see that. And I was like, I was hoping some of them would actually die. And yes, spoilers alert, spoiler alert, one of them dies. But like, I, some of that stuff, you know, you don't really. Again, I don't think you need to. Sigourney Weaver's character is interesting, but she doesn't do anything for the narrative of the film. There, as a family unit, as the story of the family, loved it. Every character had something to do as a family coming together, and that story I loved because it isn't the first movie again. The first the first movie is about a guy becoming a leader of a war. This is a movie about a guy just trying to keep his family safe, and I do appreciate that a lot because it involves the inner drama of the family and everything involved with where they're going and the world and, and everything that happened before. Everything involving the family dynamic I enjoyed, but – narratively in terms of all, the entire scope and scale of the story, Scorny Weaver's character doesn't really do anything. Yeah. And, and like two, except she finds faith. There was in a tree. one time that I laughed at the little girl. One time I was like, Oh, that was funny. And that was the, I'm tied up again. That was funny, but so late. Yeah. And I, I will watch it again because I do like this world. And another question is, would you want to watch more? Would you watch it? Would you want to watch another Avatar immediately after that movie theater experience again? We don't know yet. No, I would. When that, when that movie was over, I was like, would I watch the next one immediately in another theater right now after a bathroom break? Or something? Or I went to the, go get something to eat and I went back in that theater and watched another two and a half hour one. I kind of would. Uh, I, I'm not about this movie, Alex, and I think I agree with you on that. It's like, was this? Would I say this movie is is like strong? No, but God, did they like at the very end just like put the exclamation of man, you want to watch more of this? And I'm like, yeah, kinda, I do. I mean, I I don't think there's an exclamation point. It took me a bit to come to that. It wasn't like right after it, I was like, I want to watch more. I, after it, I was like, okay, that was a great experience, but like. Um, I will say that there are things about this movie I find more interesting than the first one. Everything involving Stephen Lang's character, I fucking loved. Loved that shit. Everything involving the whales and the whaling in general. James Cameron doesn't want you to call it a whale. I thought that uh, all this whaling stuff, I fucking loved. All that shit. Whatever whatever their animal's name is. I thought it was great. But, like, I think this is more thematically interesting, and I would love to spend more time in this world for its sci-fi elements that Mm -hmm. it's talking about. And the family I find interesting. But, like, I I, I didn't walk out of that and I'm like, I want to keep going. I walked away from it and I was like, okay, this family's a stronger family because of what happened. That's interesting. Um, 
And that's how that's how I watch that. I'll be honest, I haven't thought about the movie too much. <clears throat> yeah. But every time I think about it, I feel like I've gone somewhere. I feel yeah. like I went somewhere and came back. So if that's the point of the experience to go to Pandora, like I, that has not left me. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's weird because like that movie really makes you feel like you went on a vacation there a little bit, and like you have cool memories of it, but like the vast majority of it you don't remember. But like I think I feel like that was kind of Cameron's point though was just like you're gonna watch that movie, you might not remember everything because it's a three fucking hour behemoth, um, but like it's going to constantly kind of come back to you every so often and be like, hell, that was really fun. Or, hey, I had a really good time there. And I think that the point is that, that that's supposed to kind of keep your, keep it in your head for a couple years. When And then the next one comes out, you're like, oh, we're going back. You know, we're going to go to Disney World again and and, and do, do that again. And, I, I mean, I, I think it's doing well. Like, again, Cameron says it has to make $2 billion. I don't think it actually needs to make $2 billion. For them to keep going, I think Disney will greenlight all five. But that's a whole different story. I, I will say an interesting question that Peter posed right when we left the theater was, which Pandora element would you like to live in? Either the Forest Clan or the Water Clan? And I originally said Forest just because I love that place so long. But, like, considering the kind of person I am, I probably would have been better in the Water Clan. Yeah. Because where are you going to piss if you're not near water? I, I'm sorry? If I, where am I going to piss if I'm not near water? Just, it's the forest. Piss on things. Just go up high and piss down. Yeah, but there's going to be like a weird tentacle creature that's going to like reach out and grab you. At all times, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's hey. the thing about the forest clan. You'll be agile, move, and then I realize, you know what? And the same thing with the water. Anything in the water can come and get you, for sure. Yeah, it's like a... It's I like know. Like, they have like, well, you could drown, really. No, it's like the rundown, where you piss, and then the thing travels up your piss <laughs> stream. <and you're> <laughs> I know they talked about a lot leading into this and even then the couple years leading up like through just like random stuff that popped out through the I I do want to emphasize nothing in this movie got leaked online which shocked me so like everything people have kind of said has kind of been stuff that's been offhandedly commented about or like talked about in interviews with Cameron and all that and from what it sounds like we're gonna keep with the water clan and like this group of characters for the next few movies and then maybe on uh, the fourth or fifth when they they do the stuff with zoe saldana's character on earth that's when things kind of tweak a little bit but it sounds like the next few movies this is the core group of characters we're going to work with which is cliff curtis and naomi watts their kids uh sam worthington zoe saldana it's actually not naomi watts it's um our, i forgot her name kate yeah. winslet Whatever. It doesn't matter. What's the difference? Titanic. At the end of the day, does it really fucking matter who the actress is? Yes, because I think (laughs) Kate Winslet is very good in the movie. We're on a movie podcast. Dude, I actually think Kate Winslet is very, very good in the movie, yes. Okay. When her whale dies, man, she's pretty fucking good. Peter, your thoughts? The point of the fact is, is they're the same group of cast for the next, like, six years, so... And the reason why they shot the this one the next one back to back is they're trying to, as Cameron said, avoid the Stranger Things issue where the oh, actors look 20, yeah, so the actors look 20 years old in the he last. He wants to do the Peter Jackson thing. He thinks that Lord of the Rings was the way things should be done. Peter, your thoughts? 
I mean, I'm guessing that if they get the fourth and fifth one greenlit, they're going to shoot those two back to back. Let them go, man. Okay. Okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to get to you, man. I'm no, trying it's to not. I, I, I mean, because <laughs> he said basically they, they shot the entirety of the third one. They're just editing it right now because it's greenlit and it's going to come out. Okay. And they shot chunks of the fourth one already. And yeah, we've just, about this before, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so they'll go back and probably spend two years and and shoot the fourth and fifth one back to back, probably sometime in the lead up to the third movie. And very like because we'll know we'll know before the third comes out if the fourth and fifth are coming. I'm sure like Disney's gonna come out and say, yeah, we made our money back. We're gonna do five of these things. I mean, it's all up in the air for now. Yeah, right. Well, well, it's not up in the air. We know there's a third coming. We don't know if uh, for five movies, it's all up in the air right now. For three, guaranteed. But yes, 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 yes. Peter, your thoughts? Yes, Peter, thoughts. Uh, the whole experience was amazing. I mean, I've waited 13 years for this shit, and it was worth the wait. Okay. I really, I mean. Obviously, a three-hour movie can feel like a three-hour movie. This didn't feel like a three-hour movie, though. And it felt like a three-hour movie for me, but I liked it. Mm. It wasn't like it went by quick or anything. It was just yeah. like, I, I, felt, I felt the movie very much, but mm. I enjoyed it because, I mean, I waited so long for this. I'm so happy that it's three hours. Like yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Why sense, are yeah. people complaining of like? It's funny. cut ten it's, minutes out of it of gun violence. Well, honestly, I've been, I was thinking about this. The reason Endgame, in my opinion, feels like it moves so swiftly for three hours is you have twenty-two movies to explain all the characters in that film. This film has to start introducing you to what five, seven new characters. Way too many. And get you involved. That's my grip. So I, and to me, that first act, that first hour, goes by really fast. I was actually surprised at how well, they much sp- I They sped through 15 years very quickly. Well, they yeah. spent through 15 years, but like <laughs> yeah. the Stephen Lang stuff I thought was so interesting. Yeah. I was enjoying the family stuff. When they got to the water clan and I went to the bathroom, I was like, oh, we're an hour in. This is really interesting. And when I came back, I was like, I enjoy everything about the second act because it's all just chilling out in water and whales and shit. And you're getting to know the kids better. The third act, that extended boat sink is what I was like, don't need it. Take that out. It's it's cool and it's fun and I enjoy it, but like at this point, let's get let's go. Like I you and Cecily were talking about how like intense it was and how like yeah. you guys and I thought those situations were tenseful in, uh, in terms of how they were edited, but I also knew that not all of them were going to die. I was gonna say that yeah. so I was like like we can get through this now. Let's get let's get through this last half hour. I was gonna say like especially when Stephen Lang was pulled out of the fucking water. I was like Jesus Christ. I was gonna say at, at, when 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 the like the whole like beginning of that sequence of that panel starts to like it feels like felt like midday and the end of it was just like dawn daybreak i'm just like god this felt like i was sitting there for overnight just something happened a bunch of people died and then there's the boat thing that happens all throughout the night and then and then it just kept going and going and going and then but uh, i mean peter was talking sorry i interrupted hey, peter um the Probably my biggest gripe is that there's their family is so big, and I'm trying to understand 
why why Cameron wanted the family to be that big. And it's not that it's different compared to Earth. People have big families all the time. And I don't know if he felt like it would have been weird to only have like three kids or four kids. Well, he has four kids. Plus two um, adopted kids. And yeah, like Tarzan. It's, well, uh, one's an adopted, one's in a dog. A cat. Spider's like a cat. Yeah, he's the cat. How many times in the movie did the family get in trouble and come together and they're like, so these for life. And I'm like, where's Spider? You would save everything if you were just like, where's Spider? Nah, fuck oh. that guy. No, so like. Spider? Was, I th- I, when I, whenever, every time I thought of Spider, I always thought of, okay, Disney's just like workshopping like a live action, like like Tarzan. They already did that. Like five years ago. With the guy who was still north with the with with Christoph Waltz and Margot Robbie. That was Alexander Skarsgård. That was Disney because they are Tarzan. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's. it's, I didn't see it as that. I thought I didn't think it was Disney. It's yeah, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Um. So uh. Anyway, uh, in terms of what you're saying, the rewatch. We talked about this before. I knew pretty early when we saw that big family that the older brother was gonna die. Yeah. Um, and that kind of helped me out. I was like, okay, this guy's, this guy's a lesson. I don't need to get to know him, especially when we got to know the younger guy in the whale. I was like, oh, that older brother's going to die. Yeah. It was... But it, did that help you out a little bit when you, the moment you realized that guy was a goner? I don't, I felt like for a while, it felt like he was just being neglected because I was also constantly, I mean, throughout the entire movie. Just the first watch. We've only seen it once. But I was constantly thinking about Nateri. Just, where is she? Yeah, there was a glaring lack of Nateri. Yeah, and then and then the scenes that she did have were just, like, responding to Jake and then being parents together. And I, and I could tell that Cameron was shifting the, the narrative from, you know, the first movie, which is completely fine. I mean, it's 15 years later. She doesn't have to be, like, the main character that she was in the first movie. It's still a shock because it's only been, it's only been two movies now. And I've waited, I mean, the years that have led up to the second mm-hmm. movie, it's only been speculation. It's only been the books that we've read about the wildlife on the planet. It's not, like, right. the narrative that we- we're it's the narrative that we're used to has been the first movie, which has been out for fucking 13 years. So it's a bit of a shock to have like this character that we've known for 13 years, take not the back seat, but like the trunk of the van. What's for kind a of long funny time. Here is that we, we got a, a set of comics about two years ago, which ironically covers everything that they went over in the first 20 minutes of the movie, <laughs> just more expanded. Basically, right. they're well, I'm just, just talking about the movie because the majority of people do not read that shit. No, I don't. Like the the comic. What's interesting about the comics is it's it's basically one for one the everything the 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 first twenty minutes of the movie. They explain everything. They say, "Hey, we got married. We kicked people out of Hell's Gate. We had a bunch of kids. We adopted these other two kids, and then it's just like the first couple battles between." The RDA and Jake, and that's really funny to me that include the giant space battle actually, like really interesting. It's really funny to me that they made all those comics. They only made like to keep everybody's appetite. Yeah. 
Because uh, uh, people are curious. Yeah, and then they just go over it in like 20 minutes. Dude, I was so patient that I didn't read that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, it is a, it is an active decision for him to say we are focusing on the kids mm-hmm. uh, instead of the parents. Even Jake is like. But there's still 25 to. I mean, I, I see what you are saying. I see you. I see you, and I see what you were saying. <laughs> but she did get an entire three-hour movie where she is yeah. just as much the lead as him. Yeah. I mean, she may have more in the third act, uh, in the third movie, sure. But like, I, I think we all agree that the family was too much. Yeah. Just too many. Too many kids, cooks. Too many kids. Too many extra people. Too many people for her to even have a chance to get involved in and this. If. I guess if he wanted someone to die, yeah, it could have been the older brother, but you didn't have to have the youngest sister, and then that could have just helped the development with uh, um, Kitty. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver could have been too. Yeah, like she could have actually filled, (laughs) but she could have been more prominent if there was one less character, because then she would have had a a little bit more screen time that would have felt rewarding than what we got in the movie, which was like, anytime it's on her, it's like, oh yeah, she's got weird shit going on. Well, she's a mom. She's worried about the situation at hand. No, no, no. Uh, Kiri, not Nateri. Oh, Kiri. Kiri is I, 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 the, the closer and closer we got to the end, and the closer we realized that I, she, that none of anything that was going on with her was going to affect the story. Yeah. I didn't care about her. Same thing with the older brother. I was like, okay, I know he's going to die. And then the little girl, I was like, okay, she's just comedy. Because we'd spent so much time with the younger brother and him, the whale, and like even the, there's a there's two other kids that are a fucking children to Cliff Curtis that we never spend any time with, but there's just bullies. It's like there are so many fucking people in this movie. I don't I don't under I mean so many plates spinning. Yeah, it's just character stuff. I get that. The, I love that it's more character focused. I love the new themes with Stephen Lang. I'm glad that they keep him around. And I, I, I like the family-driven story element. But yeah, to me, to me, family. Matters. If it was just the, honestly, if it was just the two brothers and then, uh, Kitty, and then that would have that would have freed up a lot of room. And then that would have been more development with Spider and Kitty and Spider and then the two brothers. I, re- I rest my case. Yeah. This is going nowhere. Uh, I, <laughs> other other than that, the when I watched it in 3D, I took a little bit. It, it took a little bit of time for me to get used to it, um, but I just have that problem. I've always had that problem with 3D. But oh, once yeah. I once I got used to it, I I started to notice how intricate the placement was compared to the when I watched it as a kid, right. the first movie. I vividly remember just like it was so overwhelming and overstimulating that I just I took the 3D glasses off. I would rather be out of focus than like have so many things be 3D. But in this movie, they seem to like calm down and hone in on, okay, if the branch is going to be in frame, we don't want it to be two thirds in frame. Let's just have it on like the very corner it looks like it's 3d but it's out of focus so it's not going to be straining on the eyes because people aren't going to be focusing on that because when things are in 3d your eye automatically focuses to that but when it's out of focus it fucks you up a little bit because that's in the foreground i'm looking at the thing in the foreground 
why is it out of focus? Because your your mind, when you look at something, it's in focus. Right. So you have to make that other connection. Yeah, like, yeah, I had to rewire my brain a little bit. And they were, it seemed like they were more um, on top of things and less um, just like, make it all fucking 3D, yeah. Like the, thir- the first movie was just like, it's 3D, yeah, this is awesome. They're all going home and shit. But they... They definitely learned. <laughs> they took you someplace rather than going, hey, we're taking you someplace. Look at this, but it's out of focus. Because really, like, ah. there was a moment during the, the third act sinking of the ship where I took off my glasses for a second and I could see the, the what you're talking about, the rack focusing from mm-hmm. Stephen Lang's character to the, the kids mm-hmm. tied up to the pole. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's that's really interesting. That's a lot more specific than going. Well, I also think the other thing about the jungle planet is, or the jungle aspect of it is, there's leaves and trees and mm-hmm. stuff everywhere. There's always something in the way. Here, that was way more. There's something. There's uh, there's a lot of coral and fish and stuff, but nothing as consistently because they are above water a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so it's not as like showy, yeah, in that degree. You just had to get used to it, and then you would follow the camera instead of instead of interpreting it yourself without 3D glasses without it being 3D you had to like coexist with the camera it mm-hmm. felt it like you felt like you were looking through the camera then just like looking at it i i don't know how else to describe it like you you are a partner with this thing you're like a parasite just like forced to look at what Forced to look through Very what it's John looking Makovich. at. So if if he's if if you want to look at something in the foreground, it's out of focus. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, you can't see it. That's the thing about well, this. I mean, that's making like, it's the decision. But it's more using the picture, the frame, and the image to to, to manipulate what you see and direct your eye. Right. It's just when they put the thing in the foreground that is out of focus in the foreground and make it 3D still. Your eye just naturally gravitates towards the thing that's right in front of you, but it's still out of focus. And you're like, oh, shit. And it's just See, like, I've never had that issue. It's Not just once during the movie. For me, it's just a millisecond of like, oh, don't look at that. That's like magic eye stuff. I like, don't know I don't what do, it is. I don't, I don't do that at all. I, like, I had to take off the glasses to see that. Mm. As I was watching it, I was like, nope, this is working perfectly for me. Could just be me then. You're very specific with uh, with your uh, you're very specific with detail with stuff. You grab things that I don't. And maybe just because I'm getting older or whatever. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know, but like, yeah, I also don't have the best eyes. I should have glasses. Um, you can go to my mom and chat on. She'll hook you up. I sure will, Chris. No one can see this in the podcast, but I am not currently looking at Chris. Alex. Huh? Thanks. There you go. Sweet. No, no, no. Over there. Huh? What? Oh, there. hi. That's where Chris is. I'm I'm right huh? here. Okay, thanks. Chris is what? Huh? right there. Okay, cool. He's looking at the thanks. screen as he's turning to the center yeah. me. Yeah. 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 My neck is getting workouts. Sweet. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Do you raise that? Uh, Jane will be able to do that for you for you now. Uh, so I think, um, well, are we all good? Are we all good on Avatar? Anybody have anything? No, I, I, I think if I'm going to see it again, I wanted to circle back to your... I could talk about it for hours. I, I could know, have I a know, I don't want to leave you hanging. No, no, yeah. no. Like, I... I wanted to come back to uh, your question of what I see the next one immediately after. And for me, we're past that, man. Get over it. Okay. Yeah, shut <laughs> the fuck up. I mean, I'm only 5'4", yeah. I mean, I'm only 5'4", so I'm... I'm kidding. Um, but, like, 
I was never really that interested in this world to begin with. <gasps> yeah, sorry. The first one didn't really impress me that much. You know, I'm personally offended. I'm not. He's Pandorian. Yes. He's Navi. He's very blue. He's got a little drop in there, too. Yeah. In my eyes. Your eyes. Their eyes are green. Your eyes. Okay. Their eyes are. <laughs> These lyrics are weird. <laughs> their eyes are like, like um. They're like a yellow green. They're like a golden color, and yeah. then the the water people are blue. Blue, yeah. I didn't I didn't Sounds stare better. at the eyes as much as much as I thought I would. Some people are like the eyes are dead, and I'm like the eyes are dead. Some people feel that no, way. Get them checked out. Here's the thing: when you pause the movie, at times it feels a little tin tinny, but like I don't feel like the experience felt that way. Again, if you listen to our Tintin episode, the first ten minutes where I finally <laughs> convinced Zach and Chris that the face of Tintin is wrong and incorrect, and then we look into why it's wrong and incorrect, yeah. some of the best first ten minutes. So, um, unless it's talking about a movie. But, like, I'd have to see this movie again in, like, 2D. That's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going like, to do both, and I'll probably do it a third time. <laughs> right. I enjoyed watching the first one in 2D after my theater experience. I always have. Yeah, I I would need to see that again, mm-hmm. because, like, I need to see it in, in a traditional, dimensional way. But I also want to see it in 4D, you know, where, like, they... You get soaked, dude. By the end of the movie, you are... You are you, you watch the movie. You watch the movie underwater. You become you, water. Avatar, <laughs> becoming of water. And you, I mean, you're seventy percent already. No, it's like, like you're like amazing LCL. by no, the time you no. get out of that movie. No, it's like LCL in, in, in Evangelion. They just all just for the day. <laughs> Cameron's like, did it? Fucking did it? He's just swimming in cash. Did it? Fucking did it? We don't need to melt the polar ice caps to turn all of humanity into water. Sure. Uh, one last thing, and then we can then we can move on. I really appreciated. I knew that they were going to continue to do this, but I appreciated the speculative zoology that this franchise now now this franchise. Something Peter's a big fan of. And you know the the first movie was awesome for that. Um, but it it's interesting because the dynamic of the first movie it everything is so tight that you I I can have like. Name the five main animals of that movie. Yeah, you see some things in the background, but like there's main animals that you that you just remember. Human, Pandorians, uh, spider. No, 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 no. First movie, Alex. First movie. Anyway, like you, you know what I'm talking about. There's, there's the. I'll just, I'll just make up the names. But there's like the flying ones. Then there's the mm-hmm. one that Natiri rides, the one that's like the a panther. A lot, a lot of variety. Right. And then Turok, you, Turok is a different one actually too. Yeah, and so like there's main ones. And then when you read read through like the books of of all the breakdowns of the animals, you see like twice as many animals in that book. Fascinating books. And in the second movie, they they flipped it around. Mm-hmm. You see a lot more wildlife in a different way so there's like there's honestly there's just enough substance to to both movies but since the dynamic the whole narrative of the second movie is different there's so many kids each kid has a prominent animal you just you feel connected to these animals more Mm -hmm. than the first movie and i i believe that cameron did that on purpose and I, the trajectory of where he's going, I feel like the water, wildlife to this planet 
are much more um, intelligent and advanced than the land creatures. Mm. I, I don't know why. I don't know where he's going with it, but you can just you can just tell. I mean, especially with Payakan, the whale, the main whale who's missing the fin. Mm. You you can just he he is a character. Like the Payakan is a character. You see his thoughts. You understand. You you make that you make that connection. And yeah. with the first movie, you just you never had that opportunity. And maybe maybe it's the same way where you know when you connect to an animal like with your ponytail braids and shit, you you do feel their thoughts and yeah. it's not as primitive. But he Cameron highlighted it in a different way in this movie. Right. And he, yeah. and he didn't just make make Piacon, um like a character like there's the elus which are like the dolphins and that then it kind of dwindles after that but right. you you feel like you see the wildlife more because you actually have a connection to it when in the first movie it's like oh yeah remember that lizard that flew around like a helicopter for a second and then you then you go to the second movie and it's like oh yeah these jellyfish attached to your back and you all of a sudden become like a fucking water fairy and it's the coolest thing and you can breathe underwater like there's just there's more substance to these animals in the second movie and the the zoology of them is is just incredible you know they'll most of them have the two sets of eyes they have the two um connection points for the navi um to have that brain meld thing and they all have like six limbs, like all all of it makes sense and checks the fucking boxes. Yeah. And it's just, oh my god, it makes me so happy because it shows that they put in the work. And I forget the artist's name, and I hate that I keep forgetting it, but he is he is one of the main main reasons that yeah. these animals look this good is because it's coming out of this one guy's head. Right. Here's another thing that I actually uh, that Mr. Sunny Movies actually mentioned in his review. Thank you. I'm starving. Eh. Popcorn, popcorn time. So Mm-mm-mm. that was another thing that um, Mr. Sunday Movies mentioned that Cameron had writing help for this movie that he didn't have in the last movie. Yes. Um, I forgot what they, I forgot, I forgot the movie that the the writing help wrote. Like, uh, but it was like it was very, I think it was like a family centered movie. Um, makes sense. I mean, so maybe that maybe that could explain the amount of characters. Maybe that was his call. No, he, the, there are two reasons, I think. I think no, Chris. I, I think there are <laughs> two reasons. One is speculative and one he has said himself. Uh, the speculative one is I think he understood that people felt – I think he felt the criticism that the first one was just a narrative that was, A, copied from other movies, and B, incredibly simple – for this, the what the movie was, right? And I think he wanted to tell a story that was less about narrative and more about character. And then the other mm-hmm. reason was the thing I explained before: his kids. He has four kids. He they all sat him down and they're like, "You're a bad dad, and you're a dick, and we don't like you." And he goes, <laughs> "Really?" <laughs> and they went, "Yes." And he goes, "Okay, I'm gonna work on that." And he put that into the film, and then actually became <laughs> a nicer person for his kids. 
So I honestly think that as he flips off the paparazzi, <laughs> this might be one of his fuck most up, personal. Dude. Fuck the paparazzi. Fuck, the paparazzi. fuck the paparazzi because I honestly think he's feeling a lot of pressure, and then that question was barreling down on him. You're not making enough money right away, all that shit. But wow. and like the the world of cinema is on your shoulders and all that bullshit. I I, I do think that this is somebody probably, ever heard of Tom Cruise before. This is probably Ooh. his most personal film. Hmm. Ever. Honestly, yeah, it does feel like that. Yeah. Once I learned that he had that family dynamic, and he literally just put that into the movie. I I think it's just a vessel. Hey guys, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll totally work on that. It isn't just. (laughs) Wow, I'm addicted to you. This is great. I I need to write this down. I don't like it. There are a lot of characters, and I feel like two two reasons there are a lot of characters: a, his family, and b, yeah, they're gonna drop like flies in five movies. These are war movies, so other family members are gonna die. I think. But uh, I, I do think the other reason, like, instead of sitting here and be like, he made these characters so he could make other movies, I think he made these characters because he wanted to make a representation of what he feels like as a father. And that's what I feel in the movie. Mm. I feel the family dynamics. They feel earnest. Right. Those feel real to me, despite the fact that I, there is a lot of people there. Yeah. It doesn't feel fake for other movies. It feels like he's trying to say something with that. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do believe that. But I, yeah, I do think that he put that there for personal reasons. Um, to make it family oriented. Or he was watching Fast and the Furious, possibly. <laughs> could you there's imagine? Could you imagine in this movie? Yeah, yeah. Alex, could you imagine? Could you imagine if he actually tackled one of those movies? <laughs> any movie that any action film that James Cameron will make will be exponentially better. He's this Terminator film. No, it's just James Cameron versus Vin Diesel on set. It's going to be such a tale. Vin time. Diesel would buckle against James Cameron. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> now, if, if, if he was being directed by somebody like Matt Stone and Trey Parker, they're going to give him exactly the same fucking taste back. Um... So as I was watching that, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that James Cameron was pretending to be a gardener and was directed by Matt Stone and Trey Parker. That's so funny. This motherfucker made two avatars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not to mention Titanic and Terminator 2 and Aliens and the Abyss and True Lies. God. So I'm I'm fine with us like keeping these short because eventually it will be a series and then we could actually just go ham on these movies. What if he made an, what if the next one's like an hour and a half long? <laughs> that would be so funny. So, so, I don't really have any more things to do character-wise. I'm just going to stick to It would just be the third act of this second movie, technically, if you played them back-to-back. Well, it was like a, or it was like the Lord of the Rings, like it's all an hour for a setup of battle and then like an hour and a half. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Zach. For what it's worth, apparently this occurred four years ago. The BBC found that four Avatar titles were copyrighted in 2018 for the sequels and for everything. Way of Water was on that list. That's how we knew about it. So we know the names of the third, fourth, and fifth movies. If you yeah. guys don't want to mind hearing, this is a report by the BBC. I know what the third one is. We, we talked about the. We talked about this already. Yeah. We talked about the names of the. Yeah. All the- the, the third one would be called The Seed Bearer. Better be a sex movie. Um, fourth one would be called Tolkien Seed can mean other things. Yeah, it's going to be about men. Masculine. <laughs> What's the fourth one again? Gotta keep going. Don't bail out now. <laughs> I, I'm not bailing out. I'm slapping. <laughs> 
That's a bail on. <laughs> That's a bail on for sure. That's a bail on for sure. Dive, dive, dive. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, um, um, Earth we one. Can move on. Um, so yes, wave water, seed, um, seed like that. That is, seed bearer. Seed bearer has to do with Peter's theory that he's mentioned before. Yeah. Fourth one is called Tolkien Rider. I always love Tolkien's work. I guess that's probably about the little brother then. Yeah. And the fifth one is called, and I shit you not, I swear, James Cameron's a big fan of Superman. Avatar 5, The Quest for Awa. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a quest for... I mean, once... They, 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 no, it's like Star Trek where they go and find God. <laughs> I'll just... I'll, interesting one, yeah. I'll quickly re-explain my theory just so people yeah. don't have to go all the way back in time and somehow miraculously find the last time that I talked about Avatar. All right, it's not it's not normal for us to repeat ourselves on this podcast, but go ahead. What'd you say? Huh? Oh, it's not normal for us to repeat ourselves on this podcast, but go ahead. Oh, thank you. So Thank you for letting me know where you are, too, so I still can't see. Yeah. Right huh? Here. Huh? Chris? Oh, no, Peter, right here. That's me. That's, that's Peter. Peter. That's me. That's Peter. 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 Chris doesn't know how to snap. Okay. I do. <laughs> no, that was me. Oh. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> you get lost, guys. Yeah, I do. I snap. I have to walk into a wall. <laughs> I walk into a wall. Echo location. I mean, no, it's like uh, it's like uh, it's like Chris Pratt's character in uh, Jurassic World. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's like uh, he's at the clicker, you know, with the dinosaurs. I, I'm not allowed to do my snaps. Yeah, his snaps terrify me. Oh. Anyway, this is a different story for another day. So my theory, um, the trajectory for these movies will eventually lead to space in some way. Yeah. Um, and I already believe that um, Awa, the thing that's connecting this entire planet together, I think it's alien to Pandora. I think I don't think it's a native thing. What to be a human? And that's crazy. Well, there there is a there's a huge difference, like um, evolution wise, with the Navi and the rest of the fauna on the planet. And there's there's a lot of things like the Navi only have two eyes. The Navi only have two arms. They have only one connection point. Uh, that's their braid. When all the other wildlife have two on either side of them. Their orgasm braid. Yeah, basically. And they, and in the second movie, they actually mention how rapidly the Navi adapt to each environment. So it's obvious that there is some other element to them that's not in the fauna of the planet. And that only, that connection has to be Awa and like the, um, the tree, you know, the seeds, all of it. And yes, the fauna of the planet can connect to it because in the first movie, they all have this hive mind. I mean, even in the second movie, they mentioned the hive mind of when the humans are there, the banshees and all the flying creatures just automatically treat it like they like they're the white blood cells of the planet. So they they yes, they have a connection to the planet, but the Navi have a higher level, I believe. And so I think that, you know, the quest for Awa they they might go to another planet. It might just be Earth. It might be um, their planet because they're a moon. Yeah, it might be the other planet, and they might realize, oh, it's not just this planet that's connected. It's connected to the main or not the moon. It's connected to the planet that the moon is, 
you know, orbiting around. Like this might all be a huge hive mind that stretches across space and time. Like, and there's no physical connection anymore. Like um, Kurt Russell in Guardians 2. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my theory. Interesting. Interesting. Well, how could the Talcoon Rider be in space? Space whales. No, the well, the last movie is Quest for Awa. I know, but like, it's, I would hope they'd reach space by four, not five. They could. Well, they. It's they might. They might re- Sorry, Peter. They uh, might realize that they. You know, in the third movie, there might be a, a bigger war against the uh, Tulkun, so they maybe they're just like fuck it, and then they go to the planet, and there might be shit on that planet that is related to um, the substances that they're looking for on that on Pandora, the moon, and then they might make that connection of why are these things happening on the same spheres floating through space when they're not even connected, like. Were they connected at one point, you know, like Earth and the moon theory where it was all one mass and then an asteroid hit and then they split. But how does that happen millions upon millions of years with the same co-evolution? That's fucking crazy. Well, what is the planet? Is it gas? Is it land? It's a gas planet. Yeah. So they. Sorry, I I made it. Sorry. Yeah. There's a lot of popcorn you just have. Yeah. A lot of fiber. (laughs) They, um. Or, or they might just go back to Earth and it's just all a tighter story where it's they gotta just... They got to find the AWA on Earth. Yeah, where it's like they might show humans or they might have the uh, seeds of AWA. They bring the seeds of Pandora to Earth, plant them, and then Earth now becomes a more interconnected planet to human beings. Mm-hmm. Because, like because Earth... And and Earth, the fauna on Earth are already connected. That's why there's the food chain. That's why all of this happens. We humans are the ones that are fucking all of it up, anyway. And so if but we can't connect, right? If the Navi are able to show us the way to Earth and to treat Earth better, that might but that how, might be. How are we going to do that? We do can't, it, no. we can't well, do no. what they do. No, 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 no. no, no. Oh, no I, I, do, yeah. I do genuinely have a theory with that. So dig a hole in the ground. Stick our Alex, out. The ground. Yeah. I'm over here. Thank you. Dig a, <laughs> dig a hole in the ground. Pull your pants down. Shit. Lay face down. There you go. You're connected to Earth. So Just breathe in. I feel like you're Just breathe all that dirt. for something a little bit more dangerous if I'm pulling my pants down. Okay, real talk, though. Or fun. So. Like I said. Crotch into the hole. Like I said with the Navi. In the second movie, they do mention how they rapidly evolve. And I think that is because of AWA and their connection with the tree. And so if they – I don't know if it will be a physical so thing. So Avatar is going to end with humanity growing No, 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 no. I don't think <laughs> – yes. No, dude, let me finish. It's and not going to – Hair gonna, braids? I want hair. No, it's not going to be like that. I think it will be more of a spiritual connection, like hands to the earth or hands on the tree. It'll just Lame. be, it'll be slightly different. Full tilt boogie, man. Give us tails. Hold on. He had tails in the womb. Well, again, in a lot of these interviews. In the last <laughs> not lying. It's, that's the truth. I Some people are born with tails. We do have tails in the womb. I'm just saying. That's where we lose it. So. In our mom? Yes. Peter, I know you probably know about a lot of this, but like. These inter- a lot of these interviews from the last 13 years, they've talked a lot about what their kind of their goal is. Like the third movie, they want 
to kind of make the Navi more like bad, like villainous characters. Like they want to make the humans look more sympathetic and the Navi more villainous. The fourth movie, what? what heard that shit at all? Uh, excuse me. That's news to me. <laughs> okay, what's your other thing? And then, like, the fourth movie has like a 20-minute introduction that starts around the same time as two and three, and then has a time skip. We know that. I feel like with Stephen Lane character, he's the one who's like. There's an interesting line of colonialism in here that I find really cool, but like with his character, but also it feels like he's learning to empathize with this culture. Whereas humanity, with the wailing and shit, has just gotten worse. Yeah. I don't know. I Again, who knows what their plan for all this is? They have a long-term plan. I know. <laughs> Obviously, there's going to be a time skip. Like, who knows what the time skip could mean? The time skip could mean we already had one between one and two. We're going to pro- we're gonna get another one in the fourth movie. Like, who knows what that time... That time skip could be as simple as... They kidnap one of the kids and take it to Earth, and they time skip forward. It's going to be the, the youngest they, kid again. So, they, so they take one of their kids and they spider it on Earth? Something like that. So was, I just always think about it in terms of... kind of established that, like, the Na'vi can breathe normal Earth atmosphere for hours, so... Yeah, they can walk into a room with air with humans, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so like, it wouldn't shock me if in the first 20 minutes, like... It, d- it doesn't matter who it is, you know, like, it could be Tuck, it could be Kiri, it could be whoever. They kidnap one of the kids, and they, and then, like, Jake and Natiri have to make a decision of, we gotta leave to go save them on Earth, and that leads to Natiri on Earth, you know what I mean? Trying to find their, I don't know, man, like, who knows? So I've always thought about it. I do. <laughs> I've always thought about it at all. <laughs> I've always thought about it in, like, in terms of, like, whenever I'm thinking about it, I always think about it in terms of, like, okay, escalation. It's like, okay, we had the the first movie with, um, that's set up. That's just groundwork. Mm -hmm. That's foundation. Okay, now you take that next step with this movie. It's like, okay, that foundation has been established. Now we're just going to burn it. Now we're going to take them out and then throw them somewhere else and then like now what's the next step above that like how do you keep going up the ladder to reach the crescendo that ladder is like peter said is that they eventually go to other planets in that star system and i think that our moons or whatever and i think like that's where the time skip takes place because obviously they're establishing that travel between earth and pandora takes years to do i I do want to say this i don't want to be the party pooper on this lore parade but i remember peter sitting there and being like telling this theory and being so interested in it and i remember walking to the second one being like yeah maybe they're going to explore this maybe they'll really get like a lot more clans maybe we'll get broader into pandora maybe we'll see more time with the humans and then i watched it and i'm like wow this is way more about family in fact, the entire stakes of the last third act, you could have used all the other water clan, but they're like, those Sullys can take care of their own bullshit on that sinking ship. I expected the water Which clan kind to help of makes them, sense a little bit. And it doesn't, and they're like, just, of course it makes sense on a royalty level, but they're also like, it just, it, the stakes were so small, and I was like, I don't think we're going to get to that shit anytime soon. I think it's going to stick to this family stuff. And then the other thing is, they make it clear what the next MacGuffin is. 
and it's the whale brain uh, youth fountain of youth thing. So that like yeah. that involves the whole ocean now instead of just a tree in a forest. The ocean, like Earth, is covers a lot of the planet. The Tolkien writer tells you that we're gonna do a lot more sea stuff. So like, I don't know how long it's gonna take before we get to space. We might. Or if we, we might get not. to that. Level. It's really hard to like pinpoint. Okay, go. When do you do that? You have five movies and you've spent two kind of laying foundation. Well, he stepped out of the narrative of like a gigantic war and revolutionary leaders and he's made it way more about people now. And he's made it way more about individuals. So I find that interesting, an interesting step forward and step back in terms of different elements of the story. Right. I think the themes are getting elevated interestingly for sure because the whales are bigger, they cover more. Well, considering that Kitty took a, the back burner in this movie makes me, I mean, just assume that she'll take more of a foreground in the third movie. And she has that connection to Awa. She's like literally Jesus Christ on Pandora. She's like her, her love, she's like the, the love child of Awa and um, Grace combined. Like she's a clone of Grace, but her, I, her soul is not Grace. I think her soul is a projection of Awa. And that's why she has the connection to the planet the way that she does. So they laid the, they laid some of the work out about right. the bigger picture. I don't know if it'll be the third movie though. Right. I think I think we should probably step past this and move on. <laughs> to be continued when the the next movie comes out in uh, the next two years. So next I'm, year. gonna say, I'm gonna say this the movie the next movie's not gonna come out for two years. In some point, we're all going to watch this second movie again, and we'll probably come on the show, but I want to see the movie again with us change. You're not in space yet. Here's the question I'm going to beg, and that I don't want to beg that, but what do you want to see from the next movie? Not all five. What do you want to see from the next movie? And think economically. Think normally. I think, I think a time jump is a possibility for sure. I think, I think in the next one, I'd just like to see a little bit more of a continuation of the characters that we've had in this, like we, we have all these characters. That's a, that would be the movie normally. Yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah. I, I well, they were filmed back to back. So they, the kids didn't age as much. I know. No, I know that. I mean, again, <laughs> when you watch it next time and you get the story again, like we know the, we've known that stuff before the movie happened, watch the movie again and get like the story and the characters more in you. And then think about like, okay, I just watched it recently. This is what I want for the next one. I want to see more from like the prince's kids. I want to see like to, yeah. to do something. I want to see what do I want from Stephen Lang's and Spider's characters? What is, what's going to happen with the romance? Is somebody going to get married or the clan's going to hey. separate? Will they go to another part of the planet? Like there's so many okay. possibilities. I think I want to see more from Kiri at the end of this. I think by the end of the. Everyone loves Kiri, man. Mister. I, 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 it seems like they're going to focus on the kids. Yeah. Seems like that's gonna be the case. Well, Skywalker kid, you know. Honestly, I, I couldn't care less about Sam Worthington so <laughs> anymore. I just yeah. want to see more of the kids. <laughs> Alright, let's jump off this sinking ship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Get out of here. <laughs> that's another fucking thing about it. It's part of the way of water. Like, structurally, it was just <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what it felt like. This is what it felt like. You wanted to pull a tag day. I, I did. Because um, I, I just, I had a thought. Like, it's called Pandora. Yeah. Structurally, it was just like weird. Because when the second act like happened, I was just like, 
actually when the third act started, I was like, wait a minute, this is the third act? Because, like, the movie ended, I'm like, that was the third act? And I was like, what? Because, like, it felt like there was two third acts. Yeah. It's a three-hour movie, so every act is like, extended by half an hour. And that's all right. Like, it feel, it feel I was, I was off. There's like, a mini-act in, there's a sub-act in each act. Well, there's right. a, well, it's crazy. So Sub-climax 3A. It's yeah. extra. Like, the first hour, it feels great because you're not getting all the info. In fact, you need a whole other movie to explain everything you're missing. But it gives you an hour of it. The second one is such a feel-good vacation vibe. There's no conflict. Like, even Stephen Lang is learning to have fun, and you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. The third act is basically the moment they get on the boat and the whale jumps on the boat, you're like, all right, third act going, here we go. But then it happens again with this. Yeah, there's two third acts. And you're like, oh, like, this feels like two, this feels like we started again. Yeah. Like, there's something there that felt like we've hit the repeat button, and that, I don't know how to do that. I'm not James Cameron, but maybe the next time I watch the story, I can feel like how I would stretch that out more. Because, like, there's two, there's three things going on. How do you stop the whalers and the clan working with that? And they do that right before the ship starts sinking. Then the ship starts sinking, and it's Stephen Lang and the family. Stephen Lang gets out right away. And he yeah. survives, which is a quite like I still don't know how oh, I feel about God, that. Oh God, yeah. And uh, uh, and then the family has to band together in a moment of conflict and realize they need to find their the kids need to find the individual nature to save their parents. That's the important thing. That's why Natiri and him are they they're so busy dealing with the politics of being cool on this water place that the kids are the ones actually dealing with the future, which is. In fact, what the story is about, like James Cameron was like, my kids are the ones that are going to have to deal with this planet when I'm dead. So, like, I want to make a movie about that. They're the ones who see the future. The parents are the ones who are dealing with all the politics of the present, which right. I find very interesting. So that, that stuff is there. Mm-hmm. But that third act repeat is hard. Yeah. I would change that. Okay. We can move on now. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, things we watch. And, all right. So here's uh, how we're going to do this. Here's our okay. We can okay. We can do one main one, just one main thing that you watch. Perfect. Not mainline. Okay, sorry. No, 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 no. no. Oh, thanks, Peter. Where are you? Okay, okay, thanks, thanks, thanks. (laughs) But I'll give you as many honorable mentions as you want. I don't know if I can't talk about them in depth. You have to just one sentence it. Yeah. I'm okay with that. So, okay, Zach, you should go first. Um, God, where do I begin? So, I guess my honorable mentions, uh, I watched, I've been watching Willow, lots of Willow. Oh, I want to get to that. I hear it's so much fun. Ah, oh, man. It's fun, but I, I'm not going to talk more. I'm not going to talk more. I promise. I promise. Thanks, uh, you. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, I watched uh, One Piece Film Red, which is the number one box office in Japan right now. Uh... I watched, uh, what else did I watch? Uh, obviously, I saw Avatar. Jeez. Um, um, I watched Poop Man. Sorry, that's not actually the movie. Poop Man. Poop Man. Love Poop Man. Ha. Huh. Uh, I don't know. That's that's, that's kind of that's kind of the main things I can remember. I watched a lot over. Oh. Yeah, we all did. It's gonna be hard to remember all of it. Yeah. So um, so I'm gonna tell my main thing, which is 
the story of Christmas, and I mean the event, not not the uh, not the uh, thing. So, so it's not something you watched. It's just what your holidays were. Yeah, I did not get to have Christmas this year. Well, you're also Jewish. Yeah, I, w- I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had plans, and they had to be canceled. I think, we're all, I think we're all just shocked by the fact that you celebrate Christmas. Well, I was going to because I was going to go. <laughs> I'm not kidding what I'm talking about, dude. We all thought that you being Jewish, you celebrated Hanukkah. It is now shocking us that you celebrate Christmas. That's what's interesting to us. What, like, which one of your parents celebrates Christmas? Why, how did you start into that? My dad, because his 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 now wife's kids are obviously Christian. Okay, now we may have gone obviously we may have gone through this before out of the five years that we've been doing this show, and my pothead may just fucking forgot about it. But <laughs> I want to reiterate uh, that that's what I'm trying to say. But thank you. Yes. So you you had plans for Christmas, uh, and they did not work out. So yeah. So as I'm sure you guys knew, on December 23rd, we all had a storm. <laughs> Yeah. Massive storm on the West Coast, the East Coast, and the Midwest. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere is a good, good justification. So my plans got canceled. My flight got canceled after 13 hours at the airport. Oh, my God. Yes. Um. So... I didn't get to do that, so I had a lot of time at home, unfortunately. And so I just kind of chilled for a lot of it. But the original plan was if I wouldn't be able to make it, I was going to try to make it to Minneapolis, and I would just stay there until tomorrow, basically. And I'd, I'd go home tomorrow. But... Uh, at the time of this recording. Thank you, Peter. Yes, at the time of our recording. But uh, obviously did not occur because Minneapolis also was cut down and yeah. shit going down. So I stayed home in Nashville all all week. <laughs> most of most of the people in the U.S. did not get further than their own house, <laughs> or or too much further than a closer location. East Coast got like north, like Northeast got like freaking six feet. God, just South Dakota is. They're fucking stuck in their homes. Yeah. Imagine snow, like, as tall as you, Peter. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the videos, man. It's terrible. Fucked up, man. We got we got a lot, but we luckily got it spread out through a few weeks. Yeah. For, for some reason, Minnesota got, got a pretty chill winter. I mean, it, relative it, to everybody else. It was yeah. a little bit more than we've been getting recently. It's nothing relative. we can't handle. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. But, yeah, dude, whatever they got was fucking. <laughs> what the fuck happened over there? We got the tail end of that shit. Six feet. Yikes. Lake effect, man. Anyway. I My plan was to go and hang out, obviously, in town and see you guys over the holidays and all that, along with many other people that I dearly, dearly miss. But uh, that obviously did not occur for various reasons. So what did you do on Christmas Day with your chilling out? Uh, I went to a Chinese buffet in town, as I culturally do around this time of the year. Yeah, makes sense. 
And then I went to go see Avatar Way of Water. And that's it? Yeah, dude. This is a fucking deep south state, dude. Do you think I could do anything else? Hell. Well, I mean... I so, my Avatar was the main thing you watched as well. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, I watched other stuff, obviously, as I said. I've been watching Willow and all the other stuff that's been going on. But, yeah, it's yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. 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 Willow's deep. Into, it, Willow's got a, a few episodes in. It's nine episodes in. Oh, there you go. Shit. Yeah. I, I don't want to watch. It's okay. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was kind of my hope, and I was – actually trying to see if maybe like after christmas like flying into minneapolis on like monday and then you know just staying like a week but uh i was like ah, i don't i i was just so disgruntled with the airport and how everything was all just fucking such a mess i was like i'm not doing this again i'm not putting is, my- is, a, is a hotel connected to msp to the uh mall radisson Oh, uh, see, that's why I liked. See, that's another thing. There's also the Inter- Monster Channel podcast. Um, that's why I liked Orlando because there's like a Hyatt right there. It's yeah. connected to the airport. Right. It basically is the airport. Well, I mean, they, they have a train. Oh, yeah. the so, like, there's the hotel. Like the hotel built guys, around the terminals. Guys, there is a hotel connected to the airport, the Intercontinental. Oh, right. That. that would make sense because of the name. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, uh, so the plan was to do that and I would just stay at my sister's house and hang out and all that, but for multiple reasons, I was like, you know what? I just like, don't even really want to do that because it's like, if my sister wasn't keen on me staying at her house, I'd stay at home and there's no internet at home at my mom's place right now. Like she doesn't have Wi-Fi there. So I'm like, I would never be in the house. So... It's, like, no different than... Oh, I'll tell you right. you wouldn't have been able to go outside either. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to go outside. There's no internet in the house. You would have gotten diehard, too. Yeah, we're stuck in the air. It would have been easier to just, like, hang and stay here where it's 60 degrees every day and nice, and I can go and do whatever I want. Well, I'm so sorry you got one of the many, many sad travel stories of this winter, and yet you didn't watch Die Hard 2. I... Yeah. That's a movie to watch on a plane to freak people out. It's <laughs> a movie you watch when you're stuck at the airport, yeah. That's true. And freak people out. <laughs> and you, know what I, you know what movie I've kind of started to watch when I get stuck at the airport that I like a lot, though? Oh, there it is. Terminal. I like the Terminal. I know yeah. it's cheesy as shit, but I like it. I like I like Tom Hanks going around collecting carts to make it a, get a walk. It is cute. I like that movie. I, I do like that movie. It's it's fun. But yeah, I, I kind of just hung out at home and watched TV and movies and shit, basically. I mean, I watched so much shit, dude. Like, I I couldn't even tell you what I watched anymore. Like, I probably will turn on my Netflix and see a bunch of shit that I didn't even realize that I wanted to watch. and that I watched. Oh, I also watched Strange World. I, oh well, there you go, there you go. I haven't, I don't know anyone who has seen that. Oh my god, that it. came out, didn't it? Yes, yeah, it's a world where shit comes out and we won't know about it anymore. You have to look for the things. The uh, new Pixar Strange World. Not only did it come out in theaters, it came out on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus right now. What is it? What is it about? That's Strange World. It's about World. a family that goes to the center of the earth. Oh. But it looks so good. Yeah. What? 
Because Avatar took the front seat, and I just was like, ah. Oh, I'm so, I thought you weren't. I thought you were saying you don't want to watch it. Uh, no, it's just like I just was like, ah. Oh, well, no, I mean, Disney yes put out Avatar because they don't put out Pixar in theaters anymore. They yeah, put out Disney and God, God forbid. Yeah, God forbid they shut Pixar in the back burner for sure. Like, yeah. Of course, you didn't know about it. Well, also, really? Strange World isn't even Pixar. What oh, for the love of God, of course it's not. It's just Disney animation? Yeah. That's even worse. It, well, it got the theater release. just also came out on Disney+. Plus. That's even worse. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, that's interesting. Um, who want to go next? I can go next. I have my list ready. All righty. Anime. I'm sorry. So, I'll just go down the list here, and I'll make, and I'll make it quick to my main one. Which, uh, I don't know, never mind. So... This was, of course, over the holiday break, so really didn't catch most of it. And I forgot to mention this last time we recorded. Um, I saw uh, my dad was just watching movies one time, and uh, he uh, just decided to pop on uh, Star Trek First Contact. So uh-huh. I, I, I kind of watched most of that. It's a good one. Well, it's not good, but it's solid. I liked it. I liked, I liked, I liked what I saw. I missed, like, the first half hour. I sometimes get that con- confused with Nemesis, mm. but I believe... Not the one where uh, Picard becomes a Borg. That is Nemesis, yes. Yeah. Okay, then yeah. The one first after Con- that. First Contact is after that? Yeah, First Contact's after that. I love Generations. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I was I watched Generations in the theaters, and I was like, I'm in, and then did not watch the next one. Andor has opened me up to so many like different... Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, really awesome, dude. So, uh, that, that's what I was thinking. Would it was like, Andor did this, Andor did would this. Would you be interested in watching Star Trek as a franchise then? Yeah, we could put it on a bit. Dude, it's like a lot of fucking movies. It's 11. Hey, there's, it's more than 11, it's 15. So I was going to say, there's the old ones and the new ones. The old ones, it's it's literally three different casts. Yeah. Because um, there's the original, there's the original series cast. It, because it goes odds are bad and evens are good. So yeah. That's good. That's so, good. So, so you know what to expect. The, the original cast six movies, then there's three next generation movies. Four, I think. Four. And, five. Then, and then there's five. Six. New, no, there's three. I think you're right. And then there's five new ones, right? No, no, three. three new three new ones. I think you're right. There are three next generation ones. It goes Genesis, First Contact, uh, Nemesis, and then. Yeah, the other, the original ones. Which so, either at six or seven. So I did like it. I thought it was fun. Like, the whole struggle with Picard and, like, him not wanting to surrender the Enterprise. That's all I need to know. Dude, <laughs> that, the Next Generation was a good fucking show. Mm. Next Generation is actually one of the best Star Trek shows. Also, Picard is very good. Sorry. Most of so them are you between Kirk and Picard, actually? What? Um, so I, uh, also, I finished uh, Sonic Frontiers. Okay. Um, I really, really a lot of fun. Really underrated game. Soundtrack kicks ass. Uh, boss fights are the best parts. Um, I went and saw Violent Night. Oh you did. damn! I wanted to watch that. It's still out there. It's okay. Oh. Really, it's okay. Okay. Like, it's diehard, but it didn't use the. It, it had a lot of momentum. It's diehard with it just stopped. And then it took a while to pick back up. Because you know, like in Die Hard, where... I'll make this quick. You know how, like in Die Hard, where they have the moments where, like, uh, 
where Bruce, where Bruce Willis and the the cop talk to each other. Yeah. Way too much of that in this movie. Mm. Between uh, Santa and a kid, I'm assuming. Yes. Ooh. Like, there's too much of that. It's all backstory. There's no, they're not really doing anything as they're talking. Interesting. Like, I was running into that problem. It's like, please do something. Like, anything. Like, do things. Activity. Stimulate. Um, <laughs> yes, but it's uh, essentially it's Die Hard with Santa, and I would know that because I saw also saw Die Hard um, with a group of guys, as you do. Uh, a couple of guys being dudes. It's Die Hard. What do you want me to say? Die Hard on Christmas. I'll die Hard. It was Die Hard Christmas week. Well, consider you had never seen it before we watched it on this show on Christmas. In yeah. fact, you didn't even watch it on Christmas last. Half time. the people I saw it with had never seen it before, and, and they all liked it. I. Th- I find it very interesting. I was pushed so hard for him to watch it on Christmas Day last time. And then he watched it and he's like, I really liked it. Glad you did it this time. And yeah. I'm glad you watched it with people who hadn't seen it. Yeah. Well, did you watch the second one after? No. Mm. We only had so much time. Well, not together. I mean, just on your own. Well, no. Chris, this year would have been a good one. Saw Avatar. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I went and saw a movie that I had actually been wanting to see. And then I finally got the chance to see it on Five Dollar Tuesday. This is my main one. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Oh, Lord. So hold, hold, hold on, Chris. Hold on. Before you get too deep into that, I, I do have one thing. I, I'm sorry, Alex. I need to make this tangent. Before you get too deep into the Puss in Boots. <laughs> yeah, before you get too deep in Puss in Boots. Chris, this is my first time. Chris, Chris, this is really brief, but I really need to know your opinions on this. Because Alex kind of mentioned it, but I need to hear it from the horse's mouth. On okay. This. I'm a horse now. How much did you love Troll Hunter? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I liked it. Did you? Yeah, I liked it. I, I'm happy. Bees all around, really. What? You get bees all around. I think like B, B, B plus, I think. B plus, yeah. B plus, yeah. It was fun, right? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Okay. Can I go on? Can I, can I continue now? Sorry. Thank you. Uh, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. Mm-hmm. How do you like the first one? First one I really did like. I thought it was really like underrated. Of course, it, people dig it. Uh, it got, but it, it like it got buried by Rango. That's what happened. And Kung Fu Panda too. Came out the same I, year. I can't. I have never seen Rango. I can't wait to watch it. And I feel like when I do, I'm gonna just be defending it so much because you you there's so much history around what Rango has beaten for the things that you like, but yeah. you've also never seen it. And yeah. I'm, I can't wait for you to see it and be like, damn it, it's good. Because right. I feel like you're gonna. No, I'm fully expecting that. Like, I've, I've seen Rango. I love Rango. So. Um, Rango. So, so Puss in Boots one you enjoy. Yes. Puss in Boots two I've heard good things. Loved it. Mm. Loved it. Mm. Loved it. Mm. So I was like pleasantly surprised by Avatar. Shocked by Puss in Boots. Like I was like, oh, oh, like I thought it was just gonna be like, oh, it's just another cash grab. They're trying to workshop like a Shrek. Re-entry into the no, cinemas. I, I felt like if they were gonna make a Puss in Boots two, it's because they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, but like these in that universe, that would be like the door. Mm. It'd be like that back door into that, you know. But uh, no, it's good. Damn, all right. Not Top good. animated Oscar contender. I think it's, it's that gonna good. be a tough fucking year, man. It's 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 a bloodbath, and DreamWorks just threw a really big haymaker in. Well, I feel like they saved it for the end of the year for that reason. Yeah. Um. It really just like it just hit me in all the right places. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, um, I was worried because it was a Tuesday. Like, there were actually, like, a few, it was, like, after holidays, like, there were, like, kids are on holiday break. So, like, I was worried, like, kids better not ruin this. And apparently, like, the closest thing that ruined it was, like, it was, like, a grandma having a nosebleed. Like, kids, two seats over. kids better not ruin this fucking kid. No, because, like, they're so loud. Like, there were two kids, like, next to me. <laughs> they were so loud. <laughs> glasses and my notebook ready to take notes and I was like they better not sh- with their shenanigans. No, it's like these kids better shut the fuck up. This what movie time you, what time did you go? Uh evening. Okay. This movie really channeled the first Shrek movie in a lot of ways actually. Okay. It channeled that energy that made the first Shrek movie good. It's bitter taste against the Disney Corporation? No. Okay. No, just it's really like edgy humor. Mmm. Well at least it was to me. But um I really, like, I enjoyed the, it looks so, it took, you could tell it took a few pages from Spider-Verse, actually. Yes, yes, absolutely. Also, in the trailer, for sure. Peter, you'll yeah. appreciate this specifically. It never wastes a single frame. Good. It filled, every single frame is filled and used. And, like, that felt so, it really, it was colorful and just stylistic in so many ways. Had a very, very interesting story, uh, at least to me, a very interesting narrative. And, like, the character, like, guys, I could gush about this for, like, so long. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, I was just sitting there, like, just walk, like watching it. And, like, it just, like, again, it just hit me in all the right places. And, like, right in the boots. Right in the boots. Right in the boots. Right in the boots. Um, it was uh, <laughs> like a lot of the it was it was ooh, it just had such a nice like heart to it you know and yeah I'm hoping like animated movies like um I hope they take the right lessons from Spider-Verse. I think Spider-Verse changed a lot of things mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. Like, visually, this movie does take a few pages from uh, Spider-Verse for the, for the better. Um, and it tells its own story. And, um, yeah, I, d- I, did, uh, I did enjoy it. Um, there was, the, there was the, uh, the little dog character. Uh, that was probably, he was probably the funniest part of the movie. Um, just like him and his like uptight or like his, his upbeat personality after having so much trauma like happened to him then just being like taking being thrown into a lake uh in a sock like as a practical joke oh it's just so it's so like oh my god <laughs> like they actually have, like it's so it's so funny cute um, and then he wears the sock as a sweater. It's so, wow, oh God. he wears his trauma with, yeah. like, uh, with pride. Yeah. He's transformed his trauma into an. The uh, thing is, he doesn't really, form. he doesn't really act like he knows it's trauma. I'll have to watch it. Again. I really want to see it again. I really need to see it again. So, no, but I like that. It's a sense of naivete. Yeah. Not necessarily a willful disillusionment. Right. A purposeful disillusionment. Yeah. Um. But he had a like, yeah. <coughs> He's like that really good 
he was like that really good, like really solid friend, like the extroverted friend that we all know that like always like pretty much always knows when you're like when you need to like talk things out or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I really oh guys, please go see it. <laughs> Once all that Avatar stuff like oh, I'm sorry, you're asking us to go see something? Wow. Yes. Mm. Um <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've heard good things, and yes, the, the Spider-Verse in the trailer looks really great. And I do like the first person boots. I well, the moment I heard this one was coming out, I was like, they're not gonna make this unless they really want to make it. Yeah. So I'm excited. So yeah, that's but in terms of like, also you mentioned the Oscar race, there's like this, there's Strange World, there's Turning Red, there's the st- the stop motion Pinocchio, there's Mad God. Uh it's a tough fucking year, man. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bloodbath. It's gonna be me. It's gonna be a bloodbath. I don't know why that got me so much. <laughs> I also uh, want to point out I don't think this movie qualifies for this coming year's Oscars. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Anything, but yes, uh, January. If it came out on Christmas, which it did, it counts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, the other thing to consider, Chris, is that this is going to be up against Lightyear. Lightyear is oh, the, the, not have a chance. Okay, look, Lightyear looks... We're talking about movies like, that Disney might choose to put up as a contender, maybe, but no, as a, I can tell you right now, other movies will beat Lightyear. This is... The, it's going to be a bloodbath. Also, Minions. And with a whole bunch of other things. I think Minions makes it this year. Uh, is a non-zero chance they might put Chip and Dale up? Probably not because there's too much live action. Yeah, they're going to Lego movie that one. Yeah. Anyway, but what I'm trying to say is, like, it's going to be a bloodbath of a year for yeah. Best Animated Feature. Yeah. This, but Puss in Boots is, like, the strongest offering that DreamWorks has had in years. God, Henry Selleck put out a stop-motion movie for Christ. Years. Yeah, it's going on against Pinocchio. Like you said, Pinocchio, Mad God. Hard stuff. Hard stuff. I mean, didn't well, didn't DreamWorks do Bad Guys? Apparently, a lot of people liked that too. That the Puss in Boots was a hundred times better. A hundred times better. Interesting. It was a hundred times better than Lightyear. They they put that out on Christmas because it's the Oscar contender without a doubt. Yeah. They're putting it out here now because that's when you put out Oscar. See, I like Lightyear for the space movie that it is, but Puss in Boots is one hundred times the movie that Lightyear is like mm. oh you go and watch it and then i want receipts yeah you haven't even watched it i want receipts Zach. disagree receipts i just don't yeah your, your opinion receipts as we all keep our opinion like oh it's not gonna be as good as light year no i'm not saying it's gonna be as good as light year i just i don't know if i would say it's the best animated film of the year that's have what you I'm watched saying. it you gotta see it man what's I, based on what I gotta, I'm, I gotta see the other one. No, Just, but Zach, you haven't watched it. I, Listen, hear him out, hear him out, hear him out. I said, based on what I've seen in the trailers, it doesn't look that good, though. How much did you like Spider Verse? I liked Spider Verse. Therein lies the problem. Interesting. Okay. But it like, to be an anime. 
Agree to disagree. I think Puss in Boots. No, it's, it's an anime. I don't think any anime is going to make it up this year, even though I think like two or three of them deserve it. But that's a whole different argument. Like, um, no, I mean, like, I genuinely think the five this year are probably going to be Pinocchio, Light Years, Turning Red, Bad Guys, and probably Minions. I don't think Bad Guys or Minions are going up there. I think Minions is going up there. I, th- I think yeah, that Henry Selleck one has a great chance of getting on there. Uh, Pinocchio is getting on there. Puss in Boots is getting on there. A Pixar has to get on there and it has to be turning red. Um, that leaves one more spot. You got to remember the, the the people we're talking about are doing. This. It's old people who look at their kids and say, what movie did you like this year? They're not who, gonna produced say, Minion? who produced Minions? Illumination. Illumination. I don't think Minions is getting in there. Why? Because of the year, man. I'm just saying I don't think so. That's my bet. I bet you five bucks. I'll bet you. M- I bet you a dinner. Next time you're in town, I'll we can hang out. That. I bet yeah. you. You know what? Screw it. I'll take you up on that. Okay. White Castle. It I'll is. take you I'll up. Through in fact, I in fact, Alex, I am so certain of this. I'm gonna make a second bet. I'll bet you uh-huh. double or nothing on the dinner, whether I lose or not, that Mario makes it on next year. You have to suck my dick. That next Mario, year? That Mario makes it next year? Yep. I'll take that bet, dude, just because that's a huge that's a huge gamble a year from now. I don't well, know you don't want to take the bet because you know he's right. Yep. I, I don't know what's coming up next year. And I, you know what? If Mario's good, I'm glad. Alex, I'm telling you this right now. The Oscars are so fucking rigged that it's always going to be Disney and Illumination plus, like, two other things that are good. I'm telling you. It's gonna always be two Disney movies, Illumination, movies. I'm telling you, Puss in Boots is gonna not gonna make it out because there's other things. That oh my watch. God! You well, okay, so you're not only saying that you think that Minions is gonna be nominated for an Oscar, you don't think Puss in Boots is gonna be nominated for an Oscar? Agreed. Okay, yep. that's a oh, you you you're in for it. You're so in for it. Okay, I'm gonna light you off. Do you want to bet a dinner for that for both of those part of the deal, or do you just want to bet the minions one? Because I because it's two different bets or it's one bet together. What do you want? I'll do one bet together. That's fine. Whatever works. One bet together that both minions gets on and Puss in Boots doesn't. What are the Oscar nominations happen? Oh my God! Back. You are fucking. I am so certain. I will tell you what the five nominations will be for. Oscar. You can. You can. Look, we all have guesses of what the nominations will be. I just gave mine a little bit ago. But that is the bet that Minions will make it as an Oscar for contender for 2023, and that Puss in Boots will not. That is what you're saying, and that's the bet for a dinner. Sure. Yeah. I will we'll bet it's okay. Really so good. the nominations, the nominations will be announced on January twenty fourth. Yeah. January twenty fourth. So that is literally twenty three days. Twenty three days. Yeah. So okay. three weeks. As of the time. Three weeks. Okay. So uh, Peter. What? What did you watch? Oh. Um. A couple. A couple shows. I I think I started Edge Runner. It's an anime on. On Netflix. Cyber, cyberpunk? Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, a little bit. It was pretty cool looking. Yeah, I, it's, I it's pretty too. cool looking. I'm a couple episodes in, and it, I'm at a lull right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, the last couple episodes have just been a lull. And I don't know if it's uh, the... The trailer is really cool because it basically is, like, a collage of all the moving elements in this animation. Mm-hmm in the trailer like it's just a montage of all the things that are moving but then the show has a lot of just like completely still frames like 
Attack on Titan style, just nothing's moving. Hmm. Nothing. The background's not moving. Characters are just standing there. And I feel like I've, I'm listening to like a, an illustrated um, comic comic or something. Yeah. And like, eh, you know, the, the, the art style is awesome. Okay. Don't, don't get me wrong here. Art style is awesome. So it's still cool to look at, but as an animation, half of it isn't. Mm. And that it's a bit disappointing for me. And I have, I have this problem with anime frequently where it just, it just feels like they cut corners sometimes, not all the time, just sometimes when, you know, you, you have a frame where, um, the main character is in trouble and, there's a bigger character that's holding him upside down by one leg and they have an argument for two minutes and nothing moves. Not even the guy who's hanging upside down. Like you could have had, you could have some movement where when the bigger guy talks, he starts to move his arm around because he talks with his hands or something that anything, anything moving. No, it's just their mouths opening and shutting for two minutes straight. And then as when the argument finishes, that then he drops him. You're just waiting for just anything to happen. And it completely destroys the physical joke that happens in the end when the bad guy drops him. Uh. If the camera maybe went back and forth between the main guy and the guy who was holding him, like up close shots to break it up, to like make it seem Some like close -ups are just tough. anything. It's just a wide shot, yeah. no cuts or anything. Well, maybe maybe once or twice, but it's not enough to to save. Yeah. The, the, and the first couple episodes are pretty good, and I didn't notice this problem, but I think the more I watch it, the more I'm noticing the lack of movement. That's good. That means you're getting better. And yeah, it's so far right now. I'm halfway through it. I'm I'm gonna give it a chance. I'm gonna finish the series, but right now, right now, I am disappointed. Mm. But I'm only a third of the way in, I think. So mm -hmm. there's, I have high hopes, high hopes. <laughs> it'll just start moving again. I don't know if that'll happen or not. Um, that, that's been like the main one I watched over the garden wall with, uh, Alex. Ah. I'm sure maybe he'll talk about it. Um, and then the, uh, so many things. The other, the other one was Pinocchio, another anime. Oh. Um, not the shitty Disney one. Somebody's got to watch that. I'm one of us has to watch that. But I can't wait to watch it. I, okay, so I, I won't spoil anything. Um, animation is amazing. They, uh, Del Toro, what, what he wanted in this stop motion was it to look like stop motion. So, like, he wanted the imperfections just like uh, Wes Anderson um, does. So mm -hmm. that, you know, that's refreshing, too, because a lot of stop motions tend to streamline things and make things look more real, which is fine. I mean, it's just a different style, but it's, it's just refreshing right now in, right. in this era that we're in for everything to look streamlined and sleek and perfect and real uh and the other thing was he he treated it 
this isn't the first time this has happened, but he treated it like a live action where he he wanted imperfections from the characters, not just like the style of animating, but like he wanted, you know, instead of Pinocchio just getting up and walking to the door, he trips a little bit. It's just like real life shit that like maybe you flub your words a little bit, like we do all the time. When do you, when the fuck do you see that in a movie? I'm tired. Like that, that that shit never happens. It's just these these little things that would happen in real life. You know, you you go to grab something, you accidentally bump the thing that's in front of you because you don't notice it, and then you have to react to that thing and like you know grab it before it falls on the ground. It's just these little things that it's so crazy. He got these animators to do and to think of. It just shows how good these animators are and how how much they understand movement in life it's next level shit mm. and they um they he wanted a lot of reaction shots which is the more that i thought of it haven't seen a whole lot of in it's stop motion specifically but kind of animation as a whole but definitely stop motion where someone is talking and it's just on the person who's talking because you know it's just natural mm-hmm. and when you're filming you tend to splice those two shots together you have someone that's talking and then you have someone who's reacting mm-hmm. but with stop motion you tend to just leave it on the person who's talking mm-hmm. for some reason i don't know why it just felt natural i guess but he was very adamant on no show the person reacting and then don't cut show them thinking what does it look like when someone is thinking? This guy went fucking abstract, and these animators had the time of their life just diving so deep into these characters. Mm. You know, it's it's not just physical comedy. I mean, these characters, they're animating the eyes, they're animating the mouth, they're, they're micro-movements to the point where it just, it, you can just tell that these characters are thinking. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how else to describe it. You got to watch it. It's beautiful Mm. and the story itself is very refreshing it's more um related to the roots of pinocchio's story than it is the disneyified um crap that we've experienced countless and countless times and of course he also has his own taste of creatures and um life in this movie so the you know, the um, fairy, as we know, the fairy that grants, you know, life on Pinocchio, it's actually like the spirit of life, like life as a thing. Life is a thing. It's like life and death. They are sisters. And it kind of looks like a fairy, but I mean, we I think we've all seen the trailer. It's yeah, it's this ethereal, you know, like biblically accurate angel with like eyes on its wings and it's all blue and it doesn't even have legs it's just this like tail like serpent tail and like she's gorgeous she's got like horns and it's it's just a it's refreshing on many on many levels you know if you're gonna bring up a wooden object to life i don't think the thing that's turning it alive is gonna look like a human being i think it's gonna look a little bit different just Naturally, it's not going <laughs> to, not everything is going to look like a human being. Why, why would it? 
when you think about it. Why would ever? Why, why would all of these ethereal beings look exactly like us? It's just refreshing and for our mental stability. Right. And when you go back to when the Bible was, uh, you know, Christian, probably other ones when mm-hmm. they were made was angels looked so terrifying because you right, had yeah. to believe I'm not even religious, but I just, I, I like the way that these stories work is there's layers to it. And that's why demons and, um, you know, lustful things, things that you shouldn't be thinking, look human. They want to bring you in. They want you to do these things, but angels, angels and these ethereal good creatures look the way they do because they honestly force you to believe and look past the fact that they look so terrifying. So you truly understand what faith is. Also, and then, and then it got muddy and it flipped around and the angels are like babies and shit. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like, ah, well, I know cherubs are a little bit different than angels, but yes, they did change angels to demons to make it easier for people. Oh, mm-hmm. that thing. The, um, the, other thing, the other thing is that in in a lot of that like the angels are described as completely incomprehensible which right like humans can't comprehend them so the idea is that they look so alien and so strange yeah abstract yeah i can't describe it i can't describe what kind of creature this is but it's an angel of crafting yeah yeah well honestly if you hear some of the descriptions like six faces nine wings one of the faces is a lion like it's, it is it's fucking crazy. Lovecraft shit, dude. Like it's, like it's like Lovecraft's Lovecraft. Like it's, it's before all the, all of Lovecraft. We took a, we took a lot of shit from the Bible. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so it's they they took inspiration for that too, and and just like what you can't describe. Yeah. It? Can't, can't. People have tried to recreate what like a biblically accurate original biblically accurate angel would look like. Yeah. I mean they're they're breathtaking and they're terrifying at the same time. I mean yeah. it's just. It, they're crazy looking. But that is very interesting. They went that route for this film. Yeah, I, I, it was just his style because he always goes abstract. He always has he likes like monsters. He yeah, he, al- monsters. he always has monsters in his movies and Pan's, Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth and Hellboy. They both had like they're very eye heavy. All the way back to Devil's Backbone. They're very eye heavy. Eyes in places that eyes shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he took. You know, if that's actually rooted in biblically accurate angels and how their eyeball, it's like a mass of eyes. Even on the wings, there's eyeballs all I, going in different directions. It's, it's said that in a lot of uh, films and a lot of visual imagery uh, or media, you want eyes to be in the positions they are so that humans relate to the characters easier through that visual medium. And he understands that if I just move them a little bit or put it from here to there or go really extreme with it, it's going to be harder for the audience to have to empathize with this character that I so much love. Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing. He loves monsters. Mm -hmm. They are his friends. And what's what is. Oh, my God. It it blew my mind. And I just imagine the amount of work that went into it. The eyes that are on the wings of both death and life Mm. are animated and they're expressing the emotion that the character is giving. And yes, you you know, for two eyes, you can achieve that. Like what I was saying earlier, how they somehow managed to show like a puppet thinking. Like what, what the fuck does that mean? Like what kind of brainstorming session was that? And then they went above that 
and animated like a plethora of eyeballs my to only, express <laughs> the emotion that the character is thinking in that moment. My only frame of reference is Kubo and Two Strings, where it took him like five years to just animate the whole Dude. thing. Dude, oh it was God. like one and a half like seconds per day mm-hmm. they shot. And yeah, so when you're describing this, I'm like, it had to have taken them longer to do that. And there's 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 a lot of things I want to talk about, but I'm not gonna spoil it. Um. Amazingly, they have the behind the scenes and uh, just like kind of the documentary style of how it came to be, not just how it was made, but how like all of this was uh, created from the very beginning of just it being a thought and like took them 15 fucking years or something just to get this thing rolling. And the message that Del Toro wants, it's you can watch it immediately after the movie. Netflix just recommends it. And I, like Cecily and I watched it, the movie, yeah. and then, you know, the the behind this is like 30 minutes or 40 minutes, maybe it's an hour, I can't remember. But then that popped up and I was like, um, yes, immediately after, thank you. You're pretty cool. I, I like, um, you know, sometimes. Good to know, I'm gonna need that letter. Sometimes, um, you know, Netflix can come in clutch. Sometimes. Sometimes. Something. And then it recommends you Bebop, and then you. Well, I'm assuming they. I'm assuming they produce the documentary too. Yeah, yeah. They, which, which I think is awesome because then yeah. you can like immediately see into the eyes of the creator. Yeah. It's God, it was so cool. And like, um, Jiminy Cricket wasn't as prominent of a character until um, McGregor came on, and Del Toro was like, mm. Well, yeah, he dies immediately in the short story. Yeah, and Del Toro. He's crushed with a hammer immediately. What's so funny is he keeps coming back. So he he really is like a cartoon, and his reactions to like all these things that are happening are are fucking priceless. Mm-hmm. These anim these animators are just, I mean, he got the fucking tops of the top for this movie. Beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Pinocchio. Nice. Alex. All right. Okay. Let's get this going. Okay. All right. Um. Well. I guess to start this off, I'll get through all of my honorable mentions as best as I can. Um, I watched the 1940 Pinocchio. Um, I also watched a documentary about how that was made. Uh, gorgeous. The thing's a masterpiece. Uh, it's it's a fucking step up in animation. It's probably the best animated Disney movie, period. Pinocchio's fucking amazing. Um, uh, and we're, I'm going to have to watch the shitty Zemeckis one, and I'm going to have to watch the one he's talking about. I'll probably watch the one that was directed by the director of one Tonight. Of, one of us has to watch the Zemeckis one. I ha- well, we're, him and I will have yeah. to watch it for the Buttercast. Yep. And then I'm pro- the director of tonight, Steve yeah. Barron, also directed the Jonathan Taylor Thomas puppet one from 1996. So I'll also watch that too. Um, I watched uh, His Girl Friday a lot also for the podcast. Fucking love that movie. And then his girl was hustling. Uh, no, his girl, somebody else's girl, is Friday. And uh, uh, Tony Stark? Nope, you're just guessing now. Okay. Uh, and so. I also watched, um, let's go to the phone. Um, okay, so I watched The Thin Man for the first time. That was really, really good. There's like four other ones after that I can't wait to get to. Um, for Christmas, I watched Four Christmases with my family. That's Vince Vaughn. That's a lot of Christmases. Wrist Witherspoon. Um, they really liked it, and I Not thought it was okay, but it's. I think that movie was made during the writer's strike, so I feel like there's that movie mm. was like probably smashed together in, on a soundstage somewhere. That's what I feel like. Wow. Um, I watched a lot of Muppet stuff for Christmas. I watched about every single Muppet special that there was for Christmas, uh, including mm. the Muppet Christmas Carol, which is important because 
Brian Henson and Jim Henson made the Muppets for the movie tonight. They made the machines for those. Um, this is, in fact, the last movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that Jim Henson ever worked on. And it came out two weeks after he died. So, oh, wow. or uh, yeah, two months or two weeks. Um, it's one of the two movies that are dedicated to him, the other one being Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, uh, Otter's Jugman Christmas, my favorite was Muppet Family Christmas, where every single Jim Henson character that's ever been made by him, Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock, everything all in one house in one special. And it was amazing. Chris, where are you? Chris? Fraggle Rock. Oh, thank you, Peter. I know where Peter is. I don't yeah, well, he back. can't snap. He I can't can just yeah, clap. Yeah. yeah like I have that. to say down at Fraggle Rock. Thank you. So um, I watched Over the Garden Wall. It's Cecily's, uh, one of Cecily's favorite shows. Uh, I also got her the vinyl for Christmas, and I got them a record player, too, because the music was good. Um, I really liked it. It reminded me a lot of um, <clears throat> Grim Adventures, um, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Adventure Time, um, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. That's and, a callback. And structurally, narratively, it reminded me of Swiss Army Man. Um, oh wow. Uh, and also like Orpheus and a few and like Dante's Infernals, Inferno stories of people going down to hell. Infernals. Uh, Dante's Infernals. <laughs> the Infernals. Uh, Dante's Infernals. This is the sequel. Um, I can't wait for uh, the the Infernals. The Infernals. <laughs> Oh my with his best friend anymore. He just is like, I'm, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I'm done. And uh, Colin Farrell's like, what? And he's like, I just don't want to be your friend anymore. And that's the movie. Uh, and it escalates and um, really escalates. And uh, I really loved it. I really loved it. By the end, it just really... There's a lot of things I wish that I could talk about that I can't really because it kind of spoils, but eventually happens on an emotional, like, thematic level, which is mostly what the movie is. It's about these characters and how they feel and what they go through. But I really loved it. As somebody who tolerates a lot of things about people, as somebody who uh, uh, tries very hard to just let things go and just that being nice in a lot of situations feels like it's the best way out of them more than anything, I found this movie very funny. And very interesting in how it just kind of plays with that and the opposite of that idea. Mm. So um, I think Peter's really going to love it, uh, particularly what we were talking about today with your job. But um, I, I would love for you to see it one day, Chris, with the other movie that the writer-director and those two actors did called In Bruges. Uh, those two movies together are very, very interesting. Because if you watch In Bruges, and you know how In Bruges ends? Yeah. Yeah, well, imagine watching that movie – 
And then at the very end, when all that happens, the next movie starts and Brandon Gleason's like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. <laughs> like, it's almost like they saw the movie and they know it's, I thought that was very funny, but. It's a spirit, what is it, what is it called? Spiritual. Spirited, spiritual yeah. sequel. Yeah. But uh, Banshees actually takes place in 1920, um, or in the 1920s in Ireland on an island. So it's very isolating um, for a lot of those people, but beautiful shots of Ireland. Um, anyway, uh, that's the new thing I watched. It's going to be a big Oscar contender. Um, but the thing I'd love to... What does he say? All right. He's going to go potty. He's going to go potty. Um, okay, so this is the thing I want to talk about. Um, I'm pretty... Uh, when I mentioned some of what yeah, this great. was to Peter... Okay. Uh, when I mentioned this was to Peter, he knew what it was uh, immediately because of something that you guys both have a connection with. So I'm interested to see when I get to the point of what this is that you know what it is. Okay. Okay, so it starts out... Close your eyes. Uh, it starts out with this guy. Open your mouth. Really... <laughs> <laughs> he did it! He did it, folks! He did it! Like a good little boy! Like a good boy! <laughs> you make a good star, baby! Imagine if you will. There's a guy. He he lives across the street. Got it. There's this guy. Lives across the street from the girl he likes. Mm-hmm. He's been chasing her for about two years. And she's been like, she likes him, but she's been making him really, really, really work for it. And um, she makes like these kind of small little miniature art things. He just kind of, you know, lives his life, does his own thing. Um, and then she also works for this boss that kind of, that has a thing for her too. Actually, he's really extreme <laughs> about how much of a thing he has for her. So this guy, uh, the guy that loves her really works hard, mm-hmm. finally convinces her. This is like a, about like half an hour, hour, uh, hour movie. Um, okay. finally he wins her over, mm-hmm. inspires her to make art. He's like, I love you. Or, or he's like, uh, wait, he's like, meet me downstairs. And she's like, I'll meet you downstairs. You finally won me over. I love you. Mm-hmm. I want to show you what I made that represents the love that we have. And she gets her things together and she's running downstairs. In that exact moment, her boss has hired goons to drive down the street and pick him up and kidnap him. He then takes him out into the middle of a like disgusting, grody construction place. He then takes his shoe and his socks off. He takes his foot and he crushes the throat of the man. He kills him so he can feel his death between his feet. Kills him dead, crushes his throat. The man's laying there and the guy drives away. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) his spirit starts to come up. And he starts to reincarnate into a fly. (gasps) Yeah! (laughs) Corridor! Wow! Really? You watched The Fly? It's called Ega. Ega, sorry. It is, the rest of the movie is, yes, him, the first thing he says before he kills him, he goes, 
what do you, why, why are you kidnapping me? He goes, I want your girl. And he's like, I will kill you. And then the band throws him on the ground and he crushes his throat. And what do you think his one main goal is as a fly in an Indian film? What have we learned from Indian films? The bad guy is gonna die. <laughs> so the, the rest of the film, he's like, I'm going to kill him as a fly. He makes his life a living hell. Yeah. He causes a car accident, Chris, so bad, it goes over, flips the car, it gets covered in dust, and the entire car is covered in dust. And then the fly flies into the car and writes on the windshield, I will kill you. <laughs> and this guy, not, only, not only that, but he tells the girl and she gets in on it and she starts making little tiny weapons for him. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's crafty it's, like that. And she's literally, he's like, I'm a fly. And she's like, oh, well, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to kill the dude that killed me. And she goes, can you make me a fly-sized nine millimeter Glock? Dude, it's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Guess who made it? The director of Triple R. <laughs> to see these movies. <laughs> you need to see these movies. Does it break into a musical number? No, or there are no musical numbers until the very, very end. Interesting. It's phenomenal. It is a crowd please. I literally watched it. They Someone videotaped a crowd watching it with the director this year, and it was phenomenal. Like, I wish I was there. It was amazing. It was so good. I was enthralled. And it takes... It makes you care about this romance so much that when he dies, you're like, whoa, what the fuck? And then when he, like, tosses, like, they <laughs> build it so well. Like, I literally, when they went to bed because they couldn't finish the movie, I was like, they killed him. And they were like, yeah. I'm like, no, he's alive. There's like, another no! hour left. And the death was so much better. Because, oh, God, it was so good. Oh my god. Yeah, we were we were like kinda half listening as we were like in bed and he's like, he's dead and we're like, yeah and he's not like no like to the walls. Please, please watch these movies. Watch them. Okay. This guy is really good. Like it started around this film that he really started making interesting shit. He has two other ones that I haven't seen. One is a big epic and then it has a sequel to it. They were the biggest films in India until he made Triple R. But like, if these two movies alone, like, fuck it. Dude, the guy's amazing. He just knows how to make you care. He just knows how to make you invested and then he can show you any ridiculous shit. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll propose you this, because I think I figured it out. I... And have, I have trouble sitting through, and this has been a problem since, like, we started the podcast. Like, the longer movies, I've struggled watching on my own because there's too many distractions around me. So what if I came over here and watched it with you? Like, we hung out as friends outside of the podcast? No, yes. fuck that. You watch it at home, bitch. Okay. I'm sorry. No, yes, you can come here. Uh, but, uh, look. I, it's a word season. Let me put it this way: This Chris, it's gonna be nominated for best picture. Has a very strong contender for best director. Triple R. And it nah, will, man. And no, it will minions. probably, it will probably <laughs> get nominated. <laughs> it will probably, it will most likely get nominated for best song. Um, what would it be? Would it be, would it be funny if Triple R did not get, did not get it? <laughs> the minions did actually get 
This all three be. things happen, dude. I'd, I'd be amazing, and I'd be very, very wrong, and I would stop making claims like this. And then I'd punch a hole in my wall. Sure, but I, I will say this: it has a better shot at best picture and best song, but it has a really good shot at best director. The reason I'm like when I, I watched Jenny, she had no idea what it was. She had her phone on for the first hour. She put it down the second, and she was going to go to bed, man. She was like, "I would watch this again immediately after finishing it." Like Triple R is captivating. I so I would be I would be intrigued if you like were uh, an hour into that movie and were like uh uh-uh. uh I would be intrigued if you were on your phone for the rest of Triple R like it's just so much fun but I get I get what you're saying long movies are what they are you're you've got a different, at home different times R is interesting so though, so. Chris. Oh, it's award season I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to that stuff Triple R Chris it's the only award movie I want you to see. Well, you don't think outside, outside of once. everything, everywhere, all at once. Because that, that's probably going to get nominated. That will probably get nominated for Best Picture, probably Best Director. Michelle Yeoh has the best chance for Best Actor and uh, Best Supporting Actor, for sure. Yeah. And Possible Actress yeah. for The Daughter. Okay. Those two movies are the best ones I want you to see. You will like Triple R. That's the one that's just more your soul. It's a blockbuster. It has action scenes where tigers rip off people's throats. Like, <laughs> come on. But, like, everything, everywhere, all at once is going to get you on an emotional level, I think, that uh, yeah. you are not prepared for. But Triple R is for you, dude. More than ever, I'm mentioned for everything, everywhere, all at once. Just those More two. Please, those two. I just want you to see those two. I just need a, for everything, everywhere, all at once, I just need a quiet day at home by myself. Which I'm, I'm barely I don't know why. Do. Watch that with other people. That fucking movie's a ride. It's I'm going to watch that with my brother. It's so, why? I, I don't know what your brother's like. Oh, he's all these not entirely. Is the, he the good, light, the light's is wrong, he no good with watching movies with at all? Well, then don't, I wouldn't watch a movie with him ever then. <laughs> Why did you even mention him in the first one? Your mom. Watch the movie with your mom, maybe. But maybe. like, it's not a it's not a quiet movie. She's barely home. She's working like seventy hours a week. Now. It's an it's a action movie. Like it's a it, either way, dude. These are movies that I'll you, figure out. I, I hype them up to the point that I feel like you don't want to watch them. That's fine. But the, the, I know the moment you no, watch them. No, it's me. I've been putting them on. I literally know the moment you watch these two movies, you're going to be like, wow, those are fucking great. You may not yeah. love them as much as us, but you're going to be like, shit, those were great. And I yeah. should have watched them. But, like, I don't know. I, it's probably me doing it, and that's fine. But, like, those movies are phenomenal. And they're my two favorite of the year. You're right. Okay. Wait, so that was it. I'm sorry. I, I, th- I thought well, that was, I was one more time. Yeah, mine was Ega, for sure. The Fly movie, are you kidding me? When I saw that on uh, Visual Effects Artist React, that whole end sequence, I was just like, it's, it's a fly. It's so fucking and good. And he freaking shot it with a small empty can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so well earned. You want, you, I was cheering, and I couldn't do it loud enough because they were asleep. Because they earn it. They earn it. Mm. I <laughs> anyway, um, and then I watched a lot of stuff involving the movie tonight. Okay, yeah, Edith, I'm telling you guys, this director's something special, and I can't believe it took me three films to get to him because four films to get to him because this is this is Tarantino, Nolan level stuff. This but is Alex, a guy that needs to be recognized for the rest of cinema. What about Sing Him Three? See, that has nothing but, but, compared to this. It also doesn't exist. <laughs> it, doesn't exist. it does. Shit. <laughs> we have to turn it into a series. We have so much on for this. Fuck no. no. I know. Fuck no. Fuck you. Fuck. 
Fuck no. Watch Fuck. Triple R no. everything all at once, stupid. Would make me watch more singles. Someone's got to talk about it. Come on. We Someone did. I told you I don't want to watch For too long, movies. we've talked about that movie. I told you I'm not watching those movies. I'm not. Never, <laughs> ever, 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 Those ever, are the Transformer ever. movies of, of India right now. Fuck and I'm off. not watching them. <laughs> <laughs> those are the Transformers of India. No, thank you. Please watch better movies. Actually, Prison Boots is pretty great. It's, it sounds like a great movie. Oh, it's so good. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's it. So guys. let's uh, let's take a break. Uh, God knows I need to. I've been needing to pee since we talked about Avatar, um, which is really funny. So let's take a break and then we will be right back. You just stop recording, Peter. Yeah, yeah, I know. I okay, you know how to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I press, press buttons before. Yeah. Okay. Pressing my buttons right now. All right, we'll be right back. Make a noise, guys. No, I said who. Who, who let the alpaca oh, in? I was going to say, why did you leave? Who let the alpaca in? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's ask the alpaca. Oh. Alpaca. <laughs> it's going downhill, guys. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it real quick. Let, let me try to try. Well, let's ask the Alpaca. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh God. Okay, wait a minute. What did you even call it the first time? Oh, it was the Alpaca. Alpaca. No, it was the Alpaca. Alpaca. What do you sound like? Well, I sound like I'm from Minnesota, you know. Because I'm from Minnesota. Hey, I'm Alpaca. And I'm Peter. I like to make beans. Why did you eat Zach's robot? Why didn't I? Because it was very starving. In fact, it said it, it was made of popcorn. It's true. What is the uh, the time frame of <laughs> the alpacas? That's my impression of a goat. <laughs> I did it just for you guys. I'm an alpaca. My name's Alpaca, and I hang out with animals. I do animal impressions. It's what I do. It's my thing. It's my thing. Hey, Chris. Chris, could you snap for me? I don't know. i got to turn my I head. I don't want to. It's really hard to find people and turning that's... around at it. Hold on one second. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, okay. Oh, You're avoiding the carpet. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, there you are. You're actively avoiding the carpet. Wow, you're black. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right. Oh, oh, here. Wait. Oh, I brought a friend with me. What'd you say? Huh? Oh. Really? Oh, okay, well, uh, one more thing? Oh, all right, and? Well, fuck you too. Uh, uh, that's not a very nice thing to say. Honestly, I think you're being very rude to this adorable sounding animal. Of course you think so, but you have no idea what he's saying. He's, he's of course, a supremacist. He's saying terrible what? things. Yes, he likes to, he, he suppresses humans. That's what he does. He's, he's a, a suppressist. He's a human suppressist. <laughs> and he just likes to he's look down at humans. He, he looks down at humans and he thinks his cuteness could get him away with it, but it's not it's not nice. I'm here, though, I'm here though to tell you right now that I'm alpaca and I am a really nice guy. Moo. That's my impression of a of a moo cow. 
That's what I do. I do impressions. Mm. Here's my impression of. Uh, here's my another impression. Oink 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 oink. That's my impression of you, Peter. Now shut up and let me do my impressions. Alpaca. Ta-da! That was my impression if I was a jerk. Alpaca. Yeah, alpaca. I do the weather sometimes. <laughs> Send help. Al's, Al, 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 oh, what's going on? What, what'd you do? Huh? Oh, he's just sending help. But go on. What? You're not getting the. You're not getting animal control, are you? Am I? Oh boy, look at the train there. I gotta get out of here. All right, I'm just gonna. I, oh, right out the window. All right. Uh, 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 you you said the window open like that? Yeah, why not? It's yeah, yeah. See, this apartment. It's in it's really in the high. inner city, but we do get a lot of alpacas. Yeah. Adorable sounding alpacas. I don't know what that guy's problem was. He yeah. was from Minnesota, you know. If you don't think that's lovely, then you know. Oh, well, don't you know? In the kitchen. Anyway, it's the same. So let's shift from alpacas to uh, turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles. That was a good transition. That was a good turtle transition. Did you see his head twitch? No. He does love turtles. Though. I do love turtles. Actually, you know what? God dang it! Now I just got the stroke. I love turtles. I love turtles. Oh, I man. That's my fault. I should have started with that. <laughs> I should have started with that. But you know what? I do love turtles. And in the meantime, that was good. I just re- you know, recently I played actually played that clip back. Mm. And it's. It's, I've never heard you laugh like that before. It just took me by surprise. That like kind this, of just shrieking. Yeah, and then you, there's laugh. the fact that you're from the bathroom, which left <laughs> we, we didn't see you, so it left so many things in the imagination. Oh, <laughs> it's even funnier. Exact same moment, yeah. <laughs> With my pants down, laughing. That's what made me laugh so hard. I was like, <laughs> sitting here naked, laughing at this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like Peter passing out. Yeah, then, like, then, then nobody noticed. And the because, moment. because like the the same takes me back to old times with people and when you do that you well at least for me i picture myself sometimes in the like clothes and position i'm wearing so as i was thinking about i was imagining sitting there with my pants down in the seat just like thinking about past memories it's like hey my pants are down i'm just laughing my whole thing (laughs) and i just was like the like i was hoping you guys would hear me but also like no, if you so get me, Peter's heard it. If you get me, I will laugh like a shrieking banshee for sure. Yeah. Like, like a banshee of Inishir. Like a banshee. So glad the microphones picked that up. So great. glad. Great. And the acoustics were just great in the room. Yeah. Very, very strong hardwood floors. Yeti Blue, not a sponsor. Yeah. The, the, we actually did the soundboard. The soundboard, not a sponsor. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, um. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1990. Yes. You may hit play, Peter. Okay. Hit and play on the movie. Three, two, one, play. Now. We'll tell you if there are commercials. There may be commercials for us. It says. Then we'll do an ad for imaginary. It says an hour and 33 minutes. Is that it? I don't know. Yeah. There might be commercials. It might not count that. Yeah, they may break. Yeah. Um. All right, so my first question. My first question. Okay, go ahead for a second. Who is Steve Barron? All right, well. Um, Baron? Baron. Baron. Okay, so I'd like. I don't know. It's. This is a the hard thing about this series because each film has a different filmmaker. Ooh. But it is one series. So we got to kind of talk about what the turtles are first before we get to Baron. So I wanted to ask you guys first, after you asked your question, and I'm going okay. to pause. Um, 
what do you got? How do you guys feel about the turtles? What's your What's your experience with the turtles in your life? Saturday morning, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, back like early. Yeah, no, not no. The 2D animated one from like the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s. <clears throat> um, what network was that? Uh, oh, Jesus. I think it's Nickelodeon because they bought them at a certain point. Well, I know, but like, oh god. Well, the, the Jordan French just did a video on these guys. The not 3D long, animation is definitely Nickelodeon, but yeah, 3D animation was Nickelodeon. I don't know if the other one was Nickelodeon would air it, but I don't know if they were the ones producing it. No, it would. I, I, I remember distinctly. I remember distinctly it was. Uh, it would air on Saturday mornings. It really didn't air at any other time for me, at least. I because Cartoon Network has never owned them. Well, wasn't there the time that no they had the that one 3D animated one on that's where they aired that on cable from 2012 on yes yeah I'm gonna I'm going to research it for a great podcast. So you material. so you watched you watched a 2D version and I'm pretty sure I know what which one it was but you watched a 2D version of it. Uh, every Saturday morning as a cartoon for you. Um, that's interesting. Peter, how about yourself? It's a bit more sporadic. I don't have like a defined, defined, you know, memory for it. It's, it's always been like a, 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 a soft, mm. a soft yeah. constant, you know, where it's, it's not prominent, but it's been consistent throughout my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely the 3D animated one that Nickelodeon produced. Right. Like, that one definitely. And then I... um, And then I obsessed over the original. Like, original comic black and white shit. Fonts. Loved, 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 loved the black and white comic. You know, like the OG. Oh, yeah. Like, the really, like, moody one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just, I love those, I just love those vibes, but I've always appreciated how they're, they're so malleable Mm -hmm. as, as a concept. You can make it more kid-friendly, you can make it more, like, noir, like, those comics and, like, more gritty and dark. Mm -hmm. It's, it just, it depends on who's telling the story. Right. Um. I, uh, I, I like the goofiness of them, you know, like when I was, when I was a wee lad, that's why I liked the 3D, um, animated ones so much, just cause I was, that's the one that I grew up with, that was the one I was actually airing at the time. Mm-hmm. I did watch the other ones, but I liked, I liked that one more because they, they were slightly different looking, and I always, I felt like they lacked, um, in, like, distinguished like the characters physically than mm-hmm. just like emotionally and like the way that they talked because they they're very different people but physically when it's a cookie cutter build it just kind of annoys me because i i tend to i well i prefer like the inside to sort of match the outside of course you know not everybody's going to be the same in and out physically i mean this is what reality is but when when you're distinguished from each other like especially their silhouettes you learn in school. Like if you're making even just two characters, you gotta distinguish them. C3PO and R2D2, mm-hmm. very distinguished silhouettes. If you just painted them all just one solid color, just black and white, you would be able to tell who is who. And I think that some some series like the cartoons lack that, so that's why I never like pursued those ones specifically. 
Um, but they definitely came around to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a hell of a lot more after I watched Rise. I think. Yeah, Rise, I was wondering Rise, about that. Rise is like that's that's my Ninja Turtles, and it took. <laughs> I mean, I'm 23 now. It took me up until now this year, as the time of this recording, to like to get there. Right. Um. So if the, if that didn't exist, I wouldn't be as passionate about the pro- property. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. Then right now. Okay. Um. Yeah, so it turns out that, it turns out Chris's show was on Fox Block. Yeah. Um, Fox. Fox. What is it? Fox. What? Fox Block. Fox Block. Yeah. Um. I it's sort of like Saturday Saturday morning cartoons. So yeah. Four kids too. Yeah. Then we were four kids. Yeah. Um. So. For me, this is a pretty big deal. I I grew up on the cartoon, the original 1987 cartoon. Oh. It lasted from 87 to 96, and that first season... quite the feat. Yeah. The first season is pretty... And it was popular before that even cartoon happened. Right, right. Um, it, the first season, first season is pretty damn good, and then it sort of loses quality over time. But the first season follows a lot of what the... Uh, comics original run was, which I find very interesting. But um, yeah, so when this when these first two movies came out, even the third one, um, they were for me. They were for my age, like perfectly so. Like actually, these these got the, the they as a property got big through comics, then through cartoons, um, and then later with uh, the movies. But the mm. third one did not do very well. The third movie, so. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, yeah, we will. So before we talk about Baron, we got to talk about what the turtles are and how they got started. So just as important as Baron, um, and even Jim Henson to this movie um, and his company, is the creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Um, they originally were comic book artists. They were in the business for quite a long time, and there was a point where things were just getting really dark and gritty because of, like, that Frank Miller Batman stuff, mm-hmm. and they were really, like, they really, as much as people loved Daredevil, they were just kind of like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> this shit is ridiculous. And uh, off of a, uh, just, they had a joke one night, they were like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, ah, they, but we took it seriously. <laughs> and they were like, it's such a stupid idea. Okay, we have to do it now. They just keep joking about it. They have to do it. And if you look at that first comic, which you can on YouTube pretty easily, that's mm-hmm. how I watch it, um, looks more like a sketch than anything else. A good chunk of it is pretty much just the origin of what they are. And even then, it's mostly just like, it looks like scribbles in a notebook. Mm-hmm. And it was a fucking hit. Because it was everything that the comic scene needed at the time. A joking idea taken seriously to prove that, like, all of this is ridiculous. A little, <laughs> a little daredevil connection to prove that it, like, has some merit to it, but, like... Mm-hmm. So, that was... I was it was, back to it something. started as a joke, is the yeah, point. Yeah, coming back to something, uh, I forgot to mention this about Violent Night. Like, as much as, like... This is off topic, I'm sorry, I'm just doing a little bit of a mm-hmm. track, but, like... It was actually me watching it. I finally had that realization that you had a while ago. <coughs> I'm glad we're, like... The movie's, like, really corny, and it really and it's really just, like, not really trying. It does a lot of telling, and I did not a lot of showing. It's not very good. It's, like, C-ish. But I'm, I'm appreciative of that 
we have these goofy premises again. Mm-hmm. After that long spell, like that post 9 11, everything has to be serious, you know. Then we went over to like John Wick and the Mad Max Fury Road, mm-hmm. and now we're having, they were slowly starting to like take things less seriously now. Yeah, there's a, there's a, something I think has happened uh, more popular since I think about 2014 on is taking high concepts seriously. Like, just taking Mad Max as an idea seriously in the 80s was great. Coming back and taking it just as seriously in 2015 yeah. was amazing. Like, at that, uh, there's a flippancy to the MCU that makes the sincerity of the DCU interesting. And sometimes off-base, sometimes perfect. So, it, it, the, the, it, yes, I agree. John Wick, a man whose dog gets murdered and kills a bunch of people is a silly idea. But you ground that into the grief of cancer. And it makes sense all of a sudden. Yeah. It's more human now. So, yes, taking high concept seriously has been fun. Um, so that's what they do. They make this joke thing, and it becomes a hit. And they're like, okay, well, we'll make some more because it's making them money. And then they immediately sell them as a toy idea. And then they immediately sell it as a cartoon. But when they sell it as a cartoon, they get, like, top cartoon makers, like the best, like one of the best cartoon makers of the time. Mm. and some of the best voices. So that first season is really, really fucking good. In fact, Toho made that first season. And that's why it has anime-level quality right. in the fights. That first season rules. Oh, that makes sense. It's so good. It's so good. Um, then uh, about... So this runs the train for a while. After a while, like you get the impression that Laird and Eastman have control over what it is, and they start to take some of the stories seriously in the comics, and they start to adapt those into the cartoon. But it's the cartoon that really starts to define who the turtles are. Mm. In the in the comic, they don't have colors. They don't really have characters, really. They just have names. They're all individually di- di- uh, differentiated by their weapons. And that's it. It isn't until later that they start to get personalities. But even then, they aren't the party fun teenage dudes that they are until the cartoons. The cartoons are the ones that decided that Raph is the one who's rude and always uh, rebels and is usually the star of and the focus of every movie ever. And then Leo's the boring leader, Donatello's the scientist, and then Mike is the server party dude. All of this was created in the cartoon. Um, wow. But they, they do adhere a lot to what the story is in the comics. The comics have a pretty good story. And both the cartoon mm-hmm. and the movie, this movie... Um, takes stories from the comic pretty closely. Um, so eventually, they sell the movie, they, they get the right, they, in fact, they make enough money on their own through toys and the cartoon and the comics that they produce the, mo- the movie on their own with Golden Harvest, a very famous martial arts uh, production company. Mm-hmm. So this is an independent movie. This has no studio connected to it in America. They basically produced it through Golden Harvest, which gives them a lot of creative freedom. And so Eastman and Laird had a lot of say in what was going to be in this movie, how it was going to look, and all that stuff. So this movie, in my opinion, is a perfect marriage between what the cartoon was and what the comic was in creating this idea altogether. Um, Now we get to Steve Barron. Okay, so Steve Barron... Uh, was born in England. Uh, his parents were both in the business, and he got in very, very, very early. Uh, he was a camera operator, and he worked mostly as a camera operator for a long, long time. He worked on some interesting movies, 
and some interesting shows. And then during um, one movie, a friend walked up to him, and this is in the early 70s. He's like, hey, man, I got a band. They're called Adam and the Ants. And um, they're, they're going to have an album coming out, and we need to make a promotional video of them playing one of the songs. Could you shoot this? help us shoot this real quick? And he's like, sure. And he goes over, and he shoots it, and he basically takes over the whole production because he brings friends over from the movie he was on, and he brings equipment. He basically becomes the director of the entire situation. And in that process, he becomes one of the most important influential directors of music videos of all fucking time. I'm just going to make a list. I'm going to tell you every song on here that he has made a music video to. These are all... And I'm going to sing them. Sing them. See if you know them. Uh, Hold on to me. Hold on to me. Hold on to me. Fleetwood Mac. Fucking amazing. Um, uh, Human Leagues Don't Want. Don't you want me, baby? Wow. That one. Uh, Africa. Toto. Really? Africa. Uh, she blinded me with science. Step It Out by Joe Jackson. That's an instrumental Fuck, that you all have heard. Um, Rosanna, Rosanna. From Toto. Uh, Electric Avenue. Billie Jean. Uh, what? Summer of 69. Nice. Mon- Money for Nothing and Cecily's favorite, Take On Me. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Dude, this is These are all the ones that you guys know, not mm-hmm. to mention all the ones he's done in the meantime. Now, he has made one other movie before this one in 1984, and I watched it this afternoon. It was called Electric Dreams. It stars the guy who is an agoraphobic in Twin Peaks. It's actually not bad. What? And Virginia Madsen. It is about a man who buys a computer, accidentally creates an AI, and they <laughs> both are in competition for a woman. <laughs> That's so good. Like, if they added a third love interest to her. <laughs> I have to say, there was a really, I really, really, really liked it. I really liked it. Um, he, he gets a lot out of the performances of these people. Uh, I really liked the characters. It's basically a bunch of music videos. But the story is still there. Um, a lot of great editing moments. A lot of great angles. I started to realize that as a camera operator, he is really focused on where to put the camera, how the lights work. He is so focused on imagery and how to, like, I wouldn't say his music videos tell a story. You're lucky if they tell a story. But really, it's just like, here's the song, and then here's two things that are happening. Here's some action, and like maybe, you know, like, aha is perfect because yeah. it's a woman loves a guy. That's a great art. Mm-hmm. But there are some music videos that are just like, here's a guy in a room, and here's the band playing. The guy in a room goes in another room and finds something to eat. Oh, he's going to go over here now. But the fluidity of what that idea, in it, like, as an image is perfect. Like, it's okay. like he walks on set and he's like, all right, let's do this. Or it's he, just dreamlike. He it's just, just sketches an okay. idea and he places it out really easily. So I, I find that really interesting. Um, I, I don't know necessarily how he took this idea, but my guess is he got it because it isn't just aha, but even in Electric Dreams, he does a lot of taking, like, what would be, I guess, animated, almost cartoon comic imagery and bringing it to life. And I think they were like, here's this comic book that we have and we're bringing it to life. You're really good at that kind of stuff. Why don't you shoot it? And there was a movie called Masters of the Universe, which had come out before. Outside of the Superman movies, it was the first comic book movie to come out outside of those. And it bombed 
horribly. It's terrible. It's a great bad movie. We should do it one day. By the power of Grayskull. It's a canon movie. And By the power of Grayskull. <laughs> um, and so he uh, he gets they um, they're really scared about this movie. But Laird and Eastman like him, and Baron has ideas about what he wants this movie to be. So he shoots it. He shoots it really dark. He tries to get it a lot like the cartoon. They shoot it in North Carolina, so there's a lot of sound stages. There's a lot of backdrops involved. But in my opinion, when it comes to the backdrops, the two biggest inspirations have got to be old 30s movies and then in particularly Rear Window. There's one shot that I was like, That's, that looks exactly like fucking Rear Window. And I was really excited about it. And being that Hitchcock is English, it would make sense to me that he would want to do that. Um I love a lot of the lighting. I love a lot of just the wet streets. This is a very New York movie to a lot of people, but I think that is thanks to Donatello and Elias. I'm not. I'm sorry, Raphael and Elias Cortez, um, and the streets. I think I just think the streets are really great. Um, <clears throat> there. Are, uh, so he shoots the movie. He gets out really quick, and then he goes back to making music uh, music videos. And they are not happy with his cut because it's really really dark. There's a lot of things that are really dark. For example, Michelangelo has a dark turn that we don't see because they edit it actually to make it seem like Raphael does it. You know that moment where he walks up on the house and he's like, Splitter! Yeah, that's Mike. If you look closely, he's got nunchucks. There's also a scene where Mike is the one punching the bat, but they put Ralph's, vo- Ralph's voice over it. Um, the, the guy that gets knocked out by the bald guy in the locker room, he doesn't get knocked out in the movie. He's like, ugh. Oh, and they're like, are you okay and everything? But if you watch it on mute like we will in a little bit, that motherfucker's knocked out. And they're like... Oh, yeah, I noticed that when I watched so it. so much more. Like, there's I was so like, like, he's not moving. Yeah, there are set, like, he, there's this guy that's like, are you okay? And yeah. he's like, in the movie, he's like, not even looking at him. So, like, there's a lot of editing choices. There's a lot of sound bits that are After here thoughts, yeah. to make this movie more likable and cheery for kids and darker. I mean... Casey Jones kills Shredder willingly. He's just like, oops. Like, he kills him. Kills that man. This movie's dark. I mean, Splinter did say... I mean, He did, like, let go. Now, Shredder did let go, but he's let go because he threw a knife at him. He was in the middle of talking. He interrupted him by throwing a knife at him. He could have saved his life. But he's like, nope. You're throwing a knife at me, and you won't let me finish. And you killed my master. And you tried to kill my kids. And you tried to kill me. So I'm going to kill you. Bye. Yeah, I think he earned <laughs> it. I think he earned it with him. But, but, yeah, but he was not dead. He dropped him in a dumpster. He knew the dumpster was down there. Well, any normal human being would have died on impact. Normal, but he was also not not dead yet. Or, or yeah, he was not dead. Until Casey Jones for Did sure you jumped off like a 15-story building into a dumpster? Yes, of course. How do you think I get out of most of my situations? Where's the footage? Why uh, they give it to me? Watch the Departed. When can we make our movie? Watch the Departed. <laughs> Let me just say that. Uh, on the, look forward to our Departed episode when I come back and bring this up again. Um, <laughs> so, and you will laugh, Chris. You will laugh. Trust me. <laughs> um, so uh, the studio was not happy. They brought in three editors, and each editor was not pleasing them as they did it. Um, in fact, one of them was the famous editor of Tarantino's, most of Tarantino's films, Sally Menke, who before she died in, like, I think five years ago or something like that, seven years ago. Mm. But, like, Tarantino's, like, main editor. Like, literally after this, she did Reservoir Dogs and then Pulp Fiction. Damn. So, like, damn. They fired her, um, which I find very funny. Um, 
So the movie was a fucking hit. Chris, it was the most profitable independent movie before Mad Max. Like, since Mad Max. The most profitable. Ever. They were swimming in cash. Swimming. Now, as I said, Jim Henson did a lot with the uh, Muppets, uh, or the, the all the machines in here. The puppetry. Um, puppetry, yeah. thank you. Um, I guess machines. They're technically suits and machines. Mm-hmm. It takes about four people to move them. Jim oh, was there the animatronics in the face, man. It's crazy. It, it, the, Jim was there for a lot of it, but his son is the second unit director on this. So a lot of the side stuff is done by Brian Henson. Mm. Uh, so he's the second AD. He's basically the second director on this. Um, and in the next movie, we will meet a character made, uh, played, his name's Cato, and he is played by an actor named Eddie Reyes Jr. He's the son of a very famous martial artist uh, actor, stuntman. And he plays Donatello Stuntman in this movie. He will get a prominent feature, human feature, in the next movie. And then he would lead another movie called Surf Ninjas that I cannot wait to bring on the bad movie wheel one day. <laughs> but Eddie Race Jr. is a star. He's a fucking star. He's also, guess what, in the rundown. So we will come back to Eddie Race Jr. again. We're going to watch several Eddie Race Jr.'s movies. Um, but again, this was a smash hit, big hit, um... Yeah, and it just continued the trend of Turtles movies. But parents had, parents in the studio had some issues with this movie a little bit, and we're going to see the effects well, of that. Well, it wasn't made in the studio, so... We're going to see the effects of that in the next film, which some people think is better and some people think is worse. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go! And, go the ninja, third, go and then eventually ninja. the third movie, which is just plain worse. So... We will see. Um, it's been so a that, while since I've seen a, like a really bad movie. It's. I'm very nostalgic for the third one, and I have not seen it. But the last time I tried to watch it, I did not finish it. It's hard because the the faces are hard. Yeah. They're a hard watch. But there's some interesting stuff in there. Like they have the song Jungle Man, and Elias Cotez comes back. So it's a hard. It's a hard. Um. It's a hard face to look at. So uh. Anyway, uh, Chris. How did you like the 1999, 1990 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I forgot how much I liked these characters. No. I forgot. Like, I, I slept on TMNT. I really did. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's, it all came back to me like a repressed memory. It's like, oh, that's right. These guys are so awesome. <laughs> um, so, because it allow, because, like, really, it just, it allows... Like whoever's telling the story to tackle a lot of different issues for like kids of that age at the same time. It's very it's it's a very efficient idea, I think, because it because co- like character wise it covers a lot of ground. Um, whereas Mikey is the laid back guy and he's gotta learn like like when is he eventually gonna grow up? Because then like with uh, Raphael, it's just like you can't. Like, when are you going to stop trying to prove yourself? You know? Um, and then with Leonardo, it's like, how am I going to step How am I going to step up as, like, the next in line? It was like, as a leader. And uh, Donatello is like, um, where's the happy medium of, like, brain and brawn or like technology and actually like the practical stuff at least that's how i've always seen i it. feel like he gets the shaft out of the three of them 
Which one? He, Donatello. Donatello. You know, which is why he gets the Shaft. <laughs> when are we going to watch Shaft? I would love to watch Shaft. Which one? Let's watch it right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, there are three Shafts. Whichever one's the best. Actually, no, my God. Shaft is a series. Yeah. Shaft is a series. <laughs> that is right. There's three Shaft. There's actually four Shaft movies. Four or five, actually. We can watch a lot of Shaft. Um, Shaft! You know what? Fuck it. Uh, Shaft is my next one. You okay. convince me. Alright. Um, you seem ready. You all seem ready. So, I'm ready for the Shaft. Oh, yeah. Should be. That's, that's what she said. Mickey Mouse getting here. Where is he? Whenever someone's getting shafted. When he shafted. step on him. <laughs> Whenever someone's getting shafted, Mickey Mouse is he can He can sense it. <laughs> So he's like, you can tell me what to do. Oh, oh, I'm the Mickey Mouse. I'm the mouse. Well, it's usually Disney shafting other people anyway, so he's usually a oh. part of it. Oh, oh, I'm part of everything. I put oh. my hand in everything. Oh. True My tail's in every pocket. Um, the movie... I had that moment where I'm just like... I could see... I could see how, I had that moment of just like, I could see how I could, I, I would adapt this. Like, I was seeing that more than the actual movie. Mm. I was having that, like, that moment. I was just like, I'm seeing how I would make this more than what it's actually Well, there's me. so many adaptations of this product, yes. Right. But like, what did you think about this? <sighs> it's really, it's really... Really we it's really a mixed bag for me. Like I liked all the rap stuff, but like honestly at the half hour mark, I thought a whole movie had just flew by. Cause like I I looked and I'm like oh, there was only like that was only a half an hour, there's an hour left. I feel like I just watched the whole movie. And because like so um it's really it's really just starts and stops. To me, it really does. Oh man. So, like, oh, yeah. okay, so the, like the first third, like the first act, I get. You're establishing things, right? You're establishing characters. You were getting to know who these guys are as they're bouncing off each other in half of April, right? We're getting to learn all that stuff, and then Splinter, Splinter's giving uh, exposition to April. April is kind of like the audience surrogate for them. Um, so I get that, and then all the stuff with Splinter happens, where he gets. Uh, Kidnapped by Shredder. Not impressed by the look. I'm gonna be honest. I'll get You're to not that. impressed by what? Shredder. His look. I feel like it should have been more intimidating. Should have been bigger, bulkier. Maybe add like a little more, like, design. Instead of getting him like a purple, like, chainmail looking. You'd like you'd like him to be bigger, bulkier, and have more stuff. Yes, that's what she said. Keep that in mind. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to regret those words. Put, I'm Put a pin in it. Um, so, and then all that stuff with Splinter happens where he gets kidnapped by Shredder. I love Splinter, by the way. Yeah, Splinter's great. Credit, uh, the puppetry is just so Voiced good. by Elmo's Kevin Clash. Cool! Yeah, isn't that nuts? He's a big Muppet guy. Wow. Um, That's what voice acting was like back then. And then... Oh, I'm sorry. i got to say one last thing about trivia that has to be said because I talk about it all the time and I hate how much this shows... I just hate his shows. I know okay. he's made a lot of shows 
I know some of them are good, and I know they've created a lot of performance, you a lot like, of happiness for other Chuck Lorre wrote the fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon song. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's fucking Chuck Lorre. Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory. What? Um, all those fucking CBS sitcoms I can't stand. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That sucks. I've been singing that song for years, and that asshole wrote it. And it makes sense, because, like, Two and a Half Men is about a guy who writes jingles. I love that song, though. Three um, and a Half Shell, Turtle Power. So... So, yeah, within, like, that halfway point where, like, Spinner gets kidnapped, then the movie stops again... Where they're all hanging out at, at uh, April's place. Because they burned her place down. Which is a pretty good scene. Like, then that happens. No, no, they leave after they burn her place down. Right, no. I'm saying, like, Splinter gets kidnapped, then they stay at April's place, mm-hmm. then it kind of just stops, then the place burns down, like, for, like, more, like, a little bit of, like, turtle shenanigans, then the place burns down, then they go to the house, movie stops again. Mm-hmm. Also like the moment where they where Splinter like apparates in front of them and they're all like in their eyes closed and they're all in like the mind palace. I happen to think everything on the farm is great. Character wise, I think all of that stuff is really good. Sure, it does. I just I'm not a fan of like. There was a lull. There's a. There's a, they stopped. The momentum stopped because the. I, I have an I have like, an I think it just went on I think I have an issue with this movie that's going to be solved in the next movie despite the next movie's utter lack of understanding of what the product is I gotta say all of the events that happen in the cabin from the cartoon from the comics mm. these are all things that are part of the lore of these characters that needed that were part of the origin of its story mm. but here is my biggest issue with the movie it's not fucking funny yeah that was, that was also a All thing these too. jokes. Like, yeah. Now, now, are the voices great? Is the attitude of Mikey cool? Is the New York of Raph great? Is the bouncing yeah. off of Don cool? Yeah. Is Shredder, or, or I'm sorry, Splinter great as like ideas? Yes. But are any of the jokes funny? Not really. Yeah. None of this shit is funny. Like the character stuff would be better if you were laughing more. I honestly think well, that's true. I also think the voice work, some of it got so muddied I didn't know it was like is there is there like God kind of just blended together yeah well I was like is, is the voice actors for these like two guys doing like two of the characters no or the okay so they just sound they sound so similar that when someone's talking and they're off camera I'm like I don't know who the fuck just said that I don't I did I was not able to Leo, sometimes. Leo should be a different voice, in my opinion. Mike is perfect, and the problem is uh, Donatello is uh, Corey Feldman. Do you guys know who Corey Feldman is? Oh. He was a, a very popular star at the time, child star at the time. So the selling point was Mike's the surfer dude with a fun voice, and the Raph guy is the one for, who's the cabbie who's like, uh, looks like a turtle in a trench coat. That's literally that guy. He's in the suit and he's the voice. So Raph is everything. He is that guy. Mm-hmm. And then Don was the selling point of Corey Feldman because he needed drugs. Mike was a famous uh, voice actor. And Leonardo, to me, is the one that sounds too much like Mike. Yeah, I can't... I think it was... Yeah, Raph, Raph is easy because he has the accent. So fucking But more. for some reason... You know, like, 
for me, when I do like when we do the voices on the buttercast, sometimes you can still tell, okay, it is right. one of us still doing the voice. That's what was happening with Raph and I can't I it was it was like last week when I saw it, but I think it was Raph and Leo. Sometimes I was like, it just sounds like Leo that has like a New York accent. Sometimes. I'm not saying the whole time. I Leo's the one voice that I cannot differentiate from the others in my own head ever. No, here's here's how I like Here's it's so I, weird that they fell flat on that. I right. I disagree. I think if in fact I think the voices are charming. No, it, it, see I'm a stickler for like the little things. Mm-hmm. So I was able to personally I was able to distinguish the four of them because like rap is nah, like I'm racist man I'm greenest. I think this this you really sh- like let, your let me put people. it this way you really do yeah. really pay attention to the shapes of the skulls especially in the next oh, yeah, one yeah, yeah, yeah. the because the third ones you aren't gonna be able to tell the difference they didn't have the time to nope. be like it's this one. is how Mike's face is or this is how Don's face is like they really try to differentiate the 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 way they look mm-hmm. um like rap has like a more gruffy voice like a tougher voice yeah I know Leo is kind of like softer. He a is. little bit. Um, Mikey's just is stoned. Um, Donatello, He's a server. He's a server. Donatello's somewhere between Raph and Mikey. My, I've, Donatello's the interesting one because, again, he's the star when they sell this movie. But to you guys, you don't know who the fuck Corey Feldman is. So that voice just kind of, like, fades away to you. I find that really interesting because, like, Corey Feldman doesn't sound like a smart guy. But we're not blinded by the star, the name of the star. But it also proves that like everyone shits on Don. Like Don doesn't really have anything other than he's smart. And if you don't sell the smart, the smart thing, he's just the bouncing off point to Mike. Rise of the Turtles does all these characters way more justice. Other yeah. ones have done them justice. Oh my god. TMNT, the actual movie from 2007, the car, the the 3D one, mm-hmm. good movie. That's a really good one. Really too. great movie. I want to go back to it. It's fantastic. This made me want to watch that movie again. Really. Watch Rise. Well, you have three weeks to go through a lot of them. Honestly, I would. Say watch the 1987's first season cartoon. And you know what? Like ever since you brought it up, I've wanted to give Rise a try. Well, no, I'm just, just watch all the other ones. I'm certainly going Rise. to give Rise a try at the end of this. There's no other one I want to try more than Rise. On, dude. Uh, particularly because this is going to go downhill on that third one pretty hard. Real quick. I would really, I'm Real probably going to spend Real a lot quick. of time on Rise a lot, but when we get there, but I just want to know the secret of the ooze. I, damn it! I, 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 you will. Uh, not your ooze, just their ooze. Yeah. You will. Oh, I, I, I want ooze. You I want oats. You will get. I want a green. I want a sticky. Like your, title, your title will matter. I want it dripping down my back. That's what she said. I would say. Thank you. Um, for me, this is really hard. I'm very nostalgic about these movies, like really nostalgic about these movies. Mm-hmm. It is hard for me to see a lot of things, but I really, really tried. To see what the problem is here. First of all, they're not funny. These jokes are written by no, old men. I was going to say, in like, the I thought, in I the was going to give it a pass because it was 1990. Mm-hmm. Maybe the jokes just don't land today. They didn't land then. <laughs> it was a hit, dude. It was a hit, yes. But I don't think the successes lie in the comedy. I think the voices carry the personalities. The characters themselves. I think that, yes, and the characters, again, taken from the cartoons, really Mm -hmm. defined in the cartoon. So the other element is what I think Baron brings to it. I think this is a gritty-looking, interesting, kind of like lo-fi kind of feel of a movie. I think the the actual action scenes rule. And I think Elias Cotez, I think he's great. I think him and April O'Neil are fucking great. I think both of them are awesome. 
Mm. Uh, I think the little kid's okay. Uh, Splinter is a great puppet. He's the best puppet. Oh my all. god. Chef's kiss. Uh, and I think by the end of it, my, Mikey really wins me over. Especially when he's like, I love being a tyrant. Like, I love Mikey. Mikey's always been my jam. Uh, You're just a Mikey guy. There are things that I really do. I love the darkness of it. But what I appreciate the most this time, understanding what the product is, is this is a perfect marriage of what the comics were, which were dark, starting out as a joke, but continued that dark thread and took the idea seriously. And then there's the cartoon, which is like, we're selling this to kids, but we're also like making this matter in its own way, in and of itself. And they marry it to make this film, which is, is it, it isn't really for kids. It's more for like 10 to 14 year olds. It's tweens. And I like yeah. that. I like the fact that they take a few Teens. more chances. But <gasps> there's like, there's like this, there are moments where they take all of this as seriously as the comics do. And then there's like moments where he's like pork rind. Like th- that kind of stuff is actually really interesting to me. Yeah, it's like, it was, that was weird too. Is. Cause like they would have these dramatic moments and then pork rind. Like I, some of that stuff is interesting to me and some of it isn't. Like the fact that they're like, these things just live in our world. It's sometimes you get pork rind and sometimes you get them walking back from that journey that they've mm-hmm. had seeing, seeing uh, Splinter in the fire, in the campfire. And you get that great kind of like magic hour shot where they're all standing there. And it's kind of like, yeah, this, yeah, this is fucking their hero shot. I dig it. I really like this. Like there's some of this that I really enjoy. Um, and I think that stuff succeeds in the vibe of this film, but there is one problem. I think the comedy doesn't work, but I also think the other problem is how do you guys feel about getting the other half of the splinter narrative told to that redhead fucking kid? That I get the redhead kid is probably the audience <laughs> surrogate to all of this who's someone who has no idea who the turtles are. But you tell half of that story at the beginning. That's so weird. And then you tell no, the other half later. I thought April was like the audience surrogate for the turtles. But then but then the but that's but story. It's, but it's what's in the half. That's what was so confusing. That's I thought, what confused me. That's I thought everything was gonna be all at once, which it doesn't have to be. And everywhere? Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Like I'm not saying because I was wrong, that's why I don't like it. It's right. just it was so weird. Like, maybe they thought we were supposed to be rewarded. Like, okay, we'll give you the first half and you'll be curious and you'll speculate about the rest of the movie. But there's, no. You're not thinking about that when you're watching the middle half of the movie and then it's the right. end and you're like, why, what? Why did you wait to tell me this? <laughs> I, I, That's probably a thing that I have. Like, it's obviously three sections. Everything up until... Splinter gets kidnapped, and then everything up to, or I'm sorry, everything up to leading to uh, April's Ooh. apartment burning down, then everything at the at the uh, farmhouse, and then everything in the third act when they come back. Here's the, okay, I had an interesting thought about Donnie though, because mm-hmm. I remember you said that like Donnie got like got like shafted in the movie. Did he get shafted in this one too? They they didn't know that Donnie was supposed to be the introverted techie yet. They didn't know yet. I think they... Because, uh, like, I feel like Mikey should be the one in front of the TV, right? And then 
Donnie would typically like the turtles to us. Well, because we Donnie have, would be like making like an IED or something like that. Donnie should be tinkering with shit. Yes, but we he's have not. twenty years he off of this things. movie. You and I do right to know what our turtles are like. No, no, no. no. They right. knew this even in the cartoon. Even in the cartoon, Donnie was the guy who's like, I'm reading books. I'm making things. That's why it surprises me I that he still gets the shaft here. Like, but like. He was just the guy who made shit. That was the only thing about him. Like whenever they needed something, Don would come in and save the day. That that's when he's hey guys, I've seen more out of duct tape. Like that's why he doesn't have like teenage <laughs> issues outside of being introverted, which they really didn't want to play with that much. It was because he's part of the dudes. He's like fighting and having fun and eating pizza, but then he goes in a corner and tinkers with things quietly. No, but he did make things. I just find it interesting that like they play a game of trivia and he knows the answer. Or, like, they mention one thing and he knows what it is. But he never comes up with any plans. He's never forth, like, he doesn't have any forethought of strategy or anything like that. It gets a little better in the next one. And I don't remember how he is in the third. But I, none of them, none of the three of them ever have him tinkering around or doing something mm. like that. They're almost, all the movies are almost all focused on Raph. Raph is number one. He has a problem with Leo. Yeah. Mike jokes around. Don is there. Both. Throughout time, I have I have experience with Bionicle as well, but it's always the red guy. Doesn't matter what. Raf probably started that. Well, it does. It doesn't matter what, like what series you're watching, what content it is, and mm-hmm. like it's always gonna be the red one. Whatever that red one is, that's gonna be your main guy. That's gonna be like the majority of people gravitate towards him just cause cause he's red. It's so weird. I don't know what it is, but Bionicle well, was very prominent like that, and almost almost always the leaders in like the the sets, not like the lore of Bionicle. Always, it was the red guy. Maybe once or twice it was someone else. It was always the red dude, the fiery dude. The um, they would have different personalities, but mm-hmm. it was always the red guy. Turtles was like that, especially with the movies. Um, and Power Rangers, sometimes I'm not super familiar with Power Rangers. Man, me neither. Um, the red guy is not, not he's the leader, but he's not that guy. He gets, he turns into Leo real quick. The guy. No, but died, I'm saying he's the leader. The guy who died this year. Yeah. He becomes the de facto leader. Okay. He starts out as the green guy, which is an evil guy. Well, the red guy is the leader as the show starts, and then in the second season, he shows up as an evil green guy. Then he becomes a good green guy. Then he becomes the white ranger. And then he later becomes the, the star of all Power Ranger shows. He stars in three okay. of them. And all right, was, so it was the red guy originally. This guy originally, was, yeah, but he is kind okay. of a piece of wood. And then that other guy was just showing up. David, piece of wood. David was he's way plank, more... He's plank for Ben and Nettie. He ended up taking that spot for sure. Okay. All right. Anyway, yeah, it's, this, it's just so weird. It's always... All that coming from the guy who paid attention to uh, Yellow and Pink Ranger. Well, I think... I, hell yes. Amy Jo Johnson, hell yes. Chick was cute. I think the Susie Q. Hell yeah. The best Donnie overall. I know it's not this movie, but the best Donnie that I've watched has been from Rise. They these he's I, got layers, man. Rise has the benefit of like being is standing on the shoulders of literally well, yeah. decades. It has that benefit. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying that's the best Donnie that I've ever seen. There's so many layers to him in that in that show. Like an onion. It certainly helps that it's a show too, but the movies 
Yeah, the movies really give them short shift. But every 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 movie is almost always how Raph is arguing, butting up against the group. Leo's got to put him in line. Mike laughs a little bit, and Don is there. It's weird. Um, so you know what? Donnie always had the right idea. Stay I, out of it. I do agree. Doesn't involve you. Doesn't I do matter. agree that when I was watching it this time, that there was a bit of a lull at the farmhouse. Yes. But, but I will say this. It's and now that I've watched this, it's the thing that I think about and come back to the most. Right. I don't think me. about I don't think about the beginning that well, much. Here's the thing. I like the fight at her apartment and I loved the ending. I think the last the last third act is a lot of fun and ridiculousness. I love the the New York that's basically a backdrop and a matte painting in the background. I love the fighting when Raph is on the roof and he's fighting shit. That stuff is awesome. I I love the action scenes. But mm. when I think about who these characters are, I think about the farmhouse. I think about like Leo sitting there waiting for Raph to wake up. I, I love that stuff. I like I love the fact that Mikey cries when they do that campfire. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that now I know that Mikey was on the roof cry, like screaming. Because then you get that Don scene where they're waiting for the pizza and he's like, Hey man, what would you do if uh, if if uh, Splinter was gone? And Mike doesn't answer. He's just like, Pizza's late. Makes more sense now when you think about the fact that he was later gonna be really upset. Like he just didn't ever wanted to think about it. But there's some really fun but characters I was living in that reality, yeah. that I think they they are. Splitter says at the very beginning, "You need to get prepared, dudes. I'm not always gonna be here. I'm gonna be gone one day. Not gonna lie, and that you need to be home. fucking ready." What's the first thing they do when he goes? They run to April's house, and they just sit there because they don't know what to do, and they fight, and then Raph runs away, and Leo doesn't know what to do. And they all just sitting there broken up as a fucking fractured unit until Raph has to bring everything back to them. Like, even April's like, hey, let me show you my antique shop. And w- interesting thing about Rachel, what do these guys do? They lose their father and he gets kidnapped. What April. does April do? She okay. loses the th- surrogate elements of her father. She loses her entire antique shop. That's the one last thing she had about her, fa- her father left. Like, there's some good, kind of weird, interesting stuff in here that they all have to coalesce with at the farmhouse. That when I think about, I really enjoy. As I'm watching it, I'm like, eh. And maybe if I was a kid, I was probably like, eh, because I don't remember the farmhouse as a kid. I'll tell you that much. When I think about this movie, I don't remember they went to a farmhouse at all. As an adult, I'm like, that's the juicy stuff. That's Mm. the character stuff. That's the stuff that really matters. That campfire scene. All of that stuff is there. It doesn't feel it when you're watching the film. And I don't know why that is. I'm going to admit, I don't know. And maybe that has to do with all of the weird tonal shifts and editing that they're trying to do. Maybe it's weird that half the time Casey Jones is trying to fuck April O'Neil. I don't know, man. It's all weird. But I I will say that as character half is April just saying, <clears throat> just do it, dude. <laughs> exactly. She's aping him on. Like, it's just... I think April is really hot. It's very obvious that she's like the leggiest leg woman ever. It's just... It's really great legs, but her smile, like, all this stuff, okay, I'm reiterating a lot of facts that people have brought up, uh, literally the we, the night we got this, Red Letter Media, the next day, produced a 50-minute review of this movie, so a lot of these things they said, but I also very much agree with, um, and I just remember, like, I would have not have come here and said that I thought the farmhouse scenes were really that good, if I hadn't watched that video, they really pointed that direction. But I will say the honest truth, which is the scenes that I thought about the most after watching that film were the farmhouse ones. 
those are the ones where I was like, yeah, okay, right. Yeah. I like this a lot. These like I kept thinking about those character beats, about Splinter talking to them. Like it just that is the moment they rallied. I didn't know that in this movie there was a moment where they rallied. I always thought they just kind of like had like got attacked at her apartment and then just went out and attacked Shredder. I always thought they just like went to her. I didn't think they left the city and like were in a downbeat. I, I didn't even know that Leo and Raph had a fight. I just thought Raph was fighting with Casey Jones the whole time. There's so many things about this that I didn't recognize that are more character-based in that slow part that really are the meat of things. I don't remember Splinter talking to that redhead kid and telling the second half of the story. I thought it all happened at once. But he's there's literally just a section in this movie where Splinter just starts connecting with a child. I, I think this is a weird-ass movie. I don't think it's great. And I think I'm nostalgic for a lot of it, but there are things about the character stuff in this that I'm glad they did because they are strong odes to what this was before a movie, a comic and a cartoon before it, and they were doing what those things were. So I, I really liked those moments. I, 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 but I will admit, like you, I was not enjoying it in that moment of the movie. It's a huge stop and a huge slowdown. Right. And I think it's yep. because there's three editors in this You've got mix. to be kidding me. So like three? Uh, two of them got uh, fired, one of them being Sally Menken, and then another one officially finished it. I just think... Jesus Christ. They what do you do out, at three? They cut out what a you, lot of what the tone of this was. What do you do if you're the third one? Do you just keep going or do you just like... Fuck. I don't think there is a solid vision to what this is as a whole, but I do think a lot of what Baron, Lard, and Eastman tried to put into this is in the center of that core. I think it, that's that whole center thing would not have happened in a studio movie. And I don't think it happens again in the other two. So Definitely not the third uh, one. <clears throat> I do know that the second one is funnier. But um, it's also goofier and sillier and for kids. So there's a lot of people my age that consider this movie's tone and its connection to the earlier work to be sacred. And a lot of them consider the second one's... Um, desertion of that to be shitty and uh, like insulting and insulting but i do think that the second one is a better like i think that's awesome when you see splinter uh hanging up on the wall with his arms like that Mm -hmm. and then they cut to this shot of the farmhouse and you see the trees in the farm that's that's amazing uh uh transfer from transition transition from one hot to that's awesome i love that shit i think there are great visual moments in this there's a great iconic imagery in this that i think uh, Baron gets really good on set but in terms of how this moves as a whole narrative it's choppy as fuck it, you can feel the break, it feels episodic, it feels mm-hmm. like you can take a break in between this, the first, second, and third part yeah. but I think that second part is good and if it it molded into this movie better, it would feel better um, but it's not a great movie I think there's a lot of great things to it but I don't think it comes together as a whole but as a thing that represented what the product was at the time um, it was probably more edgy and more different than it ever would have mm-hmm. had a chance to be anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm i not questioning, like, any of this, like, the content mm-hmm. of it, but, like, when, like, when it doesn't, like, a, this is, like, the, the third time, at least in my perspective, that this movie just stops, and I'm just saying it's, like, you're building momentum and then you're stopping. You build momentum and then you stop. This is the same problem I had with Violent Night, too. 
Like, it had this momentum after, you can, like... You can shut if you need. The, like... It had all this momentum after, the, like, the first couple, like, fight scenes towards the beginning of the movie, and then it just stops. It just stops. It doesn't... And then it doesn't pick up until, like, the next fight, and then you can barely see it. So... Um, so, like, when this movie is kind of, like, okay, introduction, we're saving, or, like, we're establishing everything. It's like, okay, fine. And then, like, they get into that next fight with the foot, I've never, I've never been okay with the, with the name Foot Clan. I was just, it's, it's, it's too, it's, it's too much. What about the hand in Daredevil? The hand. That's what I, they're making fun of. Is that, is that true? Yes. Fuck, I never drew the dots. Never connected the dots. Yeah, the hand's just as ridiculous as the foot. The hand. You know what? I think I thought that was ridiculous, too. Well, it's because it is. Yeah. It is. They're making fun of something ridiculous. It's like, be afraid. The whole point of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is that they were a joke <laughs> that got taken seriously. This is a movie that takes this... Out of all three of these movies, this is as serious as this will ever be taken. If you wanted to make this a comedy... Instead of like him doing this, he should have just done like this. <laughs> yeah, instead of him closing his hand to start the fight, yeah, he's he sticks his foot up, he's curling his little grippers. He's standing straight in frame, and then a foot comes up, and he's like, crunch, <laughs> puts it back down. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah, I did like this one. I think this is my favorite moment of the farmhouse thing, where April's kind of like telling the story of like where these it's guys. It's the are only at. time she narrates in the movie, but yeah, like I do like this. Um, Look at his legs, just all legs. <laughs> I'm saying that nobody else has said that, but like, look, I, look as That's a director, look, Alex, this is a it. this is a music video filmmaker. Do you know how many music videos he made of women just walking into the room and then like flipping their hair and then just walking back out? That's what he look. She just puts a little water on him and then she just walks out. That's all she does. She's hired for her legs, and you know what? I have no problem with that, Alex. Put your tongue back in your mouth. Do not lick the screen. Don't lick the screen. No. Sit down. She's Sit. a big... Here, grab him. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, I'm just doing what Mike does. Just do what Mike does throughout the movie, all right? I learned from you. I learned it from you. You're not talking to anybody. He's You're a teenager. You're talking to the movie. Fictional character that don't Fictional exist. characters. All, all right? right? Stop talking with your hands here. Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back. You guys don't know that? We're in the, pub, we're in the oh, podcast. Oh, God. Such a great movie. These are fictional characters, okay? Fictional characters. Alright. Who the <laughs> fuck are you? Ben Affleck, man. It's a fucking good role, man. Holden Caulfield. Um, I did get a little bit of PTSD from Samurai Cop because I thought that this that Casey Jones Cop was looking Elias like him. Elias Cortez has been working a lot as a character after these days, but mm-hmm. um, he was famously a MTV VJ. Which is probably how he got the role from Steve Aaron. He did like a sports documentary show about these are extreme sports for the time. But I gotta say, he's been, he was What's in an he done recently. Uh, I don't know about recently. God, he looks he so is a annoying. huge character actor. But he was in like Zodiac, a lot of shit. It was, it's just the hair. hair. Zodiac. Yeah, he was like, wasn't he one of the cops? One of the cops. To me, it's the it's the it's the hair, the wife beater. Well, that's Casey Jones. That's what the character looks like. Yeah, I know, but like. It's just in live action form. It's very samurai cop, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, no, not I think again. He pull, not he pull, again. He pulls it off better though. In fact, I gotta admit, he's pretty damn sexy in this movie. Yo, but like, what Casey is... Jones is really sexy in this movie. I'm saying it. Like, you know what? He's as he is as he makes me as curious 
as I probably was as a child, is a Trey You Did a Never Ending Story. And Alex I admitted that on that episode. Is yeah, you can confuse the shit out of me, too. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Maybe. No, I'm just like, I'm just keeping You're writing it, it on your hand, hand fakely. So I don't know why, what you intend to do. With I'm going to show you a picture of Casey Jones What now. did you do? Yeah. Whoa. He looks, like, he, looks like twi- he looks like Twig from uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy. He, like, he almost looks like Burt Reynolds. Like older Burt Reynolds. Brother. Like from like Longest Yard. Like he, no, he looks like um, uh, Jared Leto in um, that one. Mr. Nobody? No, no, no. The Giovanni's movie or whatever. The Italian movie that just came out with Lady Gaga. Gucci? Gucci, yeah. He looks like the guy from that. Paolo, Paolo. He looks like that. I heard that wasn't very good. Uh, it's a good time, but probably not a good movie. Uh, well, but well, whereas his last dual movie that same year was fucking great. Speaking of the, uh, the coming back to the foot, it is kind of weird that it's insinuated that uh, the turtles the entire time are just beating up teenagers in costume. I mean, no, no. I. They are probably beating up. 18 to up. I will say teenagers, yes, because they make it very clear that those kids have to earn their spot to be in the foot, and you have to beat up the bald guy, and if any of those little kids are capable of doing that, no thanks. Also, this is, like, the whole... I do I do get, like, the whole aesthetic. It's like, it did remind me of, like... Is this, this, to me, like, the whole teenagers in, like, the subway with all the... Peak 90s aesthetic to me. That's what I think of when I think 90s stuff like this. It's just like, it's kind of like grimy. It's all, it's like, it's just rebellious teenagers and like rock and just like them playing in pinballs and like the subway or whatever, like abandoned places. Like that's very much like what I think of in this aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this honestly to me was a capsule of the er- of like early 90s. 90s. I agree, yeah. Um, <laughs> by a man who shot a lot of stuff for MTV, he really was like '90s would get a lot more extreme. Extreme. In the, in the next couple years. In the next couple years, but then this early like punk rock. '89 to '92, yes. There's this kind of like gritty, wet streets. Let's play in the city. Yeah. Parents yeah. With an attitude that I fucking love. That's why I love Newsies so much. As it looks like the roads smell like trash. There's <sighs> trash everywhere. Yeah. Is there a trash strike going on? I was questioning that the whole time. Like, she lives in a nice ass place with a night. Like, it's pretty. And like, it's they just the vibes. They the didn't care. Sort of like, it looked like the they same shit from Little Shop of Horrors. I was like, Jesus Christ. But also, like, I like the moment where Leonardo becomes a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He's, you know, he, I kind of wanted the cross dissolve between him and Splinter. Here's the like, one thing fun. that pisses me off the most. When this happened, and he like meditates and he like meets with Splinter, I was like, okay. Okay. Then he goes to the other turtles and he's like, hey guys, I can meditate. Let's meditate as a group and then we can talk to uh, Splinter. And I was like, okay. Okay. And then they go back to their subway and the little kid has a dream and he hears Shredder's voice and he's like, I gotta go back. I'm like, fuck you. No. No. He does not have that kind of hole. Maybe it's a kind of psychological thing, but like, no. No, you don't. First of all, Splinter got in his head enough to leave, and then you hang out with the turtles eating pizza in April? Like, come on, man. Why would he ever leave? Why? 
why would he ever, unless to help Splinter escape? Again. Immediately help Splinter escape. Favorite part. I don't part. know why. Favorite part. They met that little they... kid is the spider of this fucking movie. That was what I was about to say. <laughs> That little kid is the spider of this fucking movie. <laughs> I hate you, but I love you. I but I hate you. Oh, God. Peak rebellious 90s teenager. Oh, I love it. I hate it. No, you know what? Wait till, not, no, wait till the next one. So, okay. Fa- again, favorite part. Blue blue flame's pretty cool. No. Yeah, yeah, very Moses. Um, So, yeah. favorite part. They're meditating all with their eyes closed, but then Splinter apparates in front of them anyway. <laughs> it's straight just so up funny. Fort- He's like a sort of force ghost right now. And then their eyes are closed, so like they can't save a weekend. It's it's it created so many it created such like a, like a massive web in my mind. It's just like Doesn't why do they just open their eyes? One of them does because Mikey cries, but he may cry after. Also, why can't we see this in like some kind of like meta freaking um like Harry Potter and Dumbledore and like uh, Deathly Hallows Part Two? Like, I will say this: we never see any, we never see them do this again. But we do see magic again. So the force. No. No, just magic. It's like spiritual. It's ninja stuff. It's chi. Ninja stuff. Ninja Ninja stuff. stuff. It's chi. It's spirit. It's the spirit world. There's no. There's no. But I will say this, Chris: the force and the samurai stuff. Yeah, that was taken from other movies too. I know, I George know. Lucas I know. is known for taking shit. I'm just saying that, like, the popular stuff, you know, people are gonna be like, "Oh, that's just from Star Wars." No, I'm just saying that, like, when this movie is actually taking from ninja stuff and ninja culture, and also the same Alex, thing, funny, I think that's from Star Wars. No. Come on, you know, it, you need to I saw the movie. Yeah, you did. Okay, and uh, now there, you know there were other things before that movie, correct? No, no, you never showed me those. I didn't need to show you those. You, you know they exist without your knowledge. The world No, you never showed you. me that. The world does not exist around you. What are you talking about? What are you okay. saying about me? I, I will say this. Your eyes are closed and your mouth is what? open again. Your mouth is open again with your eyes closed. Say that again. I can't that. hear you. My pants are off, man. Get ready. What? <laughs> yes. Yes. Why would you do that to your grandmother? I, because it's the only way I get to do it to you. If you're being my grandmother, I'd say like But that's a cool shot. That is a cool shot. That's a cool shot. Oh, God. Um. Anyway. Um, we haven't hit one commercial. We're very yay. lucky. Very lucky. Yeah, it said it was like commercials are going to... But um, see, like, there are... Do you have an yeah. block? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, but yeah. usually I have to turn it off when I it go did pause a few times. I did notice it that. It glitched a little bit, but I usually have to turn the ad blocker off when I go to the free movie websites because oh, this is how it works. But I see. so far, so nothing. So yeah, um, I think we found our website. <laughs> yep, we found your website. What was it called? Yeah. You'll tell me after. Tell me after. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. We don't want people to know about this five months later. Well, we didn't, I don't think we said, um, you know, the, of course, we had Ninja Turtles for probably the amount of time that it would have taken to do the entire series. Yeah. Yes. Week by week. Yeah. But then we waited so long that it was taking, taken off of HBO Max. Literally the week. Yeah, that's the so day. Funny. That's the fucking so funny. day. We would have made the entire run. January 1st. Happy New Year. Third piece of shit. Wow. Now we don't. Now, actually, no, we don't. So, I mean, I still do. Fuck. 
They say you have to pay for Secret of the Use, and I love that one. So, yeah. Also, it was really confusing because I thought like Danny was like April's son. It was like I. It was really. They did not make that. They didn't really make that clear. I well, think they make it really clear. Stepson or is no, it no actual. Because son? her bo- no. because her boss and because her and her boss have this really weird relationship where he just shows up at her place and just brings him along. Well, I think that they. I, I think, okay. I think they cut it out. But I think they used to sleep together. Yes. And he goes to right. Her that's place. what I insinuate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Now, I, now I think he's probably divorced, and that's his son with another wife, and he's just sleeping around with April every now and then. But yes, I think the indication is that they've had a past together, and so he feels free to go into her apartment every now and then. But they make it pretty clear that that's not her son, and that it's this other douchebag son. Okay, I, 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 then I must have missed that. Well, I was, I assumed that it was her son too, but they had like dual custody, because he's a redhead and she's a redhead, so I was just kind of right. Visually, you know, visually, they don't make it clear enough. Maybe they don't. Yeah, visually it wasn't clear. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Like how often they like were, like, yeah, it was really weird. Uh, this is how I know she doesn't give a shit about him. She doesn't give a shit about where he is or where I just he thought that that was an opportunity for, like, character growth. Mm, but no, no. It's really... She really does no, seem she, not he so say, he Fuck that it, kid. He makes it very clear. He's like... Because he says it when he goes to her apartment. He's like, right. uh, I had to bring my kid. I have to bring him here. I have to bring him there. Like, I have to constantly watch him because he's such a bad fucking kid. He says it to her face. He's a terrible kid. He's an awful kid. He's very Why bad. would you ever go back? And set to set, uh, he does set. He's addicted free, to the high. But like, I mean, it is a pretty cool place. It is a pretty cool. Place. It is a pretty cool place. There's yeah. a lot of Pepsi. And a like, probably a lot of tetanus abuse in tetanus. Well, of where? But when the leader. Oh yeah, when you do. Yeah, kids, when, when, when the leader. When you fail, that leader, the first kid that the leader touched after they all failed, he put yeah. him in a fucking chokehold. Oh. And then he yeah. threw him to the ground, beat the shit out of like three other kids. Kids. Eh. He beat these eh. kids. Eh. They're more like little eh. kids. They seem like 18-year-olds. Uh, Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Here's what I will say. It's abuse, man. Sam Rockwell is a prime example of one of the people that is in this movie, one of the kids. You don't really write, You didn't recognize Sam Rockwell? No, I didn't. He, I, I, have a, I have a guess. I have a guess. Who do you think? He was the kid that like fessed up to the police commissioner at the end. Yeah. He's the one who's like, who's, holy he's crap! At he's at the beginning of the movie. He gets beat up and tied up. He uh, he also is the one who's like, we got cigarettes, we got this, we got that. Boop, boop, boop. That's Sam Rockwell, that and he's unrecognizable. I don't know. He looks pretty sweaty to me. That's all. Unrecognizable. But he's the facial hair. But he's the guy. I, that, he's yeah, the guy, no, I, he, it was uncanny. He was like, like either has, it's him or it's a duplicate. But he has facial hair, and that's my thing. I think there are two groups of people. Ones that would never ever be good ninjas and are only there to recruit kids and run that place and be cool. And and be, like pick pop, be like pickpockets and like like thugs and just normal thugs. Yeah. There's to, definitely to the there's, ranks, there's ranks. There's ranks. Yeah. So I think anyone who's like 18 and above and has the ability to beat up that bald man, those are the ones who actually become ninjas. And so that's what I'm thinking. Like you only become abusive if you want to be that. If not, then you gotta run the street and be like an Oliver type pickpocket. That's what I'm thinking. That there's a whole different level, and that the pickpocket thugs are just there to steal shit, where the ninjas go out and actually like commit real fucking crimes. Also, I like how Casey can just walk around in this place. Like I was like, why can't you just walk around in the case in there? I was like, ah, the foot soldiers probably know his ass. 
Also, he's like 30. There are 30-year-olds in there. Look at the, the DJ, the, the people running oh, yeah. that table. There's some 30-year-olds in there. I could fit in there. Are you kidding me? That's I, what I, I want to get in there. That's what, what she said. I want to get up all in that. How do you do, fellow? Oh, no. You know what? Don't. Don't. No, 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 How no, 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 no. I want to get up in your boot. No. I'm here to play shit. Do you know how many lists? I want to get up in your boot. Do you know how many lists? Do you know how many lists you would make? Like, it would be so bad. Trying to make you guys a boot. You'd be like top 10. You'd be top 10 on every single one. Yeah. I'm not talking billboards. I mean, you'd be billboards. It's, it's already a criminal element there, dude. Uh, what are they going to do? Call the cops on me? Yeah. Yes. No. They kick. They. They. they <laughs> no. They beat your ass and kick. And get, and kick you out. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be fine. Oh, that's all, folks. Um, no, you won't be fine if you start like touching them. Like I'm not gonna you. touch the kids. I just want to abuse them in other ways. Make them my slaves and like get get me things. Whoa. They'll be white. No. They have to be white. Yes, I agree, Peter. Thank you. I was going to say blue. Stop trying to save your ass. <laughs> I'm a D-Java die? Yeah. I will beat off a guy. I will beat off a guy. <laughs> I will be beat off a blue window. I have a boyfriend, and he is so blue. Here's something that, okay, this was so goofy to me. That looked really good. The, really... the, the, the theatric black screen? No, the, no, just the slashes. No, this. Like, oh, mini, mini freaking splinter. Mini splinter. Kung Fu moves in a cage. I think it's like, adorable. I thought it was It is I think so, it's so cute. cute. So, it was pretty goofy. I, I think it's I cute. Was, I, I, I the, way, the way he did the turtles was a lot like the... the Ew. Fireys in Labyrinth? Yeah. Where it was a black screen before... Well, I mean, Labyrinth was way, way before this. And they didn't use green screen or blue screen. They used black screen. So everybody, like, black morph suits, basically. You know what I'm talking about? And yeah. They, and then they would just puppeteer these guys. But in this, they embraced the black background. And then the... The, um... Why did I just lose the name? Labyrinth. They wanted, like, green screenify it, but it, it didn't look weird. So I think they just were... They committed to the black background. They learned from... Previous. Well, you you actually reminded me the re, one of the big reasons that um, uh, that Steve Barron actually got this is because he did three episodes of Jim Henson's Storytellers. So he uh, he um, asked him to join and Jim said yes ah, based off that. Cool. Damn it! I was looking at everybody else and not the fucking screen to see the goddamn turtles that I was talking about. <laughs> So, Can we start over? Yeah, start over. Okay. Uh, so, okay, let me start from the beginning. <sighs> so, so yeah, I. It was really, it was a really weird one for me. Like, I really enjoyed these characters. He has like, oh shit, turtles. Oh fucking Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo. Oh god, the, these all. This is so much fun. Uh, I forgot, I forgot how much fun this was. And then like the movie's just like. Start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. I was like, I will 100% take an introspective Turtles movie. I'll take it. If it's a slow burn, fine, whatever. Like, I'll take it because these characters are that good. But you've got to pick. See, I don't feel like it's start and stopped that often. I feel like you can feel the ends of the axe, but not 
that it starts and stops. I'm just saying that, like, the lulls really hit. I definitely felt the lulls, too. I certainly think there's a lack of energy, and I think that's in the sense that it's not funny. I think there's a lot of situations that are supposed to be funny, and that yeah. the situation Maybe, itself is supposed to be the yeah, thing you're laughing at, right. but the, you aren't laughing, you're just watching things happen. Maybe maybe if it was like the the what we consider the lulls, maybe if they were funny, we wouldn't have felt the lulls. We'll right. see in the next movie. We will see in the oh, next God. movie. Because in my opinion, every, Eject Marvel every, everything that makes this movie interesting has nothing to do with what would make this a better movie. The next movie is a better, more competent movie that also is nothing like the Ninja Turtles. Mm. Identity crisis. Like, you you will like those turtles and you'll like the voices I believe in everything, but, like, it's really for kids. It's super for kids. But there's also a lot of moments that I really enjoy. Um... So yeah, I, I all I'm saying is that there's two there's two camps of people. There are people who think like that the Ninja Turtles should be for kids. There's and then there's people who think that they should be dark and gritty and like should make fun of these like dark and gritty cartoons Can't and see ideas, that. which I think is a has merit. Well, to I it. think they should be both. Why can't they? Can be all yeah, there. That's the point. Is there's, there's a happy medium there. Yeah. There is no like end all be all. But that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, guys, Michael Bay got it right. <laughs> Michael Bay eventually got it right. I think the second movie is way more of a Turtles movie than any of the ones, any of the sequels of this movie. Thank like, you, Stephen. Um, but that is what I'm talking about. This is a series. <laughs> These are supposed to be three movies set in one universe. Right. The jarring tonal differences. That's a good. That's a good take. That's what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, You're like, yeah. are turtle are, are the turtles itself as teenage mutant? Ninja, literally, those four things yep. are the descriptions of the variety you can have with this. With that being said, that there, this franchise as a whole is three different films has jarring tonal shifts even within themselves on technical levels, on story levels. On, uh, on character levels, but this is the closest to what this product was before 1990, before you guys ever got to it. This is what this really was. It's just not that great of a movie. <laughs> but I do find that it would, I do find that interesting. So um, for me, when I watched it, I was like, if I was to grade it, I'd say like C plus when I was watching it. As I've spent a little bit more time thinking about it, I want to go B plus. I think I, I'm not B plus. I'm sorry, not B plus. B minus. Okay, I was B like, minus, whoa. I don't think this is a B plus, but I do think it is a B minus. There's a lot of things that are that Sam that Sam Rockwell. There's yeah. a lot of things that I really enjoy about this on on a technical artistry creative level. It's obvious that Baron and the crew had a different idea of what this was going to be, and then it got hacked up in the edit. And it's tough to say. Like three different people. Should this have been darker than what this is? Should this, like, did they pick stupid scenes like pork rinds and stuff because the other stuff was too dark? Like, there's another movie here that this could have been that I think they really strived for that got ruined and and neutered in the edit. So I I feel like that that's probably a problem too. But B- minus for me, it steps up in a lot of ways, um, especially when I think the third one's really going to elevate this and the second one in different ways. So I think the second one is my f- 
favorite out of this that one. That is Sam Rockwell, isn't it? It is Sam Rockwell. Oh, oh my god. There he is. It's the facial hair. It's Little the stubble. Boy. It's the stubble, like, right here. I yeah. can, it just can't. He looks like Freddy Rodriguez. Like a white Freddy Rodriguez. It's weird, but he does. Six feet under Freddy Rodriguez. Oh, my it's the eyebrows. That's that's the giveaway. It's the brow line. Yeah, the it's whole, that brow line. Whole brow to nose area. Behind you, peep. You know, it's, you know it's his face, you know? Um, so yeah, B minus for me. Um, it may turn to a B uh, later by the by the third one, but I think for now I'm gonna say B minus. Um, hmm. Oh, Jesus! I think they stuck to your tongue. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, you never you never lap up popcorn. No. Like a dog with water. No, like Fear Factor? Um, a lizard. Yep. Like my cats. Um, so, yeah, I... Again, mixed bag for me, like, movie-wise. Just as, like, a, a movie. I definitely saw, like... I think it was more in the action where it was most intense for me. Of just seeing, like, how I would make this. Like, today. So you were thinking of it more as an action movie, more than anything. Really? I think I was. That's a problem. That is a problem. I have a problem, guys. Well, I, I love the fact that you were looking into a movie and going, how would I do to make this better? That can get in the way of what you, of what the, thinking about what the movie is. Right. But a preconceived notion is always a problem. Like, if yeah. you... If you think this is supposed to be an all-out action movie, I will say this. If it was not made by uh, Golden Harvest, then it would never have been this much of an action movie. Probably. Like, the ninja part was part of the cartoon, but they were trying to sell this as a toy. And there is great action in the next movie, but that isn't what the focus of the movie is. Mm. No, I'm not saying like you should make it like make the focus the action. Like, no, but I mean, structurally, a, I'd keep it the same. Like, again, I would probably make it funnier. I'd have you two write the jokes because I'm not funny. I wouldn't um, have an old man write a joke because these are obviously old men writing these jokes. God, and it's in like it was probably written in the '80s, so it's even more dated. Oh, yeah, it's dated yeah, even yeah, the '90s. They're talking about Cagney and Rocky and stuff like that. Like, th- those are make a joke about Star Wars. Be relevant. <laughs> What the fuck was that? <laughs> Batman came out the year before. They would have made a Batman joke. <laughs> Peter got his bedpan out. They've done crossovers with Batman. They've done crossovers with Batman. Well, the guy who days. does the Red Letter Media thing is the guy who writes the Batman Ninja Turtle comics. Yeah, B minus for me. Yeah, it's gonna well, be interesting seeing Shredder evolve as we go. But like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm like. Blinded by this, or I'm not blinded by. Yeah, and I know Sheen loves this movie, loves it. It's so, and that's the funny thing because like, this movie is not like like what like this movie is not perfect. So when he's like, this movie is amazing and stuff, and then we point out something like Avatar, and he's like, I don't get the fucking point, and it's like. There is some there is some falter in your problem. Like Batman, he's like the first Batman is amazing, and it's like, well, then there are other things that you could should consider just as amazing. And he's like, no, nope, no time, no, don't want to. It's stupid, and it's like you know what you're watching is stupid. Just to point yeah. that they're both stupid and like give it a chance, and yeah. maybe there's things in it you'll like. Yeah. But so this when movie has flaws. 
when he had that reaction, you know, I hadn't seen this movie for a while, so I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe, because he likes his practical stuff, so I think that might be blinding him a little bit, but. I mean, as a pra- on a definite, practical level. Definitely, it's... practically, this is. It's it's creepy how real they look and their faces move. Yeah. And everything, but. If I need to like break my illusion, I actually look at. Well, that's and just be like. The the okay. puppetry, is like. I would say. 60%, but I think the most important part is the physical acting. Knowing where the mouths are, knowing where the eyes are. Like, earlier in the movie, just specifically, this this one scene, when Mikey's waiting for the pizza and he puts the popsicle stick in his mouth, mm-hmm. how many takes do you think it actually took to get the popsicle stick in the fucking guy's mouth? Can they even see out of these? Yeah, because in one scene where John is laughing in the bathroom when Mike wakes up, or when Raph wakes up, you can see inside and you can see his face and teeth. Cool. Because I know that there's multiple different faces for different... When they, when I gotta st- imagine... When stunt performers, they have one simple face and it Look never through the moves. mouth, yeah. Uh, well, they they look through the eyes. They never move. Oh, really? They never open the mouths. The mouths have one look on their face when they're fighting, and then when they are... Yeah, when they're talking, you can see inside the mouths and stuff. That's good. Because they're not controlling that. They are just... Other people are controlling the face. Right, still, but, like, to match the... See, that's, like, one look on his face. Never changes. Right, right. To match, like, the the physical acting with mm. the facial acting, I think it's very important. It takes a lot of, like, fluidity between the... Can I, can I comment on something that's... Probably been brought up in like the TMNT um, community, or like the lore. It's just, it's a fundamental thing. Uh-huh. Leo and Raph have these deadly weapons. Mm-hmm. Never once have I seen them kill anybody with it. Mostly because it's a children's property. That's not. Didn't I, didn't I, I mean, tell you? Okay, the so I... so the thing about this in this movie is Raph loses his side. And then um, attempts not to use the other one because he's lost the first one. And then Leo actually has a moment in one of the fights where he's like, ha! And then the guy moves, ha! And they keep doing that over and over again. And the guy, he has a moment to kill him. And he's like, just kidding. And he pushes him over. Um, There are other moments in this movie when people die. Like when the guy hits the electricity thing, yeah, he's dead. So there are people in this... Splinter's master gets stabbed. ...that have to die. But keep that in mind. Keep that in mind, Chris. Oh, God. For the next one. People are going to get murdered. It's going to be great. Uh, no. Chopping. No, this is as bleak as it gets. In fact, it gets, like, you can't sell toys. Do they burst into candy? Let's just say it gets a little bit goofier the next time around. Let's just say parents were My expectations have been reset. My expectations have been completely reset. The parents had a problem with these weapons. They did like the fact that the turtles had these weapons. Oh, give me a break! And we will talk about that a lot more in the next two. Movies. I want, I want, I want, I want Leonardo to just have like two candy canes. Is there beating people with candy Jesus canes? Jesus Christ, man! They're ninjas. Then I want Raph to like do a wheel like uh, Furbies. Chris, I, I don't want to spoil some of the like ways that they get around. Don't do it. The next movie, but Leo never takes his swords out ever. In the next movie, ever they're like they're like glued to his. It's back. a gimmick. It's a gimmick. Parents anyway. did not like it. Ugh. Parents he, did not like the violence in this. Sorry, I I, I know I interrupted a train of thought for you, Peter. Like, like, well, that's gone. But 
The other thing that I was going to say was, you know, it's interesting because they, the characters were technically made. That's what I'm saying. The characters were technically made after they, like, the turtles existed. Uh Uh-huh. So it was, like, when the comics were colored, like, either it was black and white or they all had red bandanas. Mm. Like, there was... The cover was red. Yeah, so, like, there was no differentiating. Um, But they, like, they had a cool backtrack where they matched, in a way, the personalities with the weapons, but not in an obvious way. So I'll start with Donnie. Donnie's a really smart, the really smart one. He's techie. Um, He... He's just more of a nerd, but he has the most, like, simple weapon, which is just a stick. Just a stick. Mm-hmm. So it's more about obedience with these weapons and learning how to use them when their personality is the complete opposite. So then Raph. Raph is a hothead, okay? He doesn't think about his actions. He has one of the most tedious weapons imaginable. Up-close combat. With these things, I mean, they're they're practically Wolverine claws. I mean, th- these things are not very long. Could you imagine, like, if you're Raph, like, just getting a cut mm-hmm. and holding them like that, like in between? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It you takes dis- fingers. It takes discipline for these weapons. And then um, still, like, and then Mikey. Up. Mikey's the goofball. He has one of one of the. Um, you think he has the hardest weapon out of all of them? Something where you have to spin it around and not whack yourself in the face. Oh, fellow chucker, eh? <laughs> and then, last but not least... Are you an our chucker boy? That's one of my favorite lines, man. Mike has the two best lines in the whole movie. Last but not least, um, Leo, and Alex said it earlier, he could have stabbed someone, but he didn't. He, that makes him the leader of the group. He's able to make the hard decisions. I like and in bits. other series, he, he does use his sword mm-hmm. to kill people mm-hmm. but he has to make that ultimate decision and that's why that's why he's the best leader of the group i feel wow. like the best ones are the the ones where the turtles use the weapons as extensions of themselves uh rather than just as like battle tools in a fight right. Right. Like, like why leo, is the white sword like leo throwing swords against the wall and using them to climb up or a staff used to po- prop something up or um mm-hmm. uh mike's uses chucks as like swings like I love it when they use the weapons as extensions of uh, it's just weird to completing me. a mission. It's just weird to me because you can't dance around, like sure you can, like okay. Can you? In a vi- no, in a video can game. You? No, in a video. <laughs> no, 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 listen, 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 listen. So in a video game, like, let me equate it to a lightsaber, for real quick. So like in a video game. Yard. Thank you. <laughs> in a video game, like lightsabers are usually like more like freaking. Um, uh, shoot, what's the term? Swords? No, they're not, not like, they're more like bats, really. Well, he says... Because you can't, because you can't hack limbs with the lightsaber in a video game, oddly enough. So, like, when Donatello uses a sword, he's going to hit somebody with that sword. What is supposed to happen? Well, first of all, it's Leo. Um, did I, did I, what did I say? Yeah. I said Don. Damn it. Get the fuck out. I was doing so well! Get the fuck out. Okay. 
Sit back down. Sit your ass down. Do stuff. Put your cheeks on that chair. I almost had him. Your butt cheeks. Oh, okay. There you go. Whew. He put his face back there. Pink eye for sure. Pink eye for sure. I have been farting in this chair for a while. I just farted right now. Anyway. He's got a blanket on. But, uh, but like, that, that's... This, that's just how I've always, like... Movie's over. Shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going. No, never mind that the credits are going, so you can, you can talk. What? Oh, there you go. So, yeah. That's just something that was, like... He's going to hit somebody with a sword. What's supposed to happen? Like, a limb gone? No, he switched... He flipped the sword around, so he just hit him with the blunt end instead of the sharp edge on the other side. Uh, I guess that is a katana. It's mm-hmm. a one-edged sword. That would make sense. What if he just used the blunt ends? No, I just it? gave you a bullshit answer. No. <laughs> should be, they should be getting cut to bits. Didn't he sharpen the, the, I like the sword in the movie? Like Wasn't he sharpened? <laughs> Probably at some point, yeah. I like the idea that, like, that, uh... Leonardo would just, like, fillet somebody. <laughs> oh, my God, man. I also liked when uh, Casey, like, started cut- cutting vegetables with a skin Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was the well, most funny part. In Rise, they actually embrace more of, like, the magic side of this of this story. The comics get way more sci-fi than magic. And in Rise, they, they their weapons are actually, like, magical. Like, they do magical things. Dope. But the way that they infuse it into the story is really cool. Um, like, uh, Lee, for example, Leo's sword, it's actually, it's, it's crazy. It allows him to teleport. So he makes portals with the sword, like Dr. Strange with the ring. Sling ring, yeah. Yeah, but he has, to, he has to get the hang of it. Just kidding. So he's like, he has to do these special moves to unlock how it works, and half the time he gets it wrong anyway. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, they fell through a fucking ceiling at, what at a some teenager. point. Yeah. It's it's pretty cute. Anyway, that that, that was a, yeah that was the something I had to point out. But anyway, you can do so much with them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think so it, Alex graded. So. Yeah, B minus. You um, are in a trance. You go ahead. Yeah, I. The the walls weren't like exhausting. I do yeah. I still felt them, but it's it's probably. I mean, I only watched it once, but it's yeah. It's probably because of the comedy that. You know, everything else is just suffers because of it. Right. There's there's no there's no crutch, there's no, you know, um, distraction from a slower scene, which doesn't make it a bad thing. It's just it yeah. You can really tell when a scene is slower because there's there's no other, you know, icebreaker to bring you into that setting. Yeah, like when he's cutting the vegetables, that's funny. Then she wants a massage, and he, or like he gives, he forces her to have a massage. And you're like, oh, the camera, like, oh, there's, and then someone walks in, you're like, oh, is that the end of the scene? No, she goes, you want lotion? And Mike's like, turtle wax. And then they laugh, and you're like, ah, no, fucking stupid. Like, gross. I'm like, turtle wax? Gross. Like, you want a massage too, turtle wax? Whatever. That's a prop too. They had to write that in. It's not like it was fucking there. I wouldn't want that. Um, like those are radio. You're not a turtle. Those are like chemically imbalanced turtles that like. They're mutated. Pop, yes. Yeah, they're mutated. I just wouldn't want any of that on me. I don't know if they have chemical imbalances, but they are mutated. As a teenager. What's your rating? Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Um. You I. I think I 
it's a little more than a C to me because I still I still enjoyed them as brothers and dudes with each right. other. And Splinter was oh god, visually cool, aesthetically cool. Um, I like that he's really the like a strong force for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like magical too. I mean I wasn't I completely forgot he like became a blue flame. <laughs> in the middle of the movie. Uh, and they never saw it because exactly their eyes were closed. Right. But I maybe they maybe they saw it their minds. I would have liked to see that. They Maybe they just need to have faith in that he's there. <laughs> if if the puppetry wasn't to this caliber, I would not be giving it a B or B minus, mm-hmm. I would say. That's nice. That's very kind. Because I believe. I I mean, it's it's fucking Jim Henson, man. His it, last go. It yeah. looks so good. I mean, I think the turtles look good, but Splinter. That's my favorite one because there's no there's yeah, no human great. there's no yeah. human being in there. It is literally a puppet. It takes about two two to three people. There there are people doing the arms, and then there's someone doing the face, and then whatever animatronics. So that well, has to be it four. It should be two people. Because Kevin, it should be three. No, it's two people. Kevin's doing the mouth, and then he's also doing one arm, and then there's someone literally behind him doing the other arm, the and other then arm. Okay. doing the tail, too. Because when he tells Raph yeah. to sit down, he's like, sit. Again, mm-hmm. another Red Letter Media find, but it's pretty fun. And it's, so, and it's so much fun to see how they work around mm-hmm. him physically. How is he going to walk? How is he gonna like be strung up on a wall? Like that was genius to have him on a gate, so then that way you could puppeteer him from behind. Yeah. And it wouldn't look any different than him sitting down or anything else. And then the, I guess the third act when he, when he's on the rooftop, that was like that was like icing on the cake. They made him like get up and walk and shit. So that's, the story was fun. I think that uh, Casey Jones is a too old, in my opinion. Just a little, maybe, maybe ten years too older than he should have been. I will admit, when uh, I mean, dude looks fucking forty to me. That second, uh, that second, uh, interesting. That when I when I think of his character, I mean, I not even think like his character is supposed to be a, like a teenager. No, I don't think he's no, no. The shit that I've seen, he's been he's been like younger. Not in the comics at that time. No, he, he, was, he was an he was, adult. He was an adult that was dating April every now and then. Yeah, he was like a thir- 20, 30 year old. Yeah, twenty or thirty. But he's Han. Because again, the difference. comics they were murdering yeah. people. They were murdering That's people true. with those things. I guess with the context of each story, it does depend. It has changed. Casey has definitely changed and gotten mm-hmm. younger, which makes more sense. Like. In my opinion, Casey Jones in this movie should be about 24, 25, like old enough to be on his own, like not a lost boy like those other kids, and obviously He's not a ninja. Like, just out of a teenage like, year. I think like he this. should be a little bit older than the even the ones who become ninjas because yeah, yeah, he needs so. to have like this New York attitude about him that I think works in a way. But in this movie, he I feel like he's 30, which makes it even funnier that he's like going around doing this shit. And then like <laughs> it's like you hanging out with us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and we I, make you feel younger by proxy. Yes, you do. Absolutely. Yes. 
See the the grays in his uh, in his beard. They're changing like, right now. Yeah. Like, that's what I say. You're gonna get that. That's one down. That's <laughs> one, one, one down. Black hair down. <laughs> Absolutely. And the next one. You're gonna get a hernia. Stop. Ah, there we go. Okay. Woo! Anyway, well, you have one more. Butt, you butt have butt one eye? more on your chin. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was a big one. Oh, oh I, I busted a blood caught in my eye. I'm so sorry. Yeah, um, don't get a hernia. There's Ooh, actually... There's I already one, have one at two. There's one on your eyebrow, too. Okay. Oh, man. That was Damn, big. Damn, dude. That was big. That Damn, was really you need big. to cut that. Oh, it hurts my neck. It hurts my neck. <gasps> Anybody got garden shears? Thank you, Chris, for the garden shears. I don't I know you shears. had some on them. I don't. Ah. <sighs> Oh, just pop, out as I did. Right huh, awesome. And That's going to be a hefty hospital bill. Um, See, I would say B minus. B minus. Chris, the, what do you the got? The animatronics and puppetry really bumped it what up. What do you got, Chris? What do you got? What do you got, Chris? What do you got? What do you got, Chris? What do you got? What do you got, Chris? 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 What do you got, would you like a Would you like some chairs? Do you have a sister? Yes. Chris says yeah. She's got engaged. So damn. I was not gonna try with that. our friendship. And my chance at could have been related. You can't hide behind that, you know. My cat post. That's your cat pose. That was not my cat pose. No, he doesn't. Does he just lay down here? He just sticks his head in there. Chris, 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 I get sick immediately. Oh God! This is all the dander. I was looking at your neck. I was looking at your neck because your neck has to lay on that bottom part. I lay sideways. Still. Corkscrew position. Yep. Oh. Yep. I'll fold it up. I have great upper arm strength in my one elbow. <laughs> one elbow. Anyway, um, I really appreciated the uh, the themes of how the in this movie, I mean, it and how the uh, I really like the the theme the themes that this movie was trying to tackle. It was, it was very very serious in how uh, journalist journalists are not supposed to be questioning uh, the authority of the police. Um, That's true. I, I I noticed that like right. I was like. Are we pro police right now? What's, what's no, no, because April's the protagonist. And also, they did a very shitty job, and they knew what was happening. So in are the, the cops city. fascists? The cops suck. Like, they suck. Like and they don't want to be questioned, but they suck at their job. If if one they didn't have any authority anyway, they weren't being taken seriously anyway. So it's I don't know. so weird. Um, if one giant bucket of news was poured on the city. And all the cops turned into something. They would all turn into pigs. They turned into lizards. They would all turn into pigs. Wow. Peter, lizards. We've seen it. It's called Amazing Spider-Man. I think pigs make more sense. Spider-Pig. Spider-Pig. Does whatever a spider-pig does. (laughs) Can he swing from a web? Yes, he can. He's a pig. Look out. Spider-Pig. That's the thing that came out of that movie. (laughs) Um, I just remember the, like the the giant skull and crossbones from like evil. evil. It, it is a movie with about fifty 
50% good jokes in it. Solid Simpsons Fitty. jokes. Ah, Fitty. But that movie came way too late. Mm. Uh, that's what she said. Um, Damn. Never heard. Damn. Anyway, so, yeah. I really like I really like these I really like these characters. I like the concept of what was on the farm, but it came at the cost of like the movie's momentum coming out of the whole house burning. The, the you don't have to, if you don't have, you don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like me. If you didn't like the farm, pacing. That's yeah. a fair criticism. I just think I just think it went on just a little too long. It's pork rinds, so yes, I agree. Like when the whole movie is an hour and a half. I yet. think it should have crazy. I think it should have picked up. It feels like it's longer though. Yeah. Like, the movie feels like it's. Because I paused it at 30 minutes and I'm like, there's only there's still an hour left. I feel like I just went through, I just watched all the movie already. <laughs> it was so weird. So I mean, they went that. Because whole... in 30 minutes, like April already met them. I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird. Um, and like, like April had already met them, and then it's like so much shit happened before that. So. But like not that much. Like she gets. She gets uh, assaulted. Raphael saves her. He comes back down. And the credits happen. They say hi to Shredder. He tells them, or to Splinter. He tells them their past. <laughs> yeah. And then um, she goes to her boss, and uh, Raph goes and meets Casey Jones. Like the, I, I think if I they cries to Splinter. Here's what I would say. I want to see P, I want to see the original cut of this, which is probably longer, maybe a two-hour movie, maybe an hour forty-five, and then I would like to see that script. And then I would take out Casey Jones or put him in later. Mm. You could most definitely put him or in Or take there. out the little fucking redhead kid. Fuck I don't that. think you need him. Fuck I really that. don't think you need that little spider kid. Fuck that kid. Fuck I that. hate spider. I hate, I hate beta spider. I'm not, I'm not cool. <laughs> not cool. There's <laughs> alpha spider and beta spider? Yeah, alpha spider like walked around naked pretty much the whole movie. Like... An alpha would do like that. like literally climbing on every piece of furniture in that entire film. So yeah, he's um, an alpha spider. He is spider, but he's the alpha spider because that guy was spider first. Spider beta is the beta spider for sure. Bitch boy. I think I'm spoiled to like modern action movies and how they're shot and how like fight scenes are shot. Like watching clips from The Raid or The Night Comes for Us stuff like that. Like yeah, those people were inspired by this stuff. Inst- yeah, exactly. Granted, they are in huge rubber suits trying to. Right. It's just more. It's just me. It's not really like the fights, the choreography itself. It's more of just how it's shot. Okay. Like. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, about this is a filmmaker. I was not, I was not trying to do that. This is a filmmaker that's done. Hasn't done a lot of action. Right. I just feel like if there's not a lot of energy behind. Like, the camera, like, I would have enjoyed more, like, energy instead of it just being, like, back. One thing, I I think because, uh, I think he just wanted to pull the camera back to show what these stunt performers could do. Right, but, like, there's a happy medium here, and his name is Jackie Chan. Well, no, 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 well, first of all, Jackie Chan still did the same thing. He's put the camera in one spot, and he let himself do his thing. He just, right, but the camera moved with him, is what I'm saying. Not as much as you think it did. Okay, maybe it's early stuff. You are thinking of the raid. You're thinking of when Gareth Ever was like, let's put the camera in the fucking fight. No, what I'm, saying, like, I'm saying, like, the camera was in one place, but the camera still, like, followed him from that one spot. I There's that stuff in here. There is that stuff in here, but I just think... 
kung fu films, even especially if they want Jackie Chan, they basically just put the camera behind and let them shoot. In fact, I wish they did that more. In fact, they did that a lot in Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Damn it. I, 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 <laughs> damn racist. Uh, but yes, there are a lot of scenes where they're just like, let the dudes fucking do some kicks. Yeah. Let them let do some acrobatic. Like when when they all go after uh, Shredder. It's just a pullback shot. Sure. And they just let Ernie Reyes Jr. come in and do a fucking, like, swift little turn kick. And you're like, damn, how did you do that in that suit? And you're like, that's cool. Um, you're going to – I there is some interesting stuff that happens in the next movie, particularly in the opening scene yeah. where you have a lot more people and there's a lot more dynamic cinematography. I think the, 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 they get wider with it in the frame. Um, the Kung Fu – I think in this one is more traditional for Golden Harvest, Harvest stuff. It's not an expensive company. Mm-hmm. They're really just like, put the camera down, let's shoot some stuff and do it. Jackie would get the camera into things, but that was never his bit. Most of the time was just pull the camera back, let eight guys come at me, and I'm going to fight all of them in one take. That's how He was more Buster Keaton, and Buster mm-hmm. Keaton was sit the camera down, have me do the stunts. There's way less moving camera with Jackie Chan than you think. And of this era, way more just sitting it down, let the people do their deal. Like, his most famous fight is Drunken Master 2, and there's... Most of those cuts are, like, 30-second, minute-long things. They never they never cut away from him and the one guy fighting. That's just how it's done. Like, the performers are why you're there. So, I think that there's a lot of editing in this around a lot of those moments, but... It's more evident in the end fights because the roof and the shredder fight, they're just on roofs uh, with all of those foot soldiers, I mean. But when they're burning down the uh, apartment complex, mm-hmm. that's pretty fun. Yeah. Except, uh, like, except like, yeah. when Casey's beating them away and then I'm like, just tackle the dude. What right. are you doing? Yeah, just tackle the fucking dude. That was dumb. body, body slam him. Had yeah. way more than enough foot Suplex his ass. Wait, did you grade it yet? No, I haven't. I was just like giving my... You, well, you said, you were talking about how you feel about action films. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Like it's, yeah. I, I really liked, I really liked that scene. I, I really liked the ideas that it had, and so yeah. Maybe I went into it with the wrong expectations. Who knows? But except that me, I should know. Um, Yeah, the puppetry was really good. They would just do CGI now, like they did with the Michael Bay ones. I don't think the CGI looked bad in those movies. I remember it being... It's just the philosophy behind it. Yeah, I remember it being like super like real, but they're fucking massive in those movies. They're like Hulk. Well, yeah, they okay. fall off entire skyscrapers in that movie. Oh, my God. So, I do think... I do think like Shredder like should have been like Brock Lesnar size. I'm just like he was a little. Well, no, I mean, he didn't. He wasn't a bulky dude. He was just a guy who was a martial artist. Those shoulder pads though made him look way bigger. Yeah, that he's totally uh, compensating for his face. Yeah. And his lack of size. Look how big. Oh, um, for somebody who's supposed to be like really intimidating and a very like. Well, he gets murdered in the first comic. <laughs> he gets moidled. He's murderized, but he comes back in the he's, comics. He gets like and I, and I, yeah, and he comes back. He comes back again in the next movie. For so spoilers. Um, 
overall, I did like it. It reminded me how much I actually like this property. At its core, at its it's core. a fucking great thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a great idea of two guys just joking around and not take it seriously. Um, execution's a little dated. It's not very funny, like we said. It's like... I think the... I, Do you think mean, it would have been funnier if it just went, like, low-hanging fruit? Uh, there is like some... Fart there jokes is or whatever. Some, but I, I just... Poopy poopy fart. This, oh, this is my that made a worse This movie me. has a lot of things going for it. It has drama. It has action. It has um, mystery. It has like some romance. But like the one of the most important things to move your movie along is humor. It keeps the pace going. It right. gets you out of a lot of situations. And they attempt it and they don't land. And when they don't land, you're like. I don't I don't know who the fuck is James Cagney. You dirty rat. You dirty rat. Like no one knows who the fuck that guy is but me. And then she's like, that must be uh, Splinter's favorite. And then you have to think for a second. You're like, well, who is he doing? And then by the time you realize it doesn't matter and he's talking about the dirty rat thing, it's like, well, then what was all this about in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> Once you start like overanalyzing what these jokes are, it makes it worse. They're just terrible jokes. <laughs> just not good it's jokes. Not good. Like There's the so one, many layers to the mundane, like the, how mundane these are. The one joke that, the one runner that works for me is the, them trying to find words. And Donatello is always thinking. Yeah, trying to find a puns. A little bit, a little That would have been a too. great running joke. Well, I mean, it is. Well, they kept not, going. They're not trying to find puns. They're just trying to find synonyms for how awesome and bodacious and radical this is. And Donatello is always like. Um, that was a good one. Uh, yeah. Philanthropic. And they're like, dude, stop being so what? smart. Yeah, they're like, be what? a teenager. Like, that's what the joke is supposed to be. Uh, and then, yeah. like, Shredder, and then uh, Splinter comes in and he's like, Calabunga. Yeah. I made fun. You keep getting those mixed up. That's funny. Well, I always have. I'm not the it's the one. S's. Oh, yeah. It's the S's. Oh, yeah. Anyway, all that being said. And they both do the same thing, basically. There's something we didn't Destroy. really. Something we didn't really talk about. The music's just there. I think the score is actually pretty good at times. The do 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 do. I think that's a good hook, mm-hmm. and I you'll hear it a lot in the next two movies. Um, this uh, a lot of guitar, a lot of guitar in there, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of butt rock in there. Um, and there's a couple other moments that I did enjoy, but I think that do do do. I think that's a good hook. Um, I listened to a couple of the songs that are in it. I liked him. I liked that there's this one called Spin Spin the Wheel that got remixed later. Spin that wheel! I've been listening to it, like, for a good couple days now. It's fucking we just good. Got, we just run our wheel spinning theme look, song! Dude, look up the song Spin That Wheel remix by Tech 3 from this movie. It's really fucking good. It's got a piano thing that's like bang, 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 bang. It's so good. I love it. Um, there's So there's a couple really good 90s songs in there that are very 90s. Not nothing but 90s. Um, the little kid is running around wearing a Sid Vicious shirt, which is fucking weird. That's a weird thing to wear in a kid's movie, but okay. It's um, Sid Vicious. Do you know who Sid Vicious is? Yes. Who is he? Sid Vicious, he's a wrestler. No. 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 He's de- is a different Sid Vicious? There's a way more famous Sid Vicious than the wrestler Sid Vicious. I only know the wrestler Sid Vicious. Okay, so one of the most... Which made it even weirder when I pictured it in my mind. Like, this one is of the most t-shirt? important punk bands that was... had the one. There are two bands that arguably created punk music as a genre. The Ramones in the U.S. and the Sex Pistols 
in England. We're talking the Sex Pistols were so important. They, I bet they never messed. They had a show in the <laughs> 70s that had four leaders of four different amazing bands that were there that one night that left and then created amazing bands because of the Sex Pistols. Their bassist was named Sid Vicious. He was a huge heroin addict, and he had a girlfriend um, that he, she was like the worst Yoko. Like everyone that thinks Yoko is, she was like way worse. She than was Yoko. what they thought yeah. she was. So her name was Nancy. They Nancy ends up getting mur- Nancy ends up getting murdered in a hotel with a butcher knife. And Sid, Sid is, no one knows how it happens. And Sid is the only one that could have possibly done it. A week later, Sid is dead from an overdose. Whoa. So, uh, we, we had a couple of ambulances go by our house. We had a, we that had was a, perfect timing. That was one. Yeah, should you, timing. That's should the you second one. Telling the story, Alex? Uh, so anyway, Sid Vicious, Sid Vicious dies a week later of an overdose. So no one knows how Nancy really died that night. Um... So yes, there is a. In fact, so famous that's, that there's a movie called Sid and Nancy that stars Gary Oldman that made him a breakout star and an actor in the first place. So yes, there's a way more famous Sid Vicious than the wrestler, um, who shouldn't be warned by that kid based off of his entire fucking. Even was Had all this gone down by 1990? Hell yeah. In fact, the Sex Pistols only have one fucking album. That's what you get with an indie movie. A studio, exactly. a studio would have, a studio would have been like replaced. Well, that I shit. also think that Sid Vicious's entire image was being sold on T-shirts at that time without really any forethought of who he was, because that that at that point that had happened ten years ago, and it's like it was a long time, but like people loved the Sex Pistols and they had created punk throughout the. It was a big deal, so mm. that's weird to me. That shit is weird, but like there are there's the Vanilla Ice song in the second one, of course. Uh, but there's also Jungle Man in the third movie, which I'm a big fan of. That's in the third one. So I think this one has the best sidetracks of all the movies. The most 90s-ish kind of fun ones. And yes, Spin That Wheel is a great song for us. C+. Plus. I, dude, again, nicer. You guys are nicer than I ever thought you would be to this. I, I was... I think meaner than O'Sheen, but I've, I've watched more than enough films to know what this is, and I appreciate a lot of it. Yeah, appreciate like, a lot of it, dude. If I mean, we'll get to the second and the third one, but I love the second. Once, one. once the puppetry fails, <laughs> whoops, nah, nah, no. It's I thought you just I thought you just normally these that. are the main characters of your story. If you can't perform them well no dude there are i'm not gonna take i'm not gonna be easy on here's the thing about the third the third one is one of my favorite movies to reference in terms of watching a bad movie as a child and then growing up and then coming back and finding the one or two or three gem moments in it there's a couple moments in the third movie that i really love that i just think are just fantastic Mm. and like they just they're a moment they're a bit and i'm like that's such a turtles thing that like it all like two things I can think of right off the top of my head in that third movie that can only happen in teenage Ninja Turtle movies and I love them so I there's some there's one or two moments I'm at least excited to see again but the second one I I'm playing the second one in my head frame for frame I remember it that well I don't need to watch it this week at all 
Oh, so it's another like milk money situation, but like milk money's like the second. Years. The second one was a big thing for me at my age. It was a big thing for at the time. It was a bigger hit, but also it wasn't what the first movie was, and there were a lot of kids that were like, "These aren't cool." It's just the way you're describing is giving me PTSD. Well, imagine it this way: you want the <laughs> you want the first movie to be goofy, you want the second movie to be harder, and you want the third movie to be more adult. You want your audience to grow with these films. They went backwards. Jesus Christ. Again, oh, no. competently a better movie, content-wise, completely opposite, and has really distinct different uh, audiences for it. There's a lot of things I love about the second one, but it is not this one, and the things I love about this one now are, I think the vibe is great in this movie, but the its content as a Ninja Turtles movie is way better than the second or third one, for sure. It's a way better Ninja Turtles movie than it had any right to be. <laughs> we're standing up now. Not me. Stretching. We're gonna spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. Two weeks from now. Oh, <laughs> at the very, very, very earliest. Two weeks from yeah. now. All right. Um. So there you go. Team. Team. Team.